Hi, everybody. Welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast, episode 181. We are back down in the basement on a Saturday afternoon. What is it, January 6th? To talk about the week that was wrestling up to now. And you were listening to what theme through your headphones really loud there? Undisputed Kingdom. Undisputed Kingdom. Just got taken away. I'll take it. I'll talk about it when it's you will. It's, it's a, when it's timely. It's a dog that bites you, as they say mm-hmm. right now. So, yeah, I don't know. We've just been sort of running out the clock on our two-week vacation. We go back to school and work in two days. Audible sigh from you. We had family up for a visit and dinner yesterday, and we've just kind of been... I guess you were down to your grandfather's as well, your other grandfather during um, this week. New Year's, yeah. Visiting people. So, And we talked about our New Year's experience on our review of... What was it that we did? Best of. Oh, the best of. So if you haven't checked that out, you should. And that's available in video form as well. One of our favorite shows of the year in our top yeah, couple. And worst of will be coming. So the audio is everywhere, wherever you're listening to this. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, you'll notice that there is video for that specific review. So you can check that out if you want to. We had a lot of fun with that one. Ended up spending an hour and a half. Although I almost immediately outdated it with my hair now. That's true. You did get a haircut. That's exciting. Considerably shorter. And then we went out for Which a brunch. Which is great for this audio podcast. Right. Just, I'll, I'll allow me to you vividly describe much, his hair. You can hear it, like, I'm just, it's lighter, you know, you can, you can it sounds lighter. He sounds different. Yeah. Looks older for sure. Um, and got your driving permit thingy, whatever. That's I exciting. I don't think we talked about that. We? I don't know. Yeah, you had to take an online test to get your, what is it called now? G, G1. G1 in Ontario. So that means you can start driving a car. Oh my God. Yeah. That's terrifying. We haven't done it yet, but we'll get out whenever you feel like it. You've been playing a bunch of badminton, picked up a nice blister on your hand right now. Yes. Because you ran out and played, but I don't know. Anything else you wanted to discuss? Mm, I don't think so. I think we got enough. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, we are going to hit our usual um, AEW Dynamite in-depth review. We'll talk about it. behind the curtain, but I'm rarely like fully prepared. Yeah, we, uh, we're excited to talk about Dynamite I this am week. actually, yeah. It's not to spoil too much, but they definitely came in the new year. With a mission, I feel like. Yeah, and I'll uh, discuss NXT as I do. I watched, that was New Year's Evil, I think, this week, Yeah, right? and I got bits from Raw, which was day one, and then SmackDown was New Year's Revolution. I heard really good things about the Raw, actually, so. I, ha- I heard something. The heard main it? event looked I, good, at least. I would consider watching the main event, honestly, which is Rollins and McIntyre. I would watch that. Um, not much else seemed of interest to me. What but... I listened to said, um, at the very least, it felt different. And that's, that's something, right? I think they should do TV special every now and then. I think the only reason they don't, the only reason they shouldn't is because they have pay-per-views so often. It's yes. like NXT and AEW, maybe less so AEW now, but like as it has been, they have less pay-per-views, so they do more TV specials. Like NXT does them mm-hmm. semi-regularly, right? Because they only have five-ish PLEs. I think it's smart to do them every now so, yeah. and then. I don't mind it. Uh, like a couple a year for main roster just because they have so many pay-per-views so we don't really need the specials but it does spice up the tv it clearly does. so and if you're getting people to see that they might go oh this is kind of cool right and if they're watching a better version of raw maybe they'll come back and, and then watch the next it. week they'll get disappointed and they'll go away again right so i heard some good things about it anyways but yeah. yeah and we're we're gonna have to start out by going back a week today right and talk about aew world's end they had a pay-per-view they did do that did you hear that I heard somewhere that Impact has started, you know how there's this scuttlebutt that maybe WWE and Impact are in cahoots? They've started referring to their pay-per-views as PLEs suspiciously. I have not checked that. I heard that somewhere. 
Interesting. In a podcast I listened to, I'd give well, them credit if I, I could remember. I don't think that's really notable because everyone should be doing that. Let's be honest. But okay? that's they're, pretty they're, weird. If that's everyone true, should be doing that. that's pretty strange to me. That is pretty weird. But also, um, what I thought was weird was I think they're coming to Windsor for some one of their pay-per-views. And then so you know how... This I don't know why we're talking about this now, but you know how they always do the pay-per-view and then they'll do like an untelevised like card the day after. Yeah. You know I mean it used to be called Fallout, but now yes. it's like hard to kill in snake eyes and there's one Bayou blast after right. something. Anyways, I think so there's the pay-per-view in Windsor. I forget what it's called. I don't I won't look it up because it doesn't really matter. But so they're Does doing it. a pay-per-view in Windsor, I think, on the Saturday, let's say. And then since now they're giving different names to their untelevised, like we'll say house shows after, what do you think this one's called? What sorry what's super creative. Just like the the non televised one after the and what's the televised one called? I forget. I'll, I'll but look it has at nothing it right to now. do with that anyway. No, because that used to be like let's say uh, same anniversary then same anniversary Fallout. It's, I have no idea. It's super creative. It's it's really great. Um, Windsor Impact. It? Oh yeah. So okay. So it's after Sacrifice or TNA. It's literally called TNA Presents Impact. Oh, wow. Like that's and which confuses me because isn't that their weekly thing or are they gonna? But isn't Impact gone? Well. My impression is would the be show would, called TNA Impact. I would assume because that's what they used to do, right? They did. So I would assume they would go back to that. I guess. Um. Anywho, I just thought that was funny. So wrestling has bled into our banter. I apologize for those of you that listen to our banter, <laughs> but not the rest where we talk about wrestling. But I think we'll officially start talking about wrestling now, and that's where we take a look at some of the week's wrestling news and rumors. All right, so taking a quick look at ratings first, NXT this week, New Year's Evil averaged 768,000 viewers, so a nice bump for them, up 14.6% from last week, and earned a 0.25 in the key demographic, up a really big 31.6%. So that's the best audience total for NXT since October 24th, which happened to be the first night of Halloween Havoc. So it looks like these... Okay, I was going to say, at least it's something. These specialty shows sort of do produce a bump in the ratings for them, which would make sense because they do actually build to them, right? So um, that makes sense. Yeah, because like I said, they have less PLE, so it makes more sense for them to be having those That's somewhat right. regularly. That's right. Uh, and this week's episode of AEW Dynamite averaged 801,000 viewers, down 5%, earned a 0.26 in the key demographic, down 16%, so down in both categories coming off of that pay-per-view, which we'll talk about kind of makes sense to me a little bit, but um, the third lowest rating the show has done on a Wednesday night over the last three years. That sucks, because I think this is a... Yeah, we enjoyed it. Really I don't care show, if we spoil so. it for now, but yeah, we enjoyed it. No, I think, obviously the ratings are indicative of things before, so it's not like anything right. indicative of the show, but um, and that sucks, because um, it was a good one. It was. Uh, what do you have for us? Uh, where to begin? I guess I'll start. Uh, the one I just saw, I just saw an Instagram post, and apparently we're getting money in the bank here. We are uh, in money Toronto. In the bank from going from London, England to Toronto. That is that's nice. So, and I was saying to you, if there's one main roster thing I want to come here, it's that. Or actually, if the Rumble came here, yeah, I, I would have to go to the Rumble. I like Money in the Bank a lot because I kind of feel like you're guaranteed a couple, yeah, pretty so, interesting matches. I'm. I mean. We'll see if we go. Um, I think that'd be fine at least because yeah, money in the bank is definitely. It's in the summer. We got time. Yeah, so I'm I'm just saying. We'll see. Um, if yeah, if, of all the main roster things, that's one of the things I would want. Rumble would be fun just to be a part of that one day. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think our goal should be to go to All In instead of WrestleMania, and then also hit a Rumble someday. At some point, Rumbles would be really fun. Let's be honest. Yeah. So that's. Um, but you yeah. said July what? Uh, six, I think, and then seventh. It says NXT Heat Wave, but it's on a Sunday, so that makes me think it's. Like a house show? 
Wait, no. Heat wave would probably be just their like. That could be a PLE because they do PLEs on Sundays. True. Could be. That would be fun. Maybe. Oh, but like, see, if it was like a random PLE and then NXT, I'd be like, let's go to NXT. But now it's money in the bank. So I'm like, it's money in the bank. It is. You which know? are sometimes fun. And then there's also SmackDown, but psh. Don't care about Anyways, that. But that's that's cool. I'm glad we get something. I mean, yeah. No forbidden door. So I'm gonna cry myself to sleep. Always nice when something comes close to us. I'll take some. I'll take anything. Speaking of NXT, um, Dragon Lee was off of NXT New Year's Evil this yeah, week. Yeah, I was wondering about that, and you weren't sure. Right? I wasn't sure at the time. I saw his Twitter post when I was looking at news, and then I was. It makes sense now because he must have put it out the day of, and then I didn't see. Yeah. So apparently he had visa issues. He was supposed to wrestle the No Quarter Catch Crew with uh, Joaquin Wild and Cruz del Toro. Mm-hmm. And then he promised a big surprise, and that big surprise was Carlito, which, solid get. to be fair, he got a really good reaction. He did, right? I saw He didn't that, yeah. do a ton, and we'll get to that when we yeah. get to our NXT review. But yeah, so that was the reason. I'm glad it's not an injury or something. It's something that can hopefully be quickly taken care of, because Dragon Lee is cool. Yep. Uh, let's see. Speaking of Mexican guys. <laughs> Just because we're trying to segue again? It. Um, Andrade El Idol has confirmed his exit from AEW. Yeah, too um, I bad. I think he put out a lengthy thing. Uh, I think they just couldn't reach a new deal or something. Yeah. Uh, and he might... Obviously, this, this scuttlebutt's been he's going back to the E. Triple H likes him. His wife is there. Like... Oh, right. His wife is... And his, she, well, she's there. Well, yeah, she's out with she, injury quote, quote, right now. Yeah, but... but um, no, that makes sense. Rumble, perhaps? Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm happy for him if he's happy. Selfishly, I'm not because I really no, think I he's awesome and I won't see him much. I'd definitely there. rather him in AEW, but w- under the new regime, I'm a little more hopeful for him. Yes, if, if Vince definitely. was still there, A, I don't know if he'd be as eager to go back. B, I wouldn't want him to go back at all. I would put him back with Zelina Vega and just run it back with them. They were so good together. Yeah, guess what he's going to do? I know what he's, he's going to do. He's going in the LWO. Of course he is. He's going in the LWO. Of course he is. Either that or he's going to league up with Escobar. I would like him to go heal and join the what Escobar is unofficially called the Legato World Order oh with God. him. Um, and well, I think that's a fun. How about name he just does his it. own thing? And I'm just get saying, if he's gonna go to the faction, him and Escobar, that's yeah, that's awesome. you could run like an LFI kind of thing with yeah. them, like that. That'd be sweet. Him, okay. If you're gonna do Luchador factions, him, Escobar, Garza, and Humberto is not a bad. No, it's not. Have. It's and better you than still that. Have Vega in there too, if you want. Yeah, turn her heel and then. Carlito, Ray, and the other two from Legato can do, do something else. else they want. But like heel, that heel quartet would be sick. It would be. That'd be sweet. Uh, let's. I don't know how to segue it. So <laughs> Dave Meltzer on Ooh, Wrestling Observer, um, he is saying that Samoa Joe was always slated to win the title. Yeah, I see all these posts about MJF going to WWE. I'm like, it's not happening. And um, it's not related to MJF being injured because it the. the the story is now not story, but it seems like MJF is really dealing with some injuries. I saw he's trying to rehab it because if he take if he has surgery, he could be out for a year. Yeah, torn labrum apparently. Imagine like among what, other things, is imagine what I the read. Cole injury already screwed up the storyline enough. Yes. Imagine MJF getting injured for a while now; that would be bad. Yes. Um. So it, what apparently was always the plan, according to Meltzer. Who That's knows? That's good. And, and honestly, I'm happy. For given him. how the storyline's going, I think it makes sense that that was always the plan. Like, I, yes, that makes sense. Obviously, it was still a surprising thing, but it's awesome. It makes sense. We'll get <laughs> it to is it awesome. when we it. It is awesome. It. Yeah. So that makes sense. I just like. We'll see. The thing is. I also said the same thing about people who thought Punk re- was returning, that that was stupid, and that happened. But mm-hmm. I think I'm just, like, he's locked down. It's He's not going I anywhere. I think he's already signed. I, I don't know. I don't know why signed. I think that. But There's been, that's the speculation, too, in AEW. Feels so. like it to me. Everyone thinks he's going. I think that's just, 
I think that's credit to him for playing up because he's been playing it up for the past couple of years or so, yeah. right? So good for him for getting people to think that. But I don't well, think and if I'm him, him, I'm so young that I can sign a big money deal with AEW you can for still go four there or after. five years yeah. and make sure that WWE is what I want it to be or what it, yeah. what I think it is, and then go. It's not like he's a 45-year-old dude signing his last contract. Right. He's not even in his prime yet. He could s- still get both He could places, do right? five yeah. years and Absolutely. still go. So yeah. I think he'll stay, Speaking but who knows. age, I saw, like, because Tyler Bate got called up, right? Um, yeah. And um, saw he was 19 in 2016 yeah. when they signed him, and he's only 27 now. I know. He's, and it feels like he's been there forever. That's and crazy. He has. I mean, he was he's, super But he's young. not even 30 at that. I think he was crazy. 19 and Dunn was 21 for the... For the UK tournament? Yeah. yeah, that's great. So Dunn would be, what, 29? Yeah. So he's got a lot to go still, too. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I saw that. I was like, I knew Bate was young, but he just looks like, now with the long hair and the beard, he looks so much older. It feels like it's been ages, but like the fact that he's not even... I know. Young man still. That's crazy. Is it my turn? I think so. Um, No surprise, but WWE is reportedly super high on potentially signing Camille from NWA. Yeah. Kind of in the vein of Ripley or Cargill. She feels like a China type that they would really like. Yeah, she's... um, a powerhouse, right? I don't know how good she is, though. I, I I've really seen her a few anyway. times, and I was never like blown away. But to probably be f- better than most most of what they have. N- no worse. And to be fair, like I don't feel like a lot of the competition in NWA was gonna like. Yeah, so I would give her a I chance mean? in WWE, especially yeah, like sure. their style. She She's got the look well, they so. want. She's at least fine in the ring, at least fine speaking, and it could be better. I'm not. I just. I, I don't, don't really care because I haven't watched NWA, but I they could take her. That'd be cool. Yep. Uh, I think that makes sense. One of my favorites, and I think your favorites too. We missed the there was return vignette during. Oh the yeah, we talked about this. World's yeah. End Zero Hour. I actually got I got AW cards from Walmart. I got got her card. Oh, so Serena Deeb will be returning, right? Yeah, you showed me that. It looks sick. It does look cool. So she's basically in a straight jacket, right? I don't. know. I put in here Jack can describe. So what was it? So she's been isolated in training in like a dojo. Yeah, and she's like learned how to. She's been studying the roster. She can get out of anything. She was like getting out of a straight jacket in the yeah. video, and um, she said the professor's returning soon. So that's awesome. I so think, she what refer- were we listening to in the car post wrestling or whatever? Yes, and they were saying like it's good that they've put a vignette into her. Yes, that's really cool. Uh, so yeah, I'm she's super excited. She referred her, to herself back. as the woman of a thousand holds awesome. and the professor of professional wrestling. What was it? Uh, Houdini or something? Yes, and Houdini. So I am. Uh, I thought this was a that. really cool tone. We've been missing her. Another one that we talk about our favorites where we do a 180. Like I was just kind of like, oh, Serena I like she's her, fine, like, whatever. Her, I thought her baby face run was solid because she had the NWA title. Remember in the yeah. pandemic, she was. But like, the I more she we matches. watched her in ring, I'm like, oh damn, she. That feud of Sheeta was really good, but then it went she, too long. Didn't they have like five yes. matches or something? She's a technician though. Like no, she she's is, awesome. I, I like female saber or something. Female Danielson could be like ceiling for her, which I, I say I think he's the best wrestler in the world. So. Yeah, that's not. Uh, I think she's fantastic. So no, the I, fact that they are putting shoot her to the top too. Don't like right. waste her because she needs to come back. She needs to come back. Put her in, uh, yeah, in something meaningful right away. Yeah, the problem is both champions are heel right now. So you're gonna have to wait a little, but at least get her in a meaningful feud until we get a babyface champion. And then yes. she can, because she, she needs the top belt, or she needs care. to just wrestle circles around some jobbers for a little while or whatever. Didn't she do like the five she minute challenge five or something? Challenge. She, used to do she that. could bring that back. Yeah, she fine could by me. Be great on TV. They just just glad to... to have her back, and yeah, hopefully I'm glad, it's like... dynamite and not Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah, if she goes back to Ring of Honor, I'd be really disappointed. Because me too. I don't know if there's anything that can get me to watch Ring of Honor regularly. Like it's tough. I watched it. last I think week. I would just watch her. It'd be kind of like Athena. Like 
I know Athena's doing great work over there, no doubt, but I'm not, it's not, I can't get over there. So Impact was a nothing again this week, so I could have watched Ring of Honor, but after watching <laughs> it last week, last week I, I was honestly like, Honor. I don't want to, so I I feel didn't. like that's very indicative of how they are, because you're like, I, I could have watched Ring yeah, of Honor. I, I make no money off this. I yeah. do nothing I don't want to. This yeah. is for no, fun. No, you can not request Ring of Honor. Someone can request that, but we're not. I ain't doing that. If someone requested yeah. it, I probably would try, though. That's yeah. a sick thing. Yeah. But uh, not once Impact's back, or yeah. TNA, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. I only have one more. Okay. Um, Boring stuff, but confirmed Rumble entrants include... Now, I guess... So we already have Cody and Punk, I think. Great, obviously. Um, I could assume Rock might be coming. Okay. Um, But then, so ones that have, quote, declared for the Rumble, because that's what they say, because mm-hmm. qualifiers are dead. You just declare. I declare. <laughs> roar, I roar. declare bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Bobbert Lashley. No surprises anywhere. Um, All those are solid, though. I like all of yep. them. So yep. no, none of those I dislike there. They have a pedigree where they have earned declaring. It's some of the Nakamura? other Nakamura? Yeah, I some, guess he's it's had some of the of lower card ones that end up getting in. Like, how do you get the right to declare yourself? I think the lower card ones they don't even declare; they just end up there. Because, yeah. like, if you're notable enough, you declare. You're literally you filler. Yeah, just declare. I am in the rumble. My only other story is about Roosh. It wasn't just really good selling in the tournament. He actually did suffer a good torn, for him for wrestling in there. Cause a torn hamstring. Cause... I've I've torn a hamstring, and I wouldn't be wrestling matches and he did it in the second match so that means he worked three wow and competed in the eight-man tag at world's end with a torn hamstring Jeez. so now obviously it depends on the degree of the tear which we don't know i guess so but still uh, that'll also affect how long he's out of action but yeah he was for him. definitely that in pain. sucks because then they can't capitalize on whatever any rub he got from the tournament right and and he did like he got i think so he's one of the few that i think got some really good exposure from that he definitely benefits too bad he can't strike while the iron's hot but hopefully it's just minor and he rests and he's good to go absolutely anything else for you um a couple more um kevin owens won that uh u.s tournament and so he'll be facing logan paul at the rumble um okay good for him yeah i guess i thought the logan paul said the dumbest thing though like so he had, he was cutting heel promos. Like, That's not hard to believe. <laughs> he 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 was he was good. Like he he does solid promos now that of he's course. found his heel voice. But he said he was like his whole thing was like a Canadian winning the U.S. title. I'm like a. It's happened a million times. It's happened a million times. B. Owens has done it multiple right. times. So I'm like that's the stupidest thing he said. And Sheamus has held it. Rusev has held it. Yeah. Finley has held it. Yeah. Like so I mean obviously it's like he's an idiot. Um like <laughs> like his obviously. character like that's like the character. But I'm just like. That's a, a dumb argument, but anyways, that should be a solid match. I think that's it a should. really good opponent for Logan Paul to have. So does that mean neither of them are in the Rumble then? They could be. Yeah. It's not like... Sometimes like, they do double duty. Literally, Brock lost the title and then won the Rumble True. in 2022, so let's not forget that whole right. debacle. Uh, I um, did forget, but... Where no, Shane McMahon... Um, reminded me. Taurus Quads? To, no? No, no, no. That, that was, was Mania. That, that was the one where he went like super Shane booking and he like he um, won a striking contest with Riddle and tossed him out and he oh only God. got eliminated by Brock Lesnar. Oh, right. That, remember then he got fired like a couple days after? <laughs> <laughs> that was that rumble. That was oh, the rumble. Yeah, where he... Yeah. That he was the rumble changed where, everything at the last minute and made himself look awesome. Yeah, and it was the where the only good thing was Rollins and Reigns. Right. That was Which was that really show. good. Yeah, so well, I always work my way back to, to that Back match. to that match. Sometimes. That match is special. It's our okay. only touchstone in WWE. If I could match. like nothing else. I watched an entire video. I think it was Super Kick Studio. So shout out to him. But the one of the greatest butterfly effect effect moments in um wrestling is day one, like that show, because Roman got COVID 
and Brock was promised the title. Right. And like Rollins was supposed to win the title that time, but then Brock got in that match. Remember, he pinned Big E, and then Big E broke his neck, and they did the whole thing with the he did like, poor Big E. Like if Big E, if that didn't happen, you could argue Big E would have had a different path, and he wouldn't have broken his neck. Blah blah. Anyways, that's off topic. Uh, last thing I have was <laughs> yeah, I, I want I was saying to you we could talk about Wrestle Kingdom real quick because we haven't watched anything yet, but just worth noting because there's some things. Yeah. Um, I was telling you I want to watch the global championship match which was finley osprey and moxley which um just so you know in that match it was i think osprey um offered up to moxley for a five minute ceasefire for them to take out finley so they could have the one-on-one match they wanted to have nice so i think that's funny and uh, i mean no offense but one of those things is not like the other that sesame street song needs to play right and yet i argue he's the one that's probably winning well, yeah, because the one Osprey's on the way out. He's Moxley. the one that works there. Yeah. So, and then O'Connor and Danielson too. Obviously, yeah. we're gonna want to watch that. But okay, yes, so for sure, I guess I will. I'll try. I guess I'll avoid talking about those two. Or do you? Is it really matter? It doesn't really matter. Okay. It won't affect okay. my desire to watch them at all. Um. So first match was Cash Twenty Two, which is TJP. I showed you his ridiculous mask. Yes. Um. They, him, it's him and Francesco Akira. They're of United Empire. Right. Uh, they beat Bullet Club War Dogs, which is Dan Maloney, who I think he was in something WWE like a long time ago. What's his like nickname thing? Drilla. Yes. Okay. Him and then uh, Clark Connors. Yeah, I know him. Well. They were wearing the white, so that was nice. And um, check this out. They had special junior tag titles. They have the Bullet Club side plates and the white strap. White straps are so clean. Nice. Which uh, more on that later. Um. So they. Catch-22 won the junior tag titles. Uh, Tanahashi beat Sabre Jr. for the world's ugliest belt. I don't like that. That belt is horrible. Hey, I'm telling you. Unless it's freeing up Sabre for hopefully. something better. And I was saying to you, he's held the title since last Wrestle Kingdom. So it's True. not like he got hosed. He's held the title all year, so at least he had a good run with it, right? Yeah. Um, Which I'd argue is a bad thing because he had to hold that ugly crap for a year because that belt I, is hideous. I just love Sabre and I'm kind of not a Tanahashi. No, dude. I know. That part but, I don't love, but at least it's like... He's ascending, I would hope. Yeah, and you don't have Sabre. to carry that. I mean, like that just... I hate that belt so much. Um, Yuya Yurimura defeated Suji. Yeah. Actually, I'd, I would, I'd, I'd I would watch check that. that out. I'd watch that one, okay. Because those are a couple of the next ones, right? Yeah, that absolutely. Supposed to be Suji's really cool, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, House of Torture, where does Evil and Ren Narita defeated no Umino thanks. and some other guy? I mean, Kato, I like I like Evil. Umino, but I'd have no desire to see Evil. Evil House of Torture. No. Uh, Tama Tonga beat Takagi for the Never title. Don't really. I care. heard um also Tama Tonga's wrapping up there. Wants yeah. to work closer to home, so mm-hmm. he's a uh, second generation, right? I don't so. think he's a great get, but I've never been a huge fan. There's been times where I he was cool. Thought God were cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Grills, Destiny's ELP and Hikaleo, because I guess it's a faction now, because it used to just be Tama Tonga and Tongaloa, but yeah. I guess I'm out of the loop. They uh. So it was a match for the strong open weight tag titles and the IWGP heavyweight. So they beat Bishamon, which is Goto and Yoshihashi. So Hikaleo, I do like ELP a lot. Hikaleo's double champion. I'm I was just listening to I think it was post, and they are saying that Hikaleo has improved a lot, and I trust them. So I haven't seen I, him recently, perhaps, but I like ELP a lot. So mm-hmm. hopefully, uh, Al Desperado cool. beat Hiromu Takahashi, the time bomb dude, for the junior title. I do like Takahashi. Uh, Finley beat Osprey and Moxley in the three way for the to become inaugural IWGP Global Heavyweight Champion. Gross. Um, yeah, I don't I even don't, dislike don't like Finley him. as much as a I lot of people do. But I don't love him, but just being two of my favorites is disappointing. I feel like they're just forcing him into a spot that he doesn't quite fit. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
I feel like they're forcing they've elevated him, him beyond Jay where White kind of be. role, mm-hmm. which I don't He's think he fits because like ready for. I think Jay White took over Bullet Club at a similar time in his career that Finley's now at, but I feel like Jay White that was Jay White ascending. This is them ascending Finley, whether he deserves to or not. What was the like, tag team he was in in TNA? Fin Juice. Fin Juice, yeah. Oh, uh, they were actually fine. How far Juice is? I think Juice is better than him for sure. Yeah. Um. The I the global title is pretty nice. I. Didn't love it at first, but I think it's pretty nice looking. It's, and it's a white strap, so it's kind of similar to the Intercontinental mm-hmm. title. It's nice. And um, you see who he got into it with after? No. Mr. Nick Nemeth. Oh, yes. I did yeah. see that. Uh, so and Dolph Ziggler is in him. New Japan, yeah. And his brother. Yeah. Um, Ziggler New Japan is interesting. I'm, I would check that out because I'd be curious to see how he works in New Japan Me of too. all places. I think that's a decent choice for him Yeah, to see I'm what interested. happens. Um, Okada beat Danielson, getting that win back, I guess. That's what I figured would happen. Um, yeah, and Naito beat Sonata for the IWGP also World title. Also have him. heard that Sonata's run has been really lackluster and that that was the expected outcome of that match was that he I was I think kinda, it's also Naito getting his moment finally yeah, or something, right? And the experiment with Sonata, I think, is done. Yeah, because like... I've I never saw anything amazing from him, and then also the his Forbidden Door match kind of underwhelmed for mm-hmm. us, right? So. Like he's really good, but I don't think he's like champion of your company level, and I think they found that out. Yeah, this time he's around. not overly interesting, but yeah. So Wrestle Kingdom is in the books. It felt like I feel like it. I mean, so with the tournaments for us, I think it came at like three in the morning or something right. around that. But it really felt like it came and went for me, and I think you were saying it wasn't an overhyped Wrestle Kingdom. It wasn't Kingdom. because normally it's hyped enough that I know there's a couple matches like and things that I need to Omega see. Omega Osprey last year. Right. right. And on this one, I will check out a couple, I'm sure, but um, overall it didn't Other than Okada dancing, I didn't feel like there was anything like overwhelmingly, like, I guess the three-way, but even then I was like, Finley... I'm hearing a lot of uh, New Japan's in a bit of a lull right now and needs to sort of figure out I feel like out they have next, I mean, most companies They need like to that. figure out who that next crop of stars are and really start... I think Suji, oh, Umino, Umino, and Uemura are definitely in right. that crop. Poised and hopefully can poised, do it. Poised, yeah, so hopefully they, something becomes of them for sure. Right. I think tag division definitely needs to be worked out if your champ, double champs are ELP Nicoleo. No offense, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying. And if Okada goes, you got to figure something out. If Okada out. goes, man, oof. That leaves I, a big Sabre. hole. Sabre. Sabre. Get Sabre up there. Agree. Um, but yeah, so that is interesting, guys. And maybe you could keep Ziggler as a decent gaijin. Yep. Right? So yeah, we'll you could. All right. I think that's going to wrap up news. We're going to travel back in time to last Saturday where we paid 50 Canadian dollars to watch an AEW pay-per-view. We're going to review that right now. And it was called World's End. All right, so World's End, um, just to point out, no Omega, no Bucks, no Hangman, no FTR, no Lucha Bros, barely any Cassidy? No Cassidy. No Cassidy, right? He's in so, a segment. Missing yes. a I lot I think of, under the circumstances they did solid, but the circumstances are still a part of this. Missing a ton of top-tier talent, um, right? I will find the picks as you are going. Good idea. Are you idea. talking pre-show? Uh, no, I didn't talk about any pre-show. Okay, so let's just point out that I called the Battle Royal and you were the fool who picked someone not well, the, I had the card to pick someone different so. yeah no you didn't you could have been right but no, um, no. you chose to not be right I did and therefore you were wrong I was wrong uh, the show starts with as usual a big old hype video for the main matches on the show it was good but yeah. I think it bears out there's not a lot of interesting stories here no I think this was Part a very weak one on paper um, like the big matches looked good but then like, usually they fill out a card pretty well. Even though they tend to have a lot of matches, I feel mm-hmm. like they usually fill it out pretty well, and this one was less so. Yeah. Also, I thought the stage looked really cool, though. If you did. anything, I thought the stage... Because it was, like, these two big screens, but they would, like... 
they were on an angle, so they were like bowing back, and like, it looked really cool. I thought it was a nice setup, but it looked really nice. So, if nothing else, uh, praise for the entrance stage. And on a general note, um, we just had our best of, and my favorite commentary is AEW, but I found it a little annoying here, which is not usually or ever the case. I feel like that they commentary was keenly aware that a lot of these matches lacked heat and they were trying to like overcompensate yeah. by being more dramatic and talking about storylines more than they usually do, which is something which I is rip on what WWE. They, yeah. Like it was kind of like they were aware we hadn't really been shown the story, so they needed to tell us as it was starting or during. Yeah, and even for a bit like more than we'll get to Andrade and Mira, but like that was one where I was like actively confused with the yes. story. And like, yeah, a lot of matches I think Good word, heatless. Yes. Uh, that will come back to that a lot. So we get uh, an opening match. It's an eight man all star tag team yeah, match. Yeah, from we're the uh, C2. So already a bit strange because it's kind of heels and faces mixed together on teams a little bit, right? You've got Claudio, uh, Danielson, I think Mark it's Briscoe, mostly, and Garcia. I think that makes well, because Garcia has been kind of face turning, obviously. Briscoe and is. And then Briscoe is a face, and then Claudio. Is an, and the I Blackpool honestly, to say. I don't care because it's like you can throw them anywhere right. and they'll like dancing and flip on the diamond. Honestly, I don't really care. So those fit four are taking on Brody King, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh. That's a great four right there. That's a solid nice four. four. So it looks really good on paper, but yeah. at the end of the day, this is random teams made up of wrestlers from the tournament, right? Yeah, but that's I don't mind that sometimes. New Japan does it a lot. No, we didn't know at the time, but this would be sort of an ongoing issue with this, right? It's just lack of heat, as you already said. This one is okay, because I feel like it was, like, this one at least looked like it would be a really fun one. It did. Like Matt Menard's on commentary um, to support Daniel Garcia. He's clearly upset that Brody King won't stop eyeballing him during the entrances, so they're sort of setting the stage for something. I don't know why... Matt Menard needs to be involved with Brody King at this point, but to die, they're going somewhere. Yeah, that's possible. He's got a death wish. So Danielson's entrance, uh, just a few details that matter, because I kind of circle back around to it, I think. Remember, Danielson's entrance Cut stops Garcia dancing, yeah. from doing his dance on the ramp, and then this would come back into play because Garcia would tag himself in to stop like a signature Danielson run sort of thing, right? So um, there seems to be teasing something there again, which could be... Um, is this the match? opportunity was him joining Blackpool. Because I didn't take notes in the mo- in the moment for some bits. Is this the match where we were like, is this Lucha Rules? Probably. I think it was either this or the other eight man. I think it was this one. I would assume this one. Where like, we're used to the AEW refs losing control and I don't really still, care a lot. I'm still able to keep track usually. But this, this was next level. This like, one was actively like, I think, and that would probably be my main complaint. It's just that like, it kept switching, and then where it's noticeably like that. I know he's not legal because we started I mean? joking, like, "Is it Lucha Rules?" And then as it went on, we're like, "No, but it, is it?" <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> right? like and usually they keep they lose control, but they keep the legal person consistent. And yeah. I, as someone who notices, I feel like they did in that time. Yeah, I agree. Um, which is probably my main complaint. Because other than that, I, I thought this was pretty solid. It was fun. I liked uh, it. Danielson's chest was still bruised from his match against Kingston, which was probably my favorite tournament match. It was close with one on this show, which I thought was excellent. But the Danielson-Kingston was That was terrific. probably... Like, I'd say it was the best, like, tournament match other than the finals. Like, just, like, of, like, you know, yeah. the general tournament. Danielson hit a top row Hurricane Rana, which I don't feel like we see a ton. He hit that too. No, not often. Hit uh, Jay White with that. King gets in member Menard's face on commentary. 
He was just like, and was like, you won't really do funny. crap about it because you're a little bitch. That, that was it awesome. almost seemed like he went further than like, I don't know if they knew it was all being picked up so clearly, but it really made Menard look like a chump. And he either he sold it, it I really think it well, made Brody King look sick, or he was actually mad about it. Um, no, but I yeah, think it that was, was cool. And I think Brody King has every right to because he's just what like, get in your do? face and go, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. <laughs> that was cool, which is fair. I wouldn't that do anything Brody either. King look sick. Yeah, no, I'm not messing with Brody King. Uh, so Garcia's nose at one point, right, might be broken, Menard tells us, and he's isolated by his opponents and worked over for quite a while in the middle of this. Um, who almost called him the wrong one. Mark Briscoe hits a blockbuster to lethal on the floor. Claudio does the giant swing on somebody, and member on somebody. Uh, Daniel Bryan hits a drop kick in the cool. middle of it illegally. It like again, have, he wasn't the legal person. It might have been on Brody. It was. It, I think it was on Brody. That would have been the best visual, but I don't. I, remember. That's why I think it was. It, it, might, it was Brody or Lethal. I swear. I, okay, now I don't know. Lethal hit the lethal combination on Garcia and a figure four, but Briscoe broke that up with a froggy bow. We get the standard parade of moves, and I'm not complaining. I'm just summarizing by each man leading to the finish, where Garcia trips Lethal, followed by a jackknife pin. For a pinfall after almost 18 minutes. I of- really like the finish here because I think it accomplishes two things. Lethal's losing streak and Garcia kind of right. getting wins getting after losing the whole tournament. So right. I think that the finish should be committed because I think it accomplishes a couple things there. You know, the two birds, one stone kind of so thing. So I'm hoping that is the story because Lethal does continue to lose, right? Yeah, so and that- I saw they had a segment on Rampage where him and Jared were arguing pretty hard. So hopefully that's good for Lethal. So I like this match. It was fun. I was still hoping for more than what we got here. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's as good as it could have been but i thought this was like it was like a fun opener so i think i like that and it was better than most of the card and if you're gonna throw together teams like this make it more like chaotic and frenzied like a lot of aew multi-man tags are still excel at that uh nothing all really ultra memorable from it no but a good one still but a lots of great talent i enjoyed it overall i don't think it was amazing i gave it three and a quarter stars i i would agree with that yeah i think it was like a good opener nothing i would dislike but um and unfortunately, better than a lot of the matches. Correct. At this um, point, it, it, I think I, it's this, and then the last three really. I was in a decent mood after this one. Yeah, and it was like it was nothing um, that left a bad taste, you know. Then we move. Oh, so predictions on that one? Oh, uh, we both picked. I believe I think it was the baby Obviously. faces. Yeah, so that makes sense. Then we move into our next match, which is Miro taking on Andrade El also, Idolo. I picked both of the uh, zero hour ones, and you only picked Hook because you're dumb and you didn't pick Luchasaurus. <laughs> So CJ Perry is obviously with Andrade, and I guess the dynamic here is she's married to Miro, but I, managing Andrade and Miro. But Miro, like, I I just don't get it, man. And I'd Miro like, said that he wouldn't attack Andrade during the tournament, but now the tournament's over, so they're going to wrestle. He doesn't want her managing other people, but he doesn't want to work with her. Yeah, it was like, all very... Like, I just don't get it. And we said this when we were reviewing Dynamite, and we talked about Miro segment, like, I just, like, it's one of those, like, I love AEW, but it's one of those things that they're doing, I just, I just don't get it. Right. And it's just not connecting. I think part of it could be the tournament, and um, part of it could be most of it being on collision. Yeah. But either way, they did not do a good enough a jo- job of explaining this, because, again, this was a match I did not care about. This is the same thing with um, Miro and Hobbs at All Out. Mm-hmm. Like, I did not care about that match whatsoever. I think I half-watched that one. This one, it's just, like, it was solid, but if... From what I remember, it was kind of slow, right? And so, like, yeah, and at the time we were specu- heatless, heatless. We, yes, we were speculating, and it's confirmed this is Andrade's last match in AEW for Which, now. That sucks. Um, and my note says this match presupposes that I am deeply interested in the murky story of Miro, his wife CJ, and Andrade. I 
and I assume most people am not at all. No, I, I'm confused, if anything. I keep saying it. Like, if that's the facts. Miro attacks Andrade before he can even take off his entrance gear. Andrade's, like, the blue and white was nice. Yeah, it was. Miro bashes Andrade's face off the announce table. Andrade shoves Miro over the table onto the floor. Miro sent out of the ring, and Andrade hits a moonsault to the floor. Andrade hits his missed top rope moonsault into a standing moonsault spot that always looks pretty cool. Beauty. We get the game over applied, but Andrade gets to the ropes as we are supposed to care about the dynamic with CJ Perry here, right? Like, I don't lots like of cuts her. to her and lots of me going, I don't know what's going on. I don't care what's going I, on. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't care. And I don't like Lana. I have time for her in the right role. A lot of time. It's been a long time but this since I've it. seen her in the right role. And also, Maybe that's true. too much of her that I remember has been annoying. Like, she had that crappy wrestler run. I just remember her screaming a lot and it was being really annoying. She mm. had the the weird one with last year where they mm-hmm. kept tucking Mi- Miro or Rusev yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And like then I just like the la- the wedding with Lashley, like then Liv Morgan. It's just like too much of her has left a bad taste in my mouth. Fair. And it's just like it's more like prove me wrong. Yeah. At this point, and this is this didn't do it. Not doing that job for me. Andrade does hit his nasty back elbow after the oh, it's always fake so good. kick. I love the the boot fake. It's a great touch. And again, doing it better than Jericho. He does. Figure four by Andrade, then a figure eight a little bit later. Uh, but CJ gets involved um, and screws over Andrade while smirking about it. I don't get that either. So that leads to the Machka kick and game over, and Miro picks up the win in just under 15 minutes. Imagine if Andrade stayed and we got Andrade and Charlotte versus those two. That's just like nightmare fuel there. <laughs> the crowd was virtually silent for this, I noticed, <laughs> right? And I don't really blame them. I did not care. I don't remember if I half-watched this or not, but I feel like that's possible. Miro's pace is really slow, which doesn't always bother me. I do no. like Miro. And then things did pick up when Andrade was in control. It's just really hard to I care about the story they're telling. Don't know if I like Miro that much anymore. I think it's I don't a, think you do. I think it's been a long time since that Redeemer run. It's just like I think it's not entirely his fault. I think no, they, I don't think since so. he lost the TNT title, I don't think they've entirely known what to do with they him. Have. But I also just think like despite them never having full faith in him, he benefits from the WWE style as well. Yeah, I feel like he would do better there now. Yes, I think so. I think so too. Um. I, like I don't want to be too harsh on him because I, d- I don't hate him like it's not like a Wardlow scenario it's just mm-hmm. I'm a little cold on Mira right now because I just feel like they haven't done something super interesting with him in a long time right so it's just been a while for me and Andrade like he's really great too and I think the C2 definitely helped me get more interested in him he's again awesome. but now he's on the way out and also hasn't done a ton of note other than the tournament so this was like yeah and I agree when Mira was in control here just like it didn't interest me and no. then Again, we keep going back to it, but the storyline here just really killed it for me. It was heedless and, and confusing. And that's part of the slow pace. It's like, okay, if there's a story and if, if but there wasn't CJ's her. on the outside selling something, but I don't know. I don't know what she it. was selling. Then she turned on Andrade for why? Well, and like, and what's, the dinner, or so what's the dynamic now? And like, it what felt we, like... I don't know. It felt like this was a quick direction change. And at the time, we're like, maybe because Andrade is leading. I guess, leaving, right? Which is that the makes case. sense now. But I would love to know what the storyline reasoning there is. But I think my favorite part of this was Miro's reaction after the match, right? Because he, it's like, he doesn't know what's going on and still doesn't trust his wife. Like, he's aware that it's possible she's still messing with his head and he doesn't know how to feel about what just happened. So, Why is she mess? I don't Like, the, her turn was something Miro wasn't aware of. So what's her, like... Why is she working her husband so hard? I don't like in this story is a line, bad and right? obviously in kayfabe because in, in real life I'm sure they're happy, but like in kayfabe, like we're going storyline here. This is a horrible marriage. Yeah. If we're go if we're going based on what we know in kayfabe, what is this marriage? And somehow Miro couldn't know that you were gonna help him in the end. He, you had to make him think that 
and you've been I don't or- know. managing this other guy. Like I don't. <laughs> so I was this not. This storyline is a miss. For I me. was not a fan of this match, especially on pay per view. I gave it two and three quarter stars. I thought it was below average. I'll go two and a half just because yeah. I'm a little more sour on. It, I feel yeah. like, and yeah, I'm the only good thing about Andrade being gone is that this can't continue because this is just again a, a miss for me. Honestly, it was. Uh, then we move into a match for the AEW World Women's Championship. It's timeless Tony Storm defending. She has Luther Ooh, with her, talk obviously. Talk about heatless. Versus Ooh. Riho. So I basically watched this twice because oh, yeah. I watched it in my friend Mike's garage that I've mentioned on this show many times. This is what they put on to keep you there. That's I was, I was telling them I needed to go home to watch this with you, so they put it on trying to tempt me to stay. So I stayed long If only long they enough. had like put on Mox Kingston or something. Like just obviously yes. time working Timing out. Timing was but not like... great. Cause, well, they like it was interesting. I stuck around and watched it with them because it was a taste of like non-wrestling people watching wrestling for i'm just sad like you had to like i would imagine they do this but then like swerve hangman's on that, that would have be been funny. Di- we would that would have been different story. yeah you gotta watch that in the garage that'd be crazy so we get tony storm hitting a body slam Riho tried one too but couldn't lift storm sure i guess i don't know uh rio hit two drop kicks a flying knee a bulldog a roundhouse kick at one point Luther catches Riho, um, hands her to Tony Storm so that Storm can hit a body slam on the floor in your little comedy bits that Tony Storm seems to sprinkle in there. Uh, Storm hits a sit-out spinebuster for two to no reaction. <laughs> the crowd is dead yet again. I put chicken or egg, which I think I meant like, are they dead because of the action? Like, did that did the action make them dead or were they dead like before? You know what I mean? Which, yeah, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I, see I think that's what I mean. Luther puts, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Luther puts Storm on his shoulders and they throw Riho off the apron to the floor, which apparently is legal to use your manager as a vehicle, I guess, is okay, mm-hmm. technically. Storm applies a Texas Cloverleaf. Rio near, uh, nearly gets to the ropes, but Luther pushes the ropes, so the ref then throws Luther out. He's gone from ringside. Riho with the 619, a drop kick, and a pretty weak body slam. The commentary tried to explain away somehow. Storm misses her hip attack, but comes back with the Storm 0 for 2. And then there is the finish, which is an eventual, I put, awkward DDT thing that looked oh, nasty. Oh, yeah. She's I don't think she board. did it it's right. Like a... Even Mike in his garage was like, what was that? Because it looked... It's like, if anyone knows, the backbreaker Randy Orton does, you know? Yes. The backbreaker over his yes. back. It's like she did that, but like pulled her over no DDT. It looked I swear like she's it done hurt. it before. It looked kind of cool, but she definitely messed it, it looked up. Like she so I didn't wrenched her neck around on it. But uh, so Tony Storm retains after about twelve minutes. After the match, Mariah May comes out to celebrate, and she has a bucket of I think it was flower petals, confetti. I think it was flower Something like pe- that, rose petals or whatever. Um, so I don't know, man. I thought like fine as one of our favorite things to say on here again it was fine yeah this isn't a pay-per-view level championship match no and i didn't care about it as one either because no offense to Riho, i just don't care and also we've been saying this for the last couple weeks now this storm character is not it's not working a title one not a championship character it's not gonna get me and like if we had a better champion it's Riho, maybe yeah but Riho coupled with a character i'm not really interested anymore uh, really didn't work for me. This pay-per-view, thinking back, I feel like for a lot of it, and we'll get to some matches where I didn't feel this way because there are some, Yeah. but it felt like we were watching Collision. Like, we know the characters and we know the wrestlers, but we have no idea what's going on because we don't watch the show week to week, and the match caliber is not a pay-per-view. It's like That's, you're watching a TV show. It did feel show. like Collision. It was like a supplement for Collision that you have to like, pay hey, for. Like, hey, we know all these people. We're just not up on the stories. Yeah, that, that even though like a lot of we stories be. have been dynamite. Yeah, right. so I think that's honestly a pretty apt comparison, yeah. So for most of it. I don't think the December build to this was good. Cursed. 
I never thought for a second that Riho was going to win, so that doesn't help it either. No, the build for this is what? Riho came back because the last thing she, she did was She came back get, and beat somebody. Um, Soraya. She beat Soraya for the shot, which, right. ooh, great. But, like, the story was she got attacked by the outcast last she was here, then she's coming back for payback, and that's pretty much it. That's it. Like... This so, is stemming from Outcast versus Originals, which I hated. Some decent action, nothing memorable, really beyond what I see on weekly television. In fact, without getting into it, I would say the, the women's match on TV this week was better than this. And I didn't I even know. I at least enjoyed it more. I didn't even know who. Either of them. Technically, I'd never seen either of them wrestle. I've never seen either of them wrestle. That's true. And I preferred it to this. <laughs> Honestly, so yeah. I thought this was, I felt similarly to this to the previous match. So I rated it the and same. Sorry, we both picked, I think we both picked the other one wrong because we didn't know about Andrade leaving. Right. Because uh, if I did, obviously I wouldn't have picked I'm Andrade. pretty sure and, I took Andrade. Uh, I know I did. I think I did. And then, yeah, I did. And we both did. So then. And we both picked. We both picked. Storm, Tony Storm for sure. Why would we pick? So Tony? I gave this two and three quarter stars, same as the match before. I, I'll agree with that, yeah. Okay. I think it was a little better. Dante. Or was it? I don't know. I'll just go with that. Dante Martin was interviewed by Lexi Nair backstage. Dante talks about getting a pin on Rampage. And then Orange. Oh, Rocky Romero. Orange Cassidy walks Ooh. up with his international title. And same thing, he assumes everybody's challenging him all the time, right? So that's <laughs> I think gonna, we did chuckle at that. It's going to lead to a Dante-Orange Cassidy match on Dynamite that we'll talk about a little bit later. First Dynamite of the year, and we're getting an Orange Cassidy match back, and it's against Dante Martin. Like, that's a very that's cool. nice. That sounds And remember we laughed the way enticing. Cassidy said, okay, from like off <laughs> Yeah, camera. yeah, that's what it was. He's like, it's, like, it's like he assumes everybody is directly talking yeah, yeah. to him. And Dante's like, I'm coming for He's just like, okay. I right, it. it was pretty funny. That was funny. Yeah, Orange Cassidy's got a good thing going. We then get uh, my favorite wrestler right now, Swerve Strickland, with Prince Nana, obviously. So Keith Lee out with injuries or health so, issues or something. So we get Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, injuries that he's been dealing with <laughs> since Grand Slam last year, which was, I think that was the match where the Acclaimed got really over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think he picked up an injury at Final Battle against Shane Taylor, which that sucks. And I think that explains why we never got the full feud yeah. with him and Swerve. And I feel, I just like to say, I feel bad for him because Keith Lee's great. And I think he's never been used right in AW. And I think it's now kind of clear why. Like, I don't think it's his fault, and I don't think it's entirely AEW's fault, because I feel like if he was healthy, they could probably do a lot better with him. And then at some point, you start asking yourself, how much energy are we going to put in a guy who's constantly got problems? Yeah, and like, I, I feel bad for that, to say that, that because I love That threshold gets met at some point where they're like, well, we're for not sure. booking him anything yeah. long-term. And, and that sucks, because I would like to see the payoff right. to this thing with Swerve, because I, I enjoyed their team when that was a thing. Um, at least he had that run with Swerve, I guess, right? Um, so yeah. that, that sucks. And Dustin Rhodes is um, something. And apparently Lee and Rhodes team up sometimes. So that's where this came from. Yeah, because we had Swerve in our glory and then we had Naturally Limitless. Right. Which so is him and Rhodes. Because why? I already felt facing Keith Lee was beneath, beneath Swerve right <laughs> now. So imagine how I feel about Dustin Rhodes. Swerve's but... gear was nice though. Big ass coat and this nice the, like gold tights. Yeah, it looks these, great. Like, gold zebra print knee pads. Those are really nice. So Swerve attacks before the Belkin ring, runs Rhodes into the barricade in the ring steps, and then a running knee and a stomp on Rhodes' ankle. They get a cinder block out, right, and put his foot, um, Dustin's foot on it and stomp his ankle. Dustin sold that intermittently, I would say. There were some phases in this match where suddenly he was okay. But um, anyways, Swerve dominates early on. Dustin gets some offense, including a Canadian Destroyer, a really smooth power slam that he always does. Yeah, he he, uh, gets a good snap on that. I'll say he's got a few moves I like. Shattered Dreams, Piledriver, and a Crossroads that Swerve took like a champ, Mm -hmm. like straight down. I don't down. think he hit it in this match, but I really like the final cut, you know, like the twisting yeah. suplex. That's a cool move. Somebody just did that. 
Didn't we see that somewhere recently? Anyways. I keep using it with JY on 2K, but that's <laughs> not... I just... I love hitting it. Um, Swerve goes back to the injured leg, and then he hits two house calls with the crowd chanting one more time to the heel. <laughs> like, please take this super baby face who volunteered to wrestle and is a thousand years old and, and kick him Dusty again. And also Dusty Rhodes' kid. Right. Uh, Dustin flips Swerve off and spits on him in an act of defiance, and so we get the Swerve stomp after... I think he pretty much killed him with that. that was, I think it was a nice one. <laughs> it's a Swerve stomp after Dustin shimmies into position, so it must have been <laughs> one of those he wasn't in the right spot. Yeah. Swerve wins after about nine minutes. Um, so, I'm torn. Part of me hates how much Dustin got here. That's but, definitely... But, like, out of context, I, I thought the match was... I kind of enjoyed it. Uh yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I would have liked him just straight up kill Dustin Rhodes. But... And it's it's the character work of Swerve that made this for me because this is like a return to the vicious supervillain Swerve, which right? Which is what I wanted. So. He wants to kill an aging star that everyone loves just because he took this match. Like you took this match, so I have You're to kill gonna you. You're gonna pay for it. So I enjoy that. Um, yeah. Because Dustin's really done nothing to deserve this treatment, right? But that doesn't no, matter. No, he got to Swerve. his ankle stomped on a cinder block for what? Um. Dustin had that stretch that looked really good. And again, I don't think it should have taken... Like, this probably should have been five minutes tops for yeah, Swerve. But it was good. I still like this somehow better than the two matches before it. I gave this three stars. I, I three, thought yeah. this was fine. Second best match so far. <laughs> That's crazy. Which is wild. It's Dustin Rhodes. Like. Then we get to what I thought was a pretty big mess. And it sort of relates back to the story that broke what the morning of this about Jericho... Um, oh. so this turned the crowd on him and he yeah. was in a spot where we were supposed to really want to cheer for him. Well, so it made this whole thing really personally weird. speaking. I wouldn't be cheering for him either way. I don't no. care what he did, but, um, that definitely put a dark cloud over everything in general. So it was Starks, Big Bill, uh, and the Don Callis family, which, which was, was Hobbs, and and Hobbs yep. taking on Jericho, Guevara, Sting, and Darby Allen. Um, we did get a good match out of this. So well, our... Second large kind of random eight-man tag of the night. The funny part is the more random one is the one I like better. And also on paper, I was more like, this one was random and also hastily put together because of Omega's yes. diverticulitis. And um, while, but still, I wasn't looking forward to it. While they did find people singing Jericho's theme to zoom in on, far fewer people in the background of those people were singing it. There were also some NDA signs up yeah, there. Yeah, they kept chanting it too, which is... World's over. NDA was pretty funny. One that was up <laughs> there I saw right in the hard cam. That is funny. Um, you could also hear some boos when he first tagged in, and when he and Sammy did their little baby face pose thing, there was some boos there I think there they kept well. chanting Kylie Ray and NDA. Yeah. Um, it was just it was pretty funny. I at least respect the crowd for doing that. You know, they were dead before, but I'd respect them so for getting So it made this that. a really weird dynamic. Um, yeah. But anyways, we had Darby Allen with a nice sequence with Takeshita leading to Duh. a code red. Leading um, to a match. Takeshita hits a crazy-looking spinning blue thunderbomb off the top, the top yeah, to Darby awesome. Allen. Again, a little taste of what we're going to get on, on Dynamite a this week. A little bit, yeah. Remember... I don't know if you remember this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sting really badly botched trying to hot shot Starks. It looked like, remember? Oh yeah. And he was just like he was three trying feet to do like short. This. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to do like the Austin stun gun move that he used to use, right? Where you like drop him on the ropes. And just you nowhere just... near the ropes. There were a couple Sting man, like Sting and Jericho. No, this it was, was Jericho. A, this was they not botched. Not well executed. Yeah. Sting like. I'm torn between because, like, I understand why he's botching, but then at the same time, it's their fault for putting him here. Mm -hmm. He's like sixty something, and you're putting like so. I th at that point, there's little sympathy for me. And then Jericho is just like, and then uh, Big Bill no sells a code breaker, and then him and Jericho have a really like rough patch yeah, right so in the middle of the ring. I really, <laughs> you were saying it was like Jericho got mad at him for yeah, 
like the, which I really like that like he knows of the Goldberg and I was like I was happy about it. And that. then it was kind of like they didn't know what to do for a second. Yeah, he like picked him up and then like kind of dropped him and it was like it was really clunky. Like it again, was that was really one clunky. of the things that Jericho messed up, I feel like. Uh Takeshita almost kills Darby Allen with a released German and then Oh he, yeah, he's like dropping him almost on his head. And like, then he that took, led like, right into drop. where he German suplexes both Allen and Sammy out of the corner. Which at that point I was like, why are you grabbing onto each other? It's like Yeah. That's just let go. Sense. Just it don't cool, hold on. It's that's just like not... every Irish whip. Just stop running, right? Like you don't have to run. Well, that's a spot that only makes sense with like multi-mans for me because it's like yeah. if that's a triple threat between those three, it makes sense because Darby's like, I'll take you with me. But right. I guess Darby doesn't, in theory, really like Sammy. So like, I don't know. It's just the logic there. Then there's some awkwardness between Sting and Takeshita. That leads to a Scorpion deathlock and a Walls of Jericho applied simultaneously. Oh, this, what was, that was that on Starks and Takeshita, right? The submission? I think so, That yeah. angered me because like it just made them look yes. so stupid. I was like... Really, you had to do it to Takeshita. I know like, it pissed me. They off. rebuilt him on Wednesday. Uh, okay. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Awesome spear by Starks to a charging that Sammy. That was really good. Yeah. Sometimes, like, because he just like absolutely gutted him. This time, like, I think we used to say in the pandemic, it was like 2021 or something, when Starks was like kind of beginning on the rise. Like, he's his spear's really good, good sometimes. Sometimes yep. it's like it's just it's solid or whatever. But sometimes like this one was really good. It looked good. Yeah. Sammy hits the GTH on Starks, then his shooting star press to pick up the pinfall here after almost 16 minutes. As we predicted, we knew that was happening. I thought this was about as close to a mess as these eight men are capable of. Yeah, um, I was disappointed because some of this matches has some really good talent. My note says this match had Jack and or myself going saying what is going on at least three times yeah this was a mess um and i mostly blame that on jericho it was sting, and sting and jericho which not no all surprise them, but mostly them not all them but most of them yeah it's like Takeshita, darby um guevara and starks definitely saved this for me i don't remember much from hobbs if i'm being honest no um and big bill did the um, most memorable thing is him like trying to figure out what he and jericho were yeah, gonna do in so the middle like, of the ring a lot of Messy and then you had here. Sting like dominating several prime athletes. Takeshita. Basic stuff. Not even like Takeshita. Why FNS's is he dominating favorite thing. Uh, like, we, we got a oh. bunch of that. Like there were some decent stretches of action here, but overall it was really disappointing. I thought like sporadically sloppy thrown together oh, match. Oh, yeah. Like as not to sound whatever when I say this, but uh, it was as sloppy as a dynamite women's match tends they, to be. They have had. N- numerous better matches than this on dynamite with just four on four or three on this three. week they right. had better so matches. i again i'm a broken record i did this did not feel like a pay-per-view match another two and three quarter stars like below I, average for me two and a half this considering who's in it it was this a mess not great, no uh okay now we get the tbs championship oh talk about heatless my god this is julia hart versus abaddon arguably less interested than Andrade Miro. I don't know. They talked about their records coming into this. And I think Hearts was like Abaddon's was twenty three and one, I'm pretty sure. And Hearts was like more than more than that. Like Hearts is ridiculous. Like fifty four and one. Remember or she was undefeated crazy. heading into Wrestle Dream? Yeah. Like it's crazy. So this should be amazing because these two are, you know, yeah, so it's house undefeated. rules and the stipulation Abaddon chose because the challenger always gets <laughs> right. one is biting is allowed, which I thought that was kind of funny because I remember the one match she had with uh, Sheeta for the title. It might have been for the title, I don't know. In like 2021, I remember it was back she in the Daily Space era. She bit her like neck and she was like bleeding or whatever. Which th- remi- remember when Shayna Baszler did that to Becky Lynch for no reason? Yes. That was. What was that? I don't know. Anyways, um, I thought biting is legal. It was actually kind of funny. The fans are sort of amusing themselves with a "This is spooky" chant <laughs> early on. As that, that is funny. Abaddon hits that a quick funny. cutter. Um, Abaddon hit repeated clotheslines in the corner and a spinning slam for a two count. We have a strike exchange. Abaddon gets sent to the floor where she gets sent into the ring apron 
before being suplexed out on the floor. Eventually, we eventually, sorry, we do get the biting as Abaddon bites uh, Julia Hart's arm a couple of times. Abaddon hits some offense, including double knees in the corner. The crowd is still dead. This just feels like people hitting some moves with very little context is my notes. <laughs> I stand by that. Okay. Heart codebreaker, then heartless, but Abaddon escapes. Heartless Sky, is not good. Sky Blue shows up for a cheap shot uh, before diving underneath the ring. Abaddon tries to go after her, and this allows Julia Hart to gain the advantage and hit the finisher of finishers. Remember this, Moonsault? Well, okay. Well, I remember Terrible her, moonsault. I remember her completely remember she ba- up, So like... she retains after 11 minutes. She basically landed on her feet almost. Oh, right. That's and then had to like fall yeah. forward. It was not good. It looked, it was, it was so bad good. they probably should have done something or her, take two'd it. Her finishers are not good because I think her submission looks really weak and then her moonsaults like, this is not the first time she's messed it up really bad. I get nervous because she puts them so close to the corner. But, I don't... Who was it against? It was like Stalin or something where like she just did it. It wasn't really good. No, I... Again, no heat for this. No chance that there would be a title change. There's no universe where Julia Hart's losing here. This was like too... Like, Julia Hart, to her credit, she's done better this year. She's pretty good now. She's been better. Abaddon's Um, not good, I don't think. Abaddon's not great. Cool look. Yeah, kind of cool gimmick. I've never really cared about Abaddon too much. And no. she just kind of randomly reappeared against Sheeta at Halloween. And then she's kind of stuck around since then. And also the fact that Abaddon, I think, is supposed to be the babyface here. That's that the was, disconnect. That was, yeah, weird like, too. Neither of these people are people I want to cheer for. And also no. the spooky on spooky is Too much spooky. Yeah. An overload of spooky. So pace was pretty slow. Really, really bad finisher. Uh, I'm going two and three quarter stars again, man. And I'm not happy about this. But... I'll be... Uh, I will... I'm trying was to be it better honest. than the last match? I guess by default, just because it wasn't guess. incredibly botchy. So I guess I'll go two and three quarters. I really nice. don't know because I don't care. I know. Uh, we then get things picked up here, thankfully. Oh, no we're, D- we're here. Okay, no DQ good. match for the TNT Championship. Yep. It's Kristen Cage with uh, Shayna, Nick, Wayne. Mother Wayne. Sorry. Mother Wayne. Adam Copeland. So I wasn't super looking forward to this match, but at least there is a coherent story here, right? Um, yes, a clear story that we're invested in. It does feel and WWE-ish, and this did feel sports entertainery, but not in a, not a way bad that way, bothered no. me at all. I thought Edge's gear, I thought was a nice touch. He had like these right. baggier camo pants, which I feel like was a callback was. to him Mick and Mick Foley, Foley because was. that was similar gear that he wore, That's been if confirmed. not the same. And then also a certain spot later on, which didn't go perfectly right, but was also a callback to that match. Maybe I have with, it in my notes, if not, add it in there. With Nick Wayne. Uh, so we get Adam, I guess. Just, uh, you can call him Edge, I don't care. Uh, Edge throws Christian into the screens up at the top of the ramp, remember, early on? I wish that on. was back, because they're messing up the nice set. He Edge jumps off the barricade from the section above onto Christian and Wayne, like a safe spot, but at least something, a spectacle for people to see. Yep. Uh, Nick and Shayna Wayne obviously Mother. get involved at certain points, especially when Cage asks for weapons from under the ring. So we get ladders, tables, chairs. Not in any other order, in that order. Not, Wouldn't it be table size? No, chairs or like... that is, I'm sure, trademarked, so we cannot have them in that order. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Uh, kendo sticks and even a random metal rod that we're like, gee, I wonder oh, what that's going to be for. Yeah, right, because which Edge just usually breaks that off of the chair, chair right? right? Yeah, like, yeah the, so. the, the brace between I, the legs. I thought it was weird that it's just there, because I'm like, the, like in WWE, when he kept doing that, he always just snapped it off a chair, yeah. so it's weird. So it's already ready for them, no way. Yeah, Edge put it there. Adam applies a crossface with that steel rod in Christian's mouth, obviously. Um, A catapult later sends Christian face first into a ladder. We get a cool Boston Crab spot with Christian sitting in a chair, right? So the that cha- was I thought that was really cool. Like I've never so the seen chairs that before, like, but, like around 
Uh, so he's sitting on it, and then the and one like, part the back over his legs neck. are over his neck, and then like it's on his back. I was like, was cool. I thought that was really cool because it's like it makes it easier on the person. And it's also probably it hurts more for like Edge. So I thought that was like, and I don't think I've ever seen that. Before, Christian so just gets was, to sit there, you know. Yeah, I thought that was really cool for him. Honestly, Edge ends up with a welt and a cut beside his eye that looks like it's going to be problematic for him. Yeah, um, I didn't notice. I didn't think it was that bad at first, but then your point, I was like kind of getting swollen right around. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I definitely got worse. Christian hits a nice sunset flip power bomb off of a ladder. Edge hits an impaler DDT onto a chair. Um, Nick hits Adam with the TNT title in the back of the head and then jumps off the turnbuckle and hits a pretty nice Wayne's World to Edge, right? Wasn't that on the outside or something? Yeah, I think that, that was looked pretty the, nice, yeah. On the fl- it was like right the, in front of the table. Yeah. The crowd wanted fire at some point here, and <clears throat> Cage obliges and sets the table on fire. I remember the last time we saw fire in AEW, Cody had uh, his skin peeling off his back. That's remember? right. That's right. <laughs> But the fire goes out too quickly because I don't know what you know about lighter fluid, but it burns really fast. So yeah. it just burns the fluid and not what's underneath it. So it burns off that really makes quickly. Knowing what they do at the table is just what it looks like. And so then Edge okay. had to relight it. And then he's so concerned about the fire going out he again. Like, he hustles power the power bomb. bomb yeah. So really Nick Wayne's chill. ass got burned. Yeah. Barely. He- he still sold it really great to, it to his like credit. It hurt yeah. like hell. Yeah, it looked good. So um, credit to Nick Wayne for making that look really good. Because he basically got sure. hit with the edge of the table and then down to the floor. It looked yeah. painful. Uh, so Edge hits Cage with his own finisher. and The, the match, switch. The match ends and Edge is the new TNT champion. We, picked, we both picked Julia Hart as well as I forgot. But so we this one went this 25 one. minutes. Um, but Do you want to talk about the post-match first? Yeah, right? we'll go. I got it all in order here. Kill Switch shows up behind Copeland. Uh and attacks him, and Cage convinces him on the chair, which I thought looked really nice. It did. Cage convinces Kill Switch to give up his title shot, so Christian can. Right, he, so just, he like leans in and whispers something yeah, to him. Just for those who don't know, the battle royal on the pre-show was for a TNT title match, which to their credit, they did specify was at any time, anywhere. So this is like I think a money which in the kind of telegraphed kind of it probably, but yeah, that's okay. Which is that why I picked me. Kill Switch right. and you didn't, uh, Luch Source. Um, but no, this this was cool. And then he beat Copeland with a spear. So right, the each fin- hit yeah, finisher. So, so cool. bell rings, immediate spear by Christian, and he regains the TNT title, which I think is funny. A way better choice. Edge does not need this title at no. all. Christian needs shortest it title run it. in um AW now, which I think they credit as three minutes. So I really like this. E- easily the best match on the show to at this, this point. point for sure. And I wasn't even really looking forward to this one. It did feel like a grudge match. Lots of violence. Uh, memorable spots in it. Yep. I, I like I said I really like the decision to keep the title on Christian. Sort He's <laughs> killing it right now, um, and he makes that title feel important. I also like the forcing of Kill Switch to hand over the title because it's furthering that story and yeah. more sympathy for Luchasaurus. Usually, right? I'm not a fan of like the title hot shotting because this, but they did this a lot with this title early in the year, right? But this one feels like it was done with kind of a purpose. And now we know too after watching Dynamite, like Christian doesn't even register that he lost it at all. Right, which him, I love that, just, it, and then that's fun. He doesn't even his, register that he didn't win the title initially, right? right? Like, like Luchasaurus having it meant he had it this whole time, right? He, which, yeah, which is awesome. I love that title. So we'll, we'll get, get to, to that later. on yeah. Wednesday's stuff. Um, but no, that. this was actually a really strong match. Yeah, and as it was the good kind of sports entertainment. Like it's not always bad. It's just it's not my preferred style. But this, I feel like it delivered. It did feel like a garage match. There were some memorable spots. Like you got violence, table, but you got some wrestling lighter. too, right? It was quality wrestling, quality violence, and um. I like what they did with the post-match. I think that makes sense because I wasn't thrilled with Copeland winning, but then um, the bit with Luchasaurus and uh, Christian, I think that's good because it furthers the storyline and you really feel bad for Luchasaurus even though I knew this was going to happen if Edge won because it was either Luchasaurus, he's got the shot against Christian that he'll have to lay down or this happens and this happens. So um, I think that moves the story forward and I think it's a really good bit for Christian because he'll just be like, 
he'll view this as one continuous That's thing. Right. Though, like now his reigns restarted at what after Diamond, it'll be like four days he's held it, right? So, yeah. so at, now he, in his mind, it started way earlier than it really did. Over two hundred, never ended. Yeah, so I, I love that, which is I great. Love that for this him. was the first match that felt like a pay per view quality match this, to me. Yeah, it felt like something they built up to, right? I thought for it sure. over delivered. I gave it three and three quarter stars. I thought I it would was agree a with that. It was excellent match. It was very strong. Yeah. Yep. We then move into another excellent match, and it is the final. Maybe my favorite finals of the Continental Classic, and that is Eddie Kingston taking on John Moxley. So for the Continental Crown Championship as well. The problem with all the other ones and not having story, there is a ton of story with this one, right? Dude, just between yeah. these two in general. There's and enough the, story on a tournament alone within but the just, tournament and outside of it. Absolutely. So it's kind of the opposite of everything else, and we get Danielson on commentary, which I thought was he had some really gems, great. right? The only one I really made a note of was like, I can't believe I lost to this guy. Was one of the things he said about the Danielson was really great on commentary. He is good. Sure. Uh, so throughout this, I won't go through every time it happens. There are a million hard chops with oh some of God. Eddie's Eddie's chops sounding man. just devastating honestly it made mox's chops look worse because eddie's just belting him like no wonder Danson was still yeah. banked up because he's just oh my god uh then there's a point where i have a note that says eddie almost takes the term suicide dive literally remember it looked awful oh yeah it looked like, it looked he, like he killed hit his, his shoulder there yeah um moxie hits a pile driver for a two count then applies an sdf but eddie bites moxley's hand to get out of it chops backs fists uh northern lights bombs from eddie that look cool I don't have a lot of notes on this one. I was kind of just caught up in it. They exchange hard slaps to the face, and then there's a subtle, sudden, like, final hurricane, right? Yeah, like, it was just kind of out of nowhere, and Moxley just drops, and he pins him. And it's 17 minutes. Um, um, really came great out of nowhere. win for Eddie, though. Awesome match. Um, oh, it was great. It was exactly what I hoped it would be. Um, the emotion, the story was there, and it was hard-hitting action that you really was. like, and a really feel-good win, like, in the best sense of the word. So after the match, Eddie's presented with the Continental Championship, the ROH, whatever it is. World title and the New Japan Strong. Right. And to become Triple Crown, he puts them down in the ring, gets on his knees until Moxley gets back up, and then the fans are chanting, you deserve it. Uh, Moxley sort of pats him, pats him on the chest and hugs him. That was really nice. And then he sort of does what you're supposed to do. He quickly gets out of the ring to leave Eddie the ring for himself, right? That was awesome. So I, I'm sure I, Mox was really happy about this too. You, you know oh yeah, was. you know that he was like, let's Especially do this, with man. how long they've been friends. Like this was really great. Um, again, felt like a worthwhile pay-per-view match. Absolutely. A lot this of story awesome. leading into this, unlike the stories in the first half of this show and it yeah, helped. This was awesome. Awesome match. Outcome again was predictable, but these guys do enough to make me forget about it. in the it. best way. Yes. Uh, Eddie's a master storyteller. These two have great chemistry. Absolutely. The finish came really suddenly, but I almost think that added to it somehow. That's kind of cool, yeah. Right? Uh, they beat the hell out of each other, and one of the best underdogs in the business beat one of the faces of the company to become yeah. a triple crown champion. Arguably the face. Great moment for Eddie. Hell of a match. I gave this four and a quarter stars. I thought it was awesome. I would awesome. also agree with that. This was really strong, and... um. It delivered on my expectations, which is... I would actually say. recommend people seek this one out if yeah. they didn't watch this show. Unless you don't like chops. <laughs> nice to say. Uh, then we get to what is the main event, and that is MJF with Adam Cole coming out with them as a bit of a surprise. With his I, beard shave. I felt that telegraphed things, but that's okay. I, I think not only that, but him telegraphing Predicting isn't bad. Like, predictable isn't always bad. No. We say it all the time, No, I'm not right? complaining about it. Because WCW near the end was the opposite of predictable, and it was the worst crap I've ever seen. <laughs> that's like, true. That was their whole motivation was to be like, no one's ever going to be able to predict anything that happens, that's and it's awful. bad, because you... When everything's a swerve, nothing's a swerve. You know what right. I mean? Right. So then it almost became like this paradox of it being predictable that you don't know what's going to happen. So you start predicting the unpredictable thing. 
Right. So it's like this weird kind of it is. paradox or like yeah, some, some cash 22 it's, weird it's crap. Weird. Like, yeah. But this no, um, is good. So we get this, this elaborate. The result here was unpredictable. You could true. argue that. I'd, I mean, a lot of people thought Joe were going to win. I did not. This is one of those times where I think that this is two pay-per-views in a row where I've been wrong. Because I surprised. everyone was like, Punk's returning. We, we were both like, it's not happening. Then it yeah. happened. And this one, everyone was saying Samoa Joe. And I was like, no way. And no, I didn't think it, there was much chance. Credit to them. Yeah. So we get a elaborate pre-match video of mjf right because it's in long island and lots of them talking about he's our scumbag and stuff. i like that i swear it was God, cool I, I it was kind of funny recognize leo sparrow and then there was one of them who was like refusing to say it and then and it was they like beat, they beat him up funny. so you'd say it that yeah, was, was kind of funny so cole makes his entrance after mjf uh and i put in my notes the, the devil reveal is fully telegraphed not a big deal though again it was like yeah because they did what did was it before or after the introductions? I think it was after the introductions and they were waiting a second and then a Cole came out. Yeah. Uh, MJF has his left shoulder wrapped up with a black sling. I will he... say, I also noticed Cole's boot looks smaller. Like, it looked like the boot that you wore when you tore your Achilles. Like, it looked like Good times. he's improving. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It looked better, at least. So, sling on his shoulder and tape on his upper body as yeah, well for MJF. He's banged up. And Joe's going after that right away, as Joe does. Uh, early corner Uranagi by Joe. MJF teases the kangaroo kick, but Joe blocks it and sends MJF into the apron before kicking MJF down to the floor. Joe dives to the floor, continues to dominate. Uh, then we go back in the ring. Death Valley driver, German suplex, dragon suplex, straight jacket German suplex from I Joe. I think he calls out the Camaroplex. Like commentary, we're, only, uh, we're like, I don't normally see Joe hitting so many suplexes, and I guess that's true. No, it's, I know it's like one of his, it was one of his signatures in 2K, and the, it's called the Camaroplex. It's like that combination of various different Germans, kind of. Yeah. He's got a, did a bunch there. Uh, we get a nice muscle buster on the apron. That to was MJF. pretty sweet. Yeah. MJF resorts to biting Joe and eye gouging him. We get a heat seeker for two. Heat seeker's a really nice move. I like it. It is. Joe goes back to the arm with a submission, but MJF gets to the ropes. Joe gets shoved into the referee. The referee is down. MJF low blow to Joe. And MJF hits a really clean F5 to a very large Yeah, man. that was surprising, but it was really nice. It was really nice. MJF wants the diamond ring. Cole struggles for it like in every 80s, 90s sitcom where the best man realizes, Which, oh my God, I don't have the ring. And I thought it was, and I guess I can just mention it now. I saw someone say like, it's a nice callback to when uh, Wardlow did that on purpose. Right. Remember when he turned on MJF? So knowing what we I know now. I thought this was on purpose too, right? Obviously. I, obviously it is now, but yeah. he did a good job of feigning it being yeah, accidental. And if it's clearly a callback to that, I think that's a really cool reference joe goes for a submission mjf counters it into a pinfall attempt for two joe applies the kakina clutch clutch sorry referee checks on mjf they did the thing where like the so arm he's dropping passing yeah and they actually like because usually that's the spot for the baby face of power course. Like, you do like one two and then he's like still fighting that's but, like, super 80s he actually dropped like he it did was, and joe just wants like that it's like he actually won it was and crazy. it's over joe's the new world champion Great I'm for him. stunned, and the live audience seemed pretty surprised too. Yeah. Almost 18 minutes of action, really good match. Yeah, I am shocked, and I love being shocked by the title change. Um, no, I'm really happy for Joe. Like, I didn't, I didn't think it would ever happen. We kept saying like, no, it like, was he's going to be the guy the that event. never quite gets there, and is just amazing in every capacity. Well, it's been great to see him in the main event, but I never thought it would, he would actually like win the title. But me either. Really good for him. Yeah. So yeah, for me, this is like I'm at 40 years of watching wrestling almost now, and I'm rarely surprised anymore. Um. I didn't think this would happen about two thirds of the way through this. I was already forming my opinion of like, Joe looked super strong in defeat. You know, you start thinking about yeah, what you're going to say. Right. And then, boom. and then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so happy for Joe. He is a super credible. It's like, really deserved. He's that cerebral heel champion, right? He's a badass, but he's yeah. also super clever. I think to say that 
like the fact that he deserves it this late in his career is a testament to how great he is. Because yep. it's not like the washed up old guy. Because he's definitely oh, no. in the he's last still, stage of his like, career. But he's still kicking it. He's still as close to peak as you can get. As I he's think. ever been. Yeah. So I think it's really great for him. I'm super happy for him. And then there's a post match as well. Really good main event. Shocking finish as far as I'm. I gave it three and three quarters. I like. I would give it three and three quarters. I think it was slightly under the match Me before too. that, but uh, really still good. Really strong. Yeah. Last three matches on this show came through. And really boy, did they need from to. being a bad show from failing probably. Yeah. Right. Like almost. I think um, this is a good-ish opener. So then we get Samoa Joe is presented with the world title and Joe... He's out of there. He's gone. Um, so MJF and Adam Cole are left alone in the ring and Cole's trying to encourage his friend. We can hear him sort of on a microphone like, saying like... You did your best or something right. like that, right? And then four masked men appear and tease attacking MJF and or Cole. So they're like holding them both and yeah. they're, they're both like, hit, hit the, me. Right. And then the lights go out. And um, Cole sitting on a chair, he does the thing where like he flips his hair up, and then they all reveal themselves. And it's Taven, Bennett, uh, Strong, and unfortunately Wardlow. Allow me to nitpick for a second, okay. but they sure. And it might have been hard to figure out, but they've robbed us all of that moment of the person taking the mask off, right? Like we did not get that. That's true. I don't like I don't, the best they could do was Cole hiding behind his hair and then pulling the mask out of his pocket, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm, so, now just, I'm just a little wondering. detail. Not that that really matters. But that's but part of that is true. Like somebody grabbing it from under the chin and pulling it off and seeing. Could we not have like had him put it on really fast? But then it'd be like, the "Where's dark? Adam Cole?" It'd be kind of <laughs> obvious, I think. And he's got a boot on. <laughs> okay. I don't. <laughs> Who could it be? <laughs> so, Adam Cole magically disappeared, and now there's some cat. So in what, a do mask want, what do you want? What do you want then? I don't, do you I'm just want? saying. I don't know what to do. With <laughs> that's, that. that's true. Listen, I'm here to complain about things, but not provide solutions. Okay. I want to point okay. out problems. That's my role. That's my dream role in life: is just to point out problems and offer no solutions. Okay. So as okay, you said, I guess lights back on. Cole seated in the chair. Four masked men reveal themselves as the four you said. Wardlow hits MJF with a power bomb. Cole pulls. He the looked like mask. he was like you could tell how excited he was was to powerbomb MJF yeah. like in Storyland. So I thought that was kind of funny. Like, Cole pulls the mask well, out of his jacket first puts off, it on MJF's chest. First off, Rod, or MJF was like kind of what the hell and then Roddy just jumps in and knees him in the face like Roddy does. So I love that because... Excalibur cool. says the world of Maxwell Jacob Friedman has ended. That's a good Get call. It? That's a good call. World's for end. I like good that. One. I will say if I'm, if they're going to be serious heels, can Roddy shave his mustache? <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> like, might need to. I just don't find the mustache to be a serious... I, I thought that was like a look. It's like... When the young bucks were doing their thing to yeah. intentionally look goofy, I thought that was what, so. He needs either a beard or he needs to shave the mustache because I don't, I can't take him seriously with the mustache. So we've talked about this off air that this is the best of all possible reveals, but because it does make the most sense, but I, it still doesn't do a lot for me. They just kind of they went too far with the lights out stuff, the controlling the trons, all the red herrings of no, it's this guy every week. We basically took a really circuitous route to get right back where we started with yeah. Cole as the devil from the start, right? I think it's a good reveal and I'm satisfied with it, but I feel like it was I'm a less rocky satisfied. road to get there, right. unfortunately. I'm fine with Cole turning on MJF because we all knew that's... But the way they went about it, I thought, was kind of hokey and cheesy. And maybe that's the Cole injury and them really having to drag this out. I think it's not entirely their but fault, but it still could have been done better. For it kind of sure. felt like the work of a company other than AEW to me, That's right. I would have that's to right. say. Um, Prime heel Cole heading a faction is never a bad idea. No, I, but and especially with him on the mic later, I'm satisfied with that because I love heel Cole. But. but his faction's pretty lame. I'm okay with. <laughs> I'm okay with the people that he's actually got history with. Wardlow is my issue here. I don't think any of them are 
of any status. Hey, he's done good with Roddy before. I know, okay. but Roddy hasn't done anything good it's here. Not, that's not true. I, I don't know. It's a really weak-looking stable to me. Right? You know I can't stand the kingdom. I've, they have done nothing. I'm, since if they're going to be serious, I will give them a chance. I guess. We'll see. Wardlow. I love Roddy and Ring. but Wardlow has like to prove a, himself to me. Yeah. I will see. Roddy, no, Cole and Roddy, they worked on in Speed Era, so I'm going to trust them in this one. So this was really a show of almost two halves, right? Because this, this challenges the notion that AEW doesn't miss on pay-per-views. Because this does. is this all of twenty twenty and like a couple others that they challenge that for This sure. is the first one where I'm not sure I got my money's worth. Never no. I always come down here and go, uh, my fifty bucks is gone, no problem. Almost the it's almost worth in the three of the last matches for sure, but so not the, entirely because you need a stronger card. Yeah, right? the first half felt poorly planned, like filler, and then the final three matches really delivered and felt like really strong. Usually, at most, matches. I find myself with a couple filler matches, but not this one felt majority. like too much of it. Right? Eddie Mox, my match of the night, absolutely main event, and Edge Christian being close behind that. Yep. The rest and a I good thought, opener. Good, not great. The rest yeah. I thought was forgettable and kind of a sloppy at best, forgettable, and then a sloppy waste of time at worst. Um. So I, I think, did. What would you say was the worst match? Because I'm leaning towards the Jericho the one, man. honestly. Just based on who's in it. Because and... I feel like with Abaddon, both women's matches, actually, I didn't expect this much. Right. I agree. And that matters to me. For sure. So I did what it feels like every other reviewer won't do, where they I look at their match ratings and they don't rate anything higher than like a three and a half. But then their overall show, it's like eight and a half, eight and a half out of ten. And I'm like, how? So I averaged all mine out. And this came back as a C, which I think is fair. I like will around agree a sixty-five. I rated pretty much all the same. It so. passes, but not by a lot. I will agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and again, not sure I got my money's worth out of this one. December pay-per-views are cursed because there's been a history of stinkers at, in December. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I was really annoyed through the middle chunk of this, like after the opener until the Edge Christian. I, I think was like, WWE what? is smart for stopping their December pay-per-views. A gives the talent time off, and also it's just like you can start fresh after. And this pay-per-view makes me nervous about the pay-per-views every month going forward for aew if that's their plan yeah like, i don't know if that's if this is what we're gonna get even a couple times a year unless you decide to make these pay-per-views like 30 dollars. you decide what your big four are which i, think I would you argue is know, the original maybe all, all in. in yeah okay and then the lesser ones don't charge me a full yeah, amount that's fair because you you'll get or 30 get from streaming me. services really needed you'll sure. get 30 from me every time yeah. you probably won't get 50 from that's me every fair time. I think like the the more frequent pay per views started off really strong because we had all in and all out in the same week, which both are really strong. They were. Wrestle Dream was new and really strong, and Full Gear still really delivered. That was Obviously our, our favorite of the year. Of the year. Yep. Right. Um. And then I think this is the first like bump in the road. So I'm not gonna doubt them fully yet, but this is like casting a bit of doubt for me. I agree for sure. But they seem to be getting back on Things track. Things turned a corner on Wednesday. Absolutely. Which I think we will get into. Um, right now, right? Yep. So we'll shift gears getting into the follow-up from this mediocre at best pay-per-view and that was a much better than mediocre episode of AEW Dynamite. So you actually came to me and said you were excited to talk about yeah, Dynamite this week, which I is was great to hear. I actually really looking forward to talking about this one. I feel like... So then do it. No just, one's stopping you. It's been you. good, yeah. Um, so the first thing we got, I don't think we had an intro, did we? No, nope, new year, new straight intro, to no. 
We had chant. some words from Samojo from after the match we literally just finished talking about. I don't know why, but I really like when they do the ones like he's still sweaty and out of breath. Like it's clearly they did that like with Eddie right... too. Um, I like it. I like it. Yeah, it's it's cool because you could have him live or in the ring or whatever. But I don't know. There's something about the whole recorded right after the match. I think yeah. his adrenaline's nice. still pumping. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says he gave the future and he saw what it held and it was the AEW title. He says he's not a man who makes predictions. He keeps promises and he says that Grand Slam and Jeff used everything in his power to steal his rightful title. And he says he is not like everyone else and threw everything back at MJF. He said MJF made him a scumbag and he's a heartless SOB. He says in a world that isn't big enough for men like them to both occupy the same space, he will always take what's his. He says he is the AEW world champion and he will take everything away from anyone who tries to take this away from him, that being the title, which I thought was a really cold mm-hmm. last line there. He this He's fantastic. I love Right him. out the gate, this, uh, I think it shows what the future holds for his title run. Um, strong right out the gate and menacing. Believable intensity, this guy, right? Like He is a badass. He is, absolutely. No doubt the rest of his reign is going to be but, strong. But yet he's so eloquent, right? Like he's well, yeah, because so remember when he did the King of TV intelligent stuff? And yeah. with a big vocabulary, and he's just... I hope he's he awesome. Could, I he's hope there's well some spoken promos. yet intimidating at the For same sure. time. I hope he's there's like some a, promos where he leans into King of TV. You can see why he could do movies and stuff, and he has. He right? did one at least. Yeah, yeah you can see sure. it. He's one of the best. I'm thrilled he's champion. I thought this was an amazing promo um, and a great way to start the show. Right? This is absolutely. This guy can do everything, and we're just gonna get. And if he's really embracing this like cerebral, violent character, because to me, in a way. He seems a little smarter than even Adam Cole because he kind of weaseled his way into this situation. But he and he talks about his motivations, too. Right. Is that later? It's mm, what Cole? It, no, um, Samoa Joe. For, no, because MJF so. beat him. Right. At, oh, um, yeah. You talked about it before their match, I think. Yeah. And so because I think MJF cheated to win that. Right. Like or like he had help from Cole or something. So like Samoa Joe's just decided, like, I'm taking you down and I'm taking your championship. So he looks like the smarter one to me. He did so. less work. He didn't saddle himself with three mid carters, no offense. And he ends up with the championship and Cole does not. So I like that Joe's like, ha ha ha. I'll piggyback off your plan long enough to get what I want. I like that. I'm yeah. I think that. he comes across mm-hmm. looking smart. I liked how he detailed his loss of Grand Slam compared to World's End. Even the way he's talking about the events of World's End make the double threat a little better. Like he he'll elevate this a little more for me just because he's that cool. He is. Um, the way he says it makes it even the slightest bit cooler and sensible, even if it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited to see who he goes up against first because it's gonna be sweet. Regardless. He's so good. He's he just is so fantastic. Good. Um, I don't know how long he'll be able to go for, but I hope they keep him for as long as possible. He at least needs a few months, I think, right? Because he's a legit champ. I'm not even saying title run, just in general. I hope the AW keeps him for as long as possible. Me too. Um, Then we got a recap of that title win in the double reveal, and I noted they're using the collision set again. And I noted Tony used the word swerve, and it made me uncomfortable. That is not good. Felt like he was reverting to WCW, Shivani. Neutron, like... Just screen graphics too. I noticed. I guess mm-hmm. for the new year, which mm-hmm. is fair. Um, now we're gonna hear from hear from Adam Cole and the newly dubbed Undisputed Kingdom, which that makes sense. Uh, and their theme is swell, but um, and they put it up on YouTube basically right after this, and, and then, then the next morning they took it away, and it's still not on iTunes. So I would like that, please, because it needs to go on my playlist. President of iTunes is listening. Yeah, Mister Apple or Doctor Mi- Apple. Get Mikey Ruckus on it. I know he's doing the music. Do it like. I don't get it. It's um, 
I think the intro is really cool. The way it says like kingdom is nice. And then it's very uh, derivative of Cole's theme. I feel mm-hmm. like some parts of it. And of course, you still got the boom. Although the boom, it's like really like it's metal screaming sound. So you can hardly tell it's the boom because usually you can hear them say boom. But it's more, like a, it's his, it's, more like a scream. It's well. his thing. I like that they have it with the spotlight now. It makes him look really cool. Yep. Looks really cool. I have you've, you've put a lot of thought. I don't even really remember what it looked like. Maybe I'll look it up. It's like he does this and there's like a gold spotlight on him. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Like yep. Um, Cole called the fans stupid for not seeing it coming. I mean, so we kind of did, though. I struggle for this because in kayfabe, it's like that. But then it's like everyone's not coming. Uh, unless those idiots who thought it was Jack Perry. <laughs> Sissies. It sounded like him. No, it didn't. I said I it's because you planted that in my head first. I, <laughs> I was very explicit about that possibility. I, don't, I still don't get it. I planted that. Maybe it, I don't, hey. I could still cling to it was Jack Perry, and they just didn't end up using him. That's no, that's don't you never know. Don't that's stupid. That's dumb. No, that's oh, if it was Jack Perry, I would crap on this so hard. No, I'd like you to imagine this entire segment, but it's Jack Perry. I well, like it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have made sense, probably. But exactly. I know. Okay. I just this whole thing was Jack Perry. Uh, Colson and MJF ran down everybody in the locker room, and if what he did makes him the devil, then you can buy him a first class ticket straight to hell. He said MJF has claws hooked in an AW for far too long. Probably. Yeah. Um, Cole claimed that MJF was gone and never coming back, or at least not for a while by the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole spoke about how MJF would have done the same thing to him uh, when he had the chance while claiming MJF needed Cole while Cole didn't need MJF. He said he sacrificed everything for their, friend- for their friendship, and that's how he broke his damn ankle. Mm-hmm. Or just AW doing elevated ramps. Which- and so was that the turning point then? Maybe. The ankle break is where he was like, screw this guy? I mean, you could argue that. Yeah, I that's think... I see the issue, and I think you'll agree is that he didn't explicitly say that. Maybe it's like I'm sacrificing my body for a guy that I know would turn on me in a heartbeat if he gets the chance. So I'm now gonna do it. I hope Maybe. that's what it is, and I think you're right. And I think the thing was they didn't make that clear enough because I think right. we can assume that, but that's always kind of like you gotta make it a little clear. And that's but... when he started really formulating the plans. And I then, think so. And then when he was at Roderick Strong's house for all that time, they were probably like planning all of this. There you go. Okay, made that better, right? There right here, go. right now. I got you. Um, Cole talked about how none of us would be cheering for MJF without him, which is true, whether like kayfabe or not. The the Cole thing made MJF a face, mm-hmm. right? And better than you, Bebe is him. That's fair. Um, Cole said that he saved MJF's world title reign and then he ended it. True. Actually, well, I mean, he kind of did help Joe, I guess, because he didn't give him the ring. Because let's hypothetically, if MJF had the ring, he probably would have. Yes. Like that's how he, he beat Tanahashi, wins. right? Yeah. So um, Cole said uh, he, or sorry, he talked about uh, this is about the world title, but it became more. It's about bringing a man to his knees and ripping his heart out. He said MJF is dead, which I mean. I don't think so. He's, he's only dead if we say so. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's true. Careful. <laughs> um, Cole announced before. their name as the Undisputed Kingdom. He said it like three times. And I said if he said it one more time, I would officially categorize it as shoving it down my throat. Which he didn't. Because remember when he had the Undisputed Elite with um, yeah. Fish and O'Reilly? I think they said it like six times or something. Yes. So I was wary of that for sure. Still kind of a lazy name. I don't hate it. I like it. But I, I, I see what you're me. saying. I do like him go always going the undisputed route. He has it, it's to, it's a thing now. Yeah, it's it's his he, brand. Obviously. It's his brand. Um, although why did it have to be the kingdom in the name? I exactly. I mean, Undisputed Kingdom on its own sounds cool, but just factoring in that they're there, it's mm-hmm. like but 
I'm saying if they're going to be serious and not stupid, I will give them a chance. But the second they start doing their crap again, I'm going to crap on them. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm so, already like, in line. Don't worry. I know, I know you are. <laughs> I know you are. I'm just trying to get you to give them a chance I for will. now. I always will. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so he talked about the kingdom being the always tag champs. Cool said his real best friend, Roddy. Oh, see, I saw this picture of like that Roddy posted. It's like him hugging Cole and Cole and doing like that. You know that open mouth smile Cole always does? Like, yeah. You know the face. You can picture it. Yeah. And and Roddy's like hugging and smiling. I mean, he says, My best friend was my cat. I thought that was funny. Um, so Roddy's going after international title, which on paper, I'm down for that. Yep, that's fine. Um, it's within Cole's his book station. About how uh, Wardlow's going after the world title and the time is right. Cole said Wardlow will give the title to Cole. Um, Wardlow seemed to agree with that at least. Um, then Switchblade came out. Hallelujah. Love Switchblade. Um, and he talked about how he liked what Cole did to MJF, but he didn't like being collateral in Cole's little plan mm-hmm. um, when he got attacked. Uh, he was attacked first, actually. Right. Um, he said now he's going to get some payback, and he the guns are back in the mix, because I, I think they've just, I don't think they've been out. It's just, it was the C2, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, where is it there? Uh, so Wardlow helped Cole out of the ring as the Kingdom and Roddy brawled with them, and then Wardlow came back in to give them the advantage. Um, and credit to John for the notes here. Um, he wrote the UK group, which just that throws me off just because UK, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the, I mean, it is the appropriate abbreviation, but that's just gonna, that's gonna throw me off. It is. Bit. Um, then the acclaimed ran down and the UK guys, like, it's just weird. I forgot the acclaimed were trios champions. Even. Oh, I know. Absolutely. Totally forgot. And then we had a brief standoff between the acclaimed and Bang Bang Gang, uh, before the Bullet Club Gold Boys left the ring as well. I like the tease at that match. Mm-hmm. For Pretty sure. Cool. Um, you want to go or? Yeah, I thought this was okay. I didn't think it was anything great for a first, like, after a major reveal, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't sure what details or information we really gained from this. Um, I think you did a really good job of getting uh, there. Interpreting. They didn't really tell me any of this. That's my thing. It's like, I like that if that's the notion, but I would have liked what you were saying clarified And more. maybe they'll get there. I, that's what I'm hoping. Like, I'm going to give them a chance to work on that they just made me not care that much about the devil story so now everything's subsequent they kind of got to work their way back up right yeah um and cole's a good enough on the mic to sort of fix this i wasn't i'm really happy to have heel cole back because the like i was okay with him when he was team with mj but remember when he had the feud with jericho and i was like i'm i want heel cole back so i'm i'm if nothing else i'm really happy that that's back because he's fantastic obviously again i don't think his group's super impressive um as of now this was a little more ordinary than i would have liked maybe a bit lengthy but uh, fine i guess i know you liked it more than me so go ahead and switchblades here so that's 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 fine again Um, this is again one of the sorry just to add like this is one of the segments where we'll say it a bunch it really feels like there's a reset coming out of this show because there's a lot of stuff which is good happening no i don't have a problem with it i kind of feel like it's um refreshing so this was one of those segments yeah um there's a lot of elements here for sure um on the whole i'd say i liked it a little more than you for sure first off the easy win is heel cole because i just i love cole Uh, undisputed era he was great he was great with the super click and fish and o'reilly um really i'm really sad o'reilly's not in this because just seeing him told back, you, they're going to do NWO and they'll start just adding that's members. That's a horrible thing to say. <laughs> Swerve, bro. Or aces and eights, maybe. Okay, that's even worse, arguably. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Honestly, seeing Kyle O'Reilly back would have helped me just because I, I miss him. He's yep. awesome. He is. And he's he's funny. He's a good, like, in-ring comedian because yep. he's just funny sometimes. 
killer wrestler too. Obviously. Um, and so he's easily, easily a better promo as a heel. Cool is, um, what he said made sense. MJF's made a million enemies and he's responsible for MJF's popularity. The only thing really missing was like we were talking about a more specific reason as to why orchestrated this all. The ankle thing, like you said, made sense. Him being at Roddy's house makes sense. And Wardlow, obviously, like I don't like him being there, but you could easily co- coax Wardlow into this just because of all his um, incessant promos. Right, because we know you know, Adam Cole, that you can't trust MJF. So what was the tipping point, right, of you like, oh, I can't just be yeah. friends with him. So that's what I like to know. I assume you were right, but it I would want fit, right? I want him to tell me. Sure. For sure. Which is probably my main nitpick. Um, I guess from this you could assume it's all for the AW title since it draws back to that. That was like the first thing that the Illuminator match, right? Um but I like it clarified. And I misspoke because my other nitpick is Cole's plan to get the title. My first problem is that he wants Wardlow to win it. He said the word Wardlow and world title in a positive sense in the same sentence. But then he luchasaurus them already and was like, but you're going to turn it over so to me. So at least there's that. <laughs> like, it's it's almost like they're walking that already because they're like, Roddy's going to win this and this big idiot's going to win this and give it to me. Well, And, didn't and you Wardlow, are already tag champions. Ward- so real champion, real champion. Give your championship to me. Wardlow already did that kind of thing with MJF right. too. Let's not forget. But also just because it's, I I wrote it's the single stupidest idea any heel has ever had. That's just me being Wardlow, yeah. anti Wardlow. <laughs> yeah. Um. The second issue is just like I that he expects Wardlow to drop it. Yeah. Because I don't know if I, I jokes aside, I think that's kind of dumb. It sounds Christian and Luchasaurusy. It definitely does. Right. Um. Which like. It's like I, Roddy is Nick Wayne and Wardlow's Luchasaurus. And Matt Taven's mother They're Wayne. Extra. They're just extra. <laughs> um, but like, it's because well, with Christian Luchasaurus, I feel like it's very clear Christian has this authority over him. Yes. With Cole, it's like, I don't know yet. Yeah, um, that's fair. Not everyone's like Luchasaurus and will actually do that, which that felt kind of mean of me to say. So I, I feel bad for saying that. Roddy's international champion sounds really nice, though, because you know he'd kill open challenges. Yeah, he would. Um, Roddy consistently wrestling, which is the thing he's mainly good at. It is. It'd be nice. So I enjoy this, though. It's a fresh faction. Heel Cole has got my interest for now. They just need to prove themselves further. But I thought it's a solid start. Okay. Um, I'm glad to see Switchblade out here because he helps the segment for me because he's just... He's Like good. I said in our best of, he's incredibly consistent on the mic so i'm never gonna hate a promo from him and i like what he said because i like his he's in kind of a tricky situation because he's obviously heel but he's got problems with heel cole Mm -hmm. so it's a bit of a gray area there but i think he made it work with what he said um really sad to have no juice here this i know he can't but just i miss juice i I assume he can start traveling at some point though oh that might be wise okay that might be part of it that's fair yeah a clean running makes sense and the only thing for them is that uh since their time range has been so forgettable Give the belts to Bullet Club Gold. They, yes. That would bring the somebody back. visible. Like give them back to Bullet Club Gold. I was so excited for those belts to exist, and, and they now, had a really strong start. The best of seven series was awesome. And then they now they may as well not exist because yeah. I forget. Um, but good start to the show. I thought. Yep, I think. Um, then we get a recap of Eddie C two run. So this was only highlights of a post match promo that they post on Instagram that was mm-hmm. like five minutes long. So if you want to find that, I would try to find it because I think it was pretty good. Um, so a couple of minutes from that, and then they um, also had highlights of his tournament run. He was basically talking about his journey to winning the Continental Crown. He said beating Mox gave him so much confidence, and he's going to take someone special to take the three champions from him. I thought this was a really great package. Heartwarming, feel good stuff. For him to have, like, saying he has confidence now, I thought that was a really yeah. touching moment. It's just the vulnerable Ken Because you know he he never has. So for him to be, be feeling confident, I thought that was a really Cool it was moment. a great recap of a really compelling underdog story. For sure. That's an all-time tournament run, just like a mini G1 kind of thing that was really They special. clearly designed the tournament for that to be the main story and then a whole bunch really of other special, things. Yeah. It was smart. I'm really happy for him that he got that because it's just, you know he loves that. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a great 
great for him. For sure. It is. Uh, then we got a promo package from Garcia. Uh, he talked about Swerstein being too big pressure and how he doesn't fold under pressure. Um, there's a bunch of other stuff. I didn't catch all of it. That was the main thing I got. But I like this because I thought he sounded confident. He sounded I did good. too. I liked it. I kind of laughed that he thinks he's on similar footing to Swerve, but they're um, doing their best to build him up. I mean, he's they're doing what they can. I feel yeah, like. a, I thought it was a good little hype video yeah. ahead of what should be a good match. Good that, match for the first show of the year for sure. Both of them are hot right now. One more than the other, but that's besides the point, really. Yep. Uh, main event spot sweet for both of them. Um, good for Garcia for getting that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, opener for this show, the opening match, is Orange Cassidy versus Dante Martin for the AW International Championship. I wrote, first match of the year is back to the OC Open Challenge. We are so back. And a, an opponent like Dante is a cherry on top, really. That's what It is, want. yeah. Um, notables, uh, suicide dive from Cassidy, then he throws Dante into the barricade in front of Dusty Rhodes. I have a dusty chant for the guy at ringside mm-hmm. in the polka dot. Big boy in some polka dot gear got mm-hmm. a dusty chant. Then I noted Excalibur said the AE international he champion. He did. It's not just me. <laughs> the best commentator in the world okay, and so me make the same mistake. He did it once. You've done it like. How do you know? Dozens that? of times. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> okay. oh, it's on record. It's quite literally Somebody on Somebody go back and find them all for me. Go yeah, ahead. Someone do it. I please. dare you. Uh, Dante hit a suplex on the outside floor. Uh, Springboard cross buyer for two from Dante. Uh, Dante mocks Cassie with the lazy kicks. Then Cassie avoids super kick, hit one of his own. Cassie's doing like these like lazy kind of light stops in the corner. Then all of a sudden, like at the flip of a switch, mm-hmm. he just went really hard with corner stomps, which I thought was interesting. Yes. Uh, tilt roll DT from Cassie for two. Uh, Dante hopped up on the top row while Cassie was there. Then he gets shoved off, and then Cassie hit a diving DT for two. Where commentary mentioned his body language after the kickout, like kind of getting frustrated yes. there. So interesting as well. Pop up knee from Dante for two. Dante went for a dive. Cassie rolls away. Same thing on the other side of the ring. Then a really long distance splash from Dante for two, which is really cool. Yeah, like um, three quarters of the way across, yeah. basically. And then orange punch from Cassie for the win. He really connected with that he one. He drilled thought, it, which was yeah. Nice. And then post-match, um, private party return, which was really cool. So did you notice, though, like music hits and it's actually, um, what are they called? Top Flight? Mm-hmm. It was their music. Oh hits. yeah, their music. Hits. And then one of the commentators, because they know what's supposed to be happening, because clearly someone hit the wrong music, was kind of like, "That's what," like about to say, like, "Oh, that's I know that music or whatever." And then yeah. they're like, "Nope." And then the real yeah, music yeah. came on. I didn't notice that. Um, Congratulations, Brother Zay, is all I can say to I get out of that. I think I pasted the wrong thing here. And back, was, but um, well, they were saying. The tag division's been lacking flavor. True. It's been lacking private party. True. And they're putting everyone on notice, which they mentioned Bucks, FTR, and the Hardys, which is good. Glad they're separating from that. I saw someone say um, Hardys are kind of acting heelish on Rampage. Go Fine. And Stay on he, Rampage. Do Jeff, whatever you no, want. No, Jeff Hardy said um, they should go to Dynamite and get a ratings boost. I'm like, that's laughable. But anyways, um, surprisingly happy to we see We were both back. very happy. Like, Yeah. I didn't know I would be, but I, honestly, like if they go just go back to that club guys, fun, super they athletic had team. Such momentum. I hate to use that, but they had such momentum in early AEW. Because remember, they beat the Bucks in the tag title tournament, and like I thought they had a solid thing as baby faces. They were kind of green, but they were good. And then and they, they were young guys who were like VIP club guys. Like remember, yeah. they would come out. Their weight was in like shots of yeah. alcohol or something. Like and yeah. the velvet rope thing. Like with the I guy that they had here. Yeah, and without they, having to talk, I thought they had a decent little thing. Going. Yeah, and then they joined up with Matt Hardy, and the HFO really killed them. Killed like we've them. been saying that the whole time. Then Mark Quinn's been out for a decent while, so good to see him back. And then also, yeah, Zay getting away or Isaiah getting away from the Hardys is really great. Agree, so that's great. 
Um, but Cassie's back to delivering Dynamite a quality match. I'm happy to say that. This one was interesting, though, because I could definitely see the makings of heel Cassidy in there. You planned that scene in my mind, but definitely I saw glimpses of it here. He seemed to be getting, like, kind of irritated when Dante was doing the laser kicks. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just, like, it was kind of like that really kind of thing. And then he was, like, kicking the crap out of him in the corner just at the yeah. drop of a dime. And then commentary was mentioning his body language. Like, that's definitely, if they're mentioning it, that's worth noting, right? Um, but a strong TV match as Cassidy typically has, and Dante's always fun to watch. I'll always get a little reaction just because he does crazy things sometimes, right? Um, the orange punch was on point this time, and again, surprisingly, very happy to see Private Party back, even more so that they're on their own and back to their roots, which yes. I really like because they have a solid thing going. And um, Gin and Juice is really cool. That I was a nice. It was move, huge for Brother Zay to get away from. And I was Absolutely. just reading; it's still like this is from a couple days ago. It was like they still haven't said what Quinn was out with. I don't remember. Um, their heel turn, all the HFO no- nonsense, really killed the momentum they established in early AEW. So I'm glad they're back to this. And it was a solid promo from them as well. I thought it was it was pretty good for them. And um, I hope this is the start of the tag division getting back on track this year because AEW's tag division used to be so great. And used to have such potential. So I really hope still this still has is, massive potential. But they need I think to... the potential is a little diminished though. So I really hope this is them getting back on track because the tag division can be really something special for them mm-hmm. when they really try. Agreed. Um, the show is feeling like a bit of a reset or fresh start so far, and I mean that in a good way. Me too. Um, now the dream is for Santana and Ortiz to get back on the same page. Um, one can still hope. Yeah, sure. One can still hope. Right after Pete Dunne comes back. <laughs> okay. That's mean. Uh, thoughts? Though? Uh, I thought this was a really good competitive opener. Um, I prefer when Cassidy's the underdog taking a beating, but he is capable of like back-and-forth matches. Clearly more he's like a good this. wrestler now, right? And I thought we saw more here than... because. Dante's problem, if he has one, other than he can't speak sometimes, right, is, like, he's just kind of a guy doing super crazy athletic stuff, but I felt like sort of doing the mocking of Cassidy's stuff that was a little more character. Yeah, a little more personality. Storytelling, yeah, whatever, sure. which I kind of like, because he's really good in the ring. Um, commentary talking about Cassidy's body language, like you said, in a slight change in his attitude, could be teasing it's something. definitely getting there. Like, I don't mind if this is them breadcrumbing it, because I think that they're good at that. The crowd didn't seem to be as into this as I was, but I thought it was entertaining. And like you, I'm really happy to see Private Party return. Which is, I don't, it's just, And I returning to their yeah. original act that I thought had potential that they didn't really tap into. Yeah. They got a great response, and I don't disagree with the stuff they were saying about the tag division. Absolutely. And, and like you said, this is where I noticed, like, this feels like a bit of a reset with people going in new directions. I hope they wrestle next that. week or something. Because we haven't been thrilled with the recent direction. So if they're will, if maybe they recognize it and are if they're doing trying new, to change, I respect that. And then I'm that's great that it turns out better. Yeah, I, agree. I hope we see them wrestle soon, and I hope um, we get more teams back. Like I don't know, I don't know how long the Young Bucks will be gone for because they've been gone for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else you can do to really refresh the tag division, but I hope they try to because um, this re- feels promising. Re re. Or de-brand, rebrand them Bear County and bring them back and push them to the moon, brother. <laughs> Bear, yeah, well, that's the reset we need, Bear County. We do. That's what we need. Uh, then we get a quick interview with Tony Storm. Um, it's true. She said she was going to Broadway while she trashed New Jersey. Uh, Renee mentioned Mariah May having her debut match, and Tony said she doesn't watch wrestling. Which that, that, was kind <laughs> that, was of, that was kind of funny. She always has um, one or two lines that make me laugh. She continued to trash New Jersey. Yeah, so this was fine. I didn't really care for it other than the one thing. I honestly half paid attention, but the one line made me laugh. And I wrote, this is rapidly losing steam for me. I think there's a lot of references she makes that are accurate, but people don't get. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're referring to a bygone area of, er- like era of film there you go. Yeah. and i think you're making and references to things people like, don't know yeah but then it's like 
inconsistent because she's supposed to be from whatever decade and then she refers to wanting to wrestle wendy richter which is like 80s i guess it's so like, what are you from it's around her time anyways again it's entertaining it's i, I would use the word amusing if, it amuses me but it's not anything i'm looking forward to and it's not again what my main event women's champion that yeah, i want her to do absolutely it's not i'm still not feeling it even though if it amuses me here and there i feel a line or two here and yeah there. on the timepiece, you think like if she's like a 70s wrestler, like maybe because wasn't she talking about an up and comer wrestling an up and comer? So yes. maybe from her time perspective, Wendy Richter's an up and comer. Like just saying, you know what I mean? Like but maybe I think she's her on the rise. Time perspective is like 40 years before that. I don't 40? Know. I don't know. I'm I don't saying, know. Depending on how early black she's and white. To be, so I guess. Yeah. Um, then we get a House of Black promo, which is just Matthews and uh, Black, which um, them versus FTR on Collision. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch that. The like, two least good. relevant House of Black members, but also the two, which I is pretty the two weird. I kind of prefer. Yeah, no, no offense to Brody, it's just uh, in ring wise, I like them better, yeah. especially Murphy. Um, they took shots at Dax's family since they're wrestling North Carolina in front of them. Uh, they were trying to bend the video. It's rigid. It's hard to get notes on them, but it was didn't solid Buddy promo. say something like, "Yeah, if he Cash said can find someone to li- yeah. loves him, bring so, them." So <laughs> it was solid. I'm glad to see them back on TV. Murphy had this line of cast that was unnecessarily mean, and it was hilarious. Like. I laughed so hard at that because it was like they were talking about beating them up in front of Dax's family and then he was like it was something like Cash is like if you can find someone that loves you enough bring them too or something like that it was like unnecessarily cold and it was hilarious like just this out of pocket cruelty (laughs) it was really funny like it was Murphy doesn't usually have great promos but that was that line was hilarious um and caught me off guard for sure Murphy and Black versus FTR is definitely something I have to watch like I would I'm I'll watch Mm -hmm. Collision for that or at least cherry pick that yeah. out of collision um it sounds it gives me the same vibe as switchblade and juice versus ftr in a way because it's like the unconventional pair of a faction against ftr but like it's two guys i really like in the ring so i'm i'm looking forward to that for yep, sure that should be fun I'm not uh, up on the feud but i don't really care they're just they're still cool they're just not around enough to get behind these days no. um I wish they would be on Dynamite more for sure. And it's really weird that Hart is the most visible of the group, and probably right now Brody King is the next visible of the group. Malachi Black has not a singles match in like right, and I the love Brody King, year. so I'm fine with it. But yeah, absolutely. it's just interesting. I find it funny Malachi Black didn't have a singles match the entire year, and then Brody King was in a singles tournament. Mm-hmm. So just saying, and looked awesome, and looked awesome. Um, then we get a quick Swerve Strickland interview. He talked about uh, Garcia having a good showing in the C2. Uh, he said, "Big picture is not about making diamonds, about making pain." And he said he, in 2024 he wants to accomplish championship gold. He mentioned Samoa already and said he's coming for the gold and he's yeah. going to be ready. Yeah, a confident swerve, right? He's kind of looking past Garcia and kind of going like, I, you know, respect because I was in your situation where you're feeling all that pressure and I like came through and I'm a big deal now, but you're in the same pressure spot and I'm going to kill you, mm-hmm. basically. So swerve is awesome and... I like that he's, it feels like he's always going to go, like, I'm going after gold, and he's yeah. never going to let us forget that, which yeah, I think is smart. Um, yeah, it's always gold when Swerve speaks. Um, simple stuff here, but good nonetheless. I like that he's just going to hurt gold? Garcia. I see yeah. you did there. Yeah. Swerve versus Joe's money. Can't wait for that, too. But it, for me, it's all a matter of who's going to lose to Osprey all in. <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's the big one. Uh, then we get Mariah May's debut match against Queen Aminata. And the thing that made me laugh, I wrote this down, is according to Father, Queen Aminata is a legitimate queen and therefore Khan's mother. Gonna <laughs> need someone to fact That was that. my own backstory I came <laughs> yeah. up with. So, so apparently I... she's mother of Bishop Khan. Yeah. And Why not? Um, she's a legitimate queen. So we're gonna Aminata's need... fun to say. Someone check that. Yeah. So I apparently like she'd been on Dark and Elevation. I, I think don't ROH think I'd too. seen her. Or no, Rampage, I think but... she had a match. I know she's had some 
match in UW before, just not on something. I, I hope watched, to see obviously. more of her. I'm not gonna she was lie. Solid, yeah. Um, if he chops and tilt to head scissors from May, which was not the best start, but I think we got there. We did. Um, solid shotgun drop quick from May for one really count. Good. Excalibur put heavy emphasis on that, but like it was heavy. Like it, de- she definitely came from Japan with that drop kick. It was like sure. uh, what was Saray. her name? Saray. Well, hers was more like the hesitation drop kick and In drop the down the ropes. This Looks one was good. more like a hard bang shotgun like drop kick. Yeah, yeah, That's nice. Like a hard version of Ballers. Um, so Amanat had like her arms back in the ropes, kind of like Sheamus would set up for the beats of Badrin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then May hit another running shot kick. A shotgun drop kick uh, good to as the well. back again, really solid. Heavy slap from Amanata to like May's face before a comeback flurry, capped off by a kick to the back and a running PK that looked really nice. Yep, a um, pair of meaty forearms in the corner from Amanata, and then on third attempt, she's met with a pretty nice sling blade from May, and then a May one with a move she calls the Mayday, which I thought was like clever. A- a, I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Because um, at least it's not like the May driver. You right, know? exactly. It was like a Sido It is a, a thing. It was like a Sido AA. Yeah. Um, or like a Sido Death Valley. Something yep. like that. Not a Samoan driver. Because Samoan driver is like you bring them to the front instead of on the side. But anyways, that was solid. Um, then a quick in-ring interview with Renee. Uh, May's all um, ecstatic or whatever. She can't believe it. And she says she won her AW debut. She's wanted to be a wrestler since she was a little kid, and this was surreal. And she hopes Storm was watching proudly, which I thought was funny because we know she's not. Right. So she doesn't watch wrestling. She yeah. told us. Mm-hmm. Um, she says the first time in the year is all about her, and her only regret is doing it in New Jersey. Cue the music. Cue the music. And Deanna Perrazzo. Jersey native. New- yeah. So which, smart spot for her yeah, to debut. I was wondering if she well. I assume she was native. I didn't know for sure. She says she's from New Jersey, which confirmed my uh, question. And if Storm doesn't want to be here, we don't want her here either. True. Mm-hmm. Um, Perazzo gives me a message for Storm and says she will find Storm no matter where she yes. goes because she is all elite and we're in the age of the virtuosa. May says she's not a messenger and tells Perazzo to tell Storm herself. Then she says the worst word a female professor can say, which is bitch. That's it. Uh, May slaps Perazzo, who slaps her back and takes her out with a boot. So the match, first of all, quite liked it. Came out of nowhere. Quality. Yeah. Was really hoping that May could wrestle, and she looked good in this. These two were working really snug. They um pretty. pretty they stiff, were yeah. beating the hell out of hey, each other. Welcome. Her shotgun drop kicks look good. Amanada strikes look good, and just her overall aggression, I really liked. Um, this one, like, there wasn't really any story to it, but somehow managed to be better than most of the diamond matches I can remember. And I for that's women, what I said. for women, and I know that we're supposed to like. It's supposed to be a showcase for May, but I thought Emanata looked great they too. Look so, and like you just said, this is better than like matches that we get with Ruby Soho, um, Anna, Soraya, Red Velvet, like Sky Blue. Most of the time, I preferred this to a lot of women's matches. Absolutely. I thought this. Was I a, preferred this to Baker Valkyrie last year. Absolutely, this was a quick little TV slugfest. I thought yeah. these two worked really stiff really over delivering which it kind of gives me a similar vibe to the three-way from full gear that we really like because it i didn't have any expectations for it and it managed to get me to like it so i'm hoping to see we're obviously going to get more of may i'm hoping to see more of aminata too because she looked cool i'd like to see her here and there and as for the aftermath i'm a i love i knew you'd like that i'm a big perazzo person i think she like they Deeb, can't get she's Monet. another technician, right? Oh, she's, her and Deeb would, would be amazing. amazing. Even as a little group, if they could find another. That too. I don't. I don't. Care. I want to see them wrestle. And um, if they can't get Mercedes Monet, I think Perazzo's a really good get. Perazzo's great in the ring. I like her on the mic. Some people don't. Her voice sounds. She always sounds nervous. I yeah. I, think I definitely her heard voice. that here. I'm hoping it's just her voice. No, it's just I her voice. She okay. sounds like okay. that all the time. That's good because I hope that they saw her impact run and like they're gonna do something good with her because. Like, you know, they have an iffy track record with mm-hmm. the women's division. So I hope, 
again, like I said this with the tag division, and I hope this is the signing Perazzo is great news. And I hope this is them getting this division back on track. Deeb's back, Perazzo's okay, here, right, Deeb's looks coming good. back. Yeah, so I'm hoping this is a promising future for the division because this is something that needs to be improved, right? And that's always been said. But yeah, so this match, um, it definitely over-delivered for me for a really short thing. That was fun. Maze dropkicks were nice and explosive is the really good word, mm-hmm. I think. I thought his sling blade was nice. And finisher is basic, but not a bad one. It's fine, right? Yeah, it's fine. Um, I'm not had a lot of heavy and crisp strikes that I enjoyed. Like, really snug match, as you said. Uh, post-match was solid. I thought May had a solid promo, but the only thing amusing was that she talked about Storm watching him. We know she's not, yeah. right? So that was funny. And Peraza being here is really cool. I'm looking forward to that. Smart that place to introduce her, right? Absolutely. And she Perfect got a timing. really... Because she is New Jersey, she's going to get a really good reaction, which makes her feel big, important. Right? Yeah. I think she is Absolutely. important. So Obviously. But... I'm hoping she is. Mm-hmm. I'm hope, I hope all this is going on this show... Or hope all this going on on the show is a statement from AEW because it feels like we're back. Mm-hmm. Like the I've seen people saying we are back, and that's the kind of thing I'd usually don't say, but it just feels like it's got that we're back feeling because AEW used to be like great, and I feel like they had a good year but not a great one, and so this is it just feels promising. like there's new directions, and that is just refreshing, and I'm ready for something. Feels like new, genuine so. hope that there's going to yep. be. So I hope this and private parties them like because the tag division and the women's division feel like things that like the, for the tag division it feels like they need to get back to that status. Mm-hmm. And for the women's division, I feel like they just need to get there, right? So I hope these are statements that, like, they're going to try to do that. Honestly, just based on this match and Peraza being here, it feels like they are trying better. And maybe it's just the people involved, but I hope this is consistent. Um, Then we hear from Christian Cage, which that's always a good thing. If you want to keep a show chugging along, well, you put Christian out there for me. That's right. And that's what they did. The patriarchy to the ring. Absolutely. Um, Shayna, or Mother Wayne, yelled at the fans for booing her. I like that she said, you dare boo a mother, which I thought that was really nice. That was good. Um, And she wanted the fans to stay stand up and pay tribute to the patriarch, Christian Cage. Um, Hats off to her for a nice little bit. Like, she's... I think in small doses like that, she's really strong. She's, I think she's doing well. For a non-wrestling performer, um, yep. I do like to praise her for sure. Um, Christian said it's been 200 days since he won the championship in the first episode of Collision. <laughs> um, and more on that later. Tony didn't think that was right, and Christian told him not to interrupt him. Um, I always like when he tells the fans to pipe down when he conducts his business. Yeah. That's a good line to have. Um, he thanked Mother Wayne for understanding the vision and said a mother work is truly never done because he's got people to thank, right? That's what he said. He thanked his boy, the... Um, what is it? Like the apple of his eye or something yeah. like that yep. um his pride uh, his bo- his boy nick wayne who put his body on the line um and he stayed in the fight christian complained about adam Cole putting his kid through a table trying to end his career and he told nick he loved him that's touching and then he said he'd like to thank the man who sealed the victory at world's end <laughs> who put the final nail in the coffin that is adam copeland well he grabbed the mic from shivani he's like looking at poor kill switch and he said he would like to thank himself yep of course uh, as poor deflate kill switch. and luchasaurus chants are going loud here so that's it's really working mm-hmm. for sure um christian mentioned that adam copeland uh didn't know his father and his, his father left him and his mother isn't with us anymore which is just just going out of his way <laughs> to find a way to mention that uh, and he says adam knows that christian is better than him he said um they both left a piece of their soul in the ring but one of them didn't have a soul and that's why he is still the tnt champion <laughs> love <laughs> it I'm giggling thinking about it again. Um, Christian claimed that what happened at World's End is just a glimpse of what he's willing to do hold on to his title. I think that and um, Wrestle Dream, remember that, yeah. obviously. Christian said he made this title the most prestigious title in AEW. Close to it, at least. I'll give him credit for that. The fans retained Luch Stores loud, and Christian said his name is Kill Switch. Um, Christian said he'll carry this TNT title for as long as he wants until he hands it over to his son, Nick Wayne, to continue the legacy, which I thought that was really <laughs> funny. Um, Christian said they are the patriarchy they run AEW and they are the faces of AEW now and forever 
So before you get to that, um, your opinion, I just want to say uh, when Christian said it had been over 200 days since he won the title on the first collision, I was confused because I knew the math didn't check out, but then I just couldn't help but laugh a lot because I knew he was like referring to when Luchasaurus yeah, beat Wardlow on the first collision. he carried the championship around that whole time. Since that match, yeah. So yeah. that was really funny. And um, thoughts on this? Because I absolutely love this. Another strong segment. Like, did he technically give us any new information or anything probably not but he was i could not have cared less entertaining along the way right it's just his levels of delusion are hilarious and he delivers everything perfectly and then directly behind him is this monster like just kills he's got like as a servant to him who's not and it's just his whipping boy constantly right so you know it's coming with this praise of nick wayne as well let's not forget so again just christian being hilarious in a so a lot of times like, well, you know, that segment didn't really further anything, but it kind of did because it furthers him with Luchasaurus at least. And a little bit of like, maybe he's not done with Christian or Edge too. I don't know. Maybe. But like, I don't care if you come out and make me laugh and entertain me. If you didn't really further much, that's okay because you're really entertaining. Oh, I was giggling and laughing through the entire yeah, thing. Stuff. Legitimately. Like I was, I could not stop laughing. I thoroughly enjoyed this. It for was sure. good. I just like, God, Christian is fantastic. He man. Is. If you didn't watch Best Of, that was part one of our um, Christian love fest or it whatever, was. whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think it's safe to say this is part two, and I loved every bit of this. Yep. Um, you did. Like Again, you could maybe say it didn't further much, but it furthers the thing with Luchasaurus, and it's thoroughly entertaining. Like, it's awesome. Mother Wayne at the start, which I you got to call her Mother Wayne. It's yep. That's what she is. She was solid, and she's always she's good for what she's she doing is. really well in her role. Mm-hmm. I think. And then th- from there it was all Christian. There's so much of praise here. I don't know where to begin. Um, his delusions with where his reign starts is always funny. Seeing he's two and zero against Edge is funny. That he's had one continuous reign, of course. Um, his praise of the Waynes was funny. Um, the mention of Edge's dead mother and his father leaving him is always hilarious. Um, and then when he said he would hand the title off to Nick when he's done was funny because like I mean of course he would right. And once again, just the sympathy for Luchasaurus is amazing, palpable. Oh as yeah, they say. the way he was done or the way sorry he was talking about uh, thanking him. I just I knew he was gonna thank himself and it was like you see it coming but it was just done to perfection mm-hmm. quite frankly like he said he was going to thank the man who sealed the win I was like I knew he meant him because like of course he, he pinned himself you know where he he's going him. with it but it's still gonna be funny when oh he gets that there. made it perfect because I I just felt so bad it's like and then when he said it you can see Luchasaurus like because he's like when he's saying all this preamble right you can see Luchasaurus like he's like kind of hyping himself up right yeah. and then his head just kind of sinks down when he didn't get that recognition yeah. it's just so perfect and garners such sympathy and then the Luchasaurus chants were loud again proving that this is effective and again I feel so bad for Luchasaurus like right. Christian is doing his job here and I think just on a side note they're booking Nick Wayne really well too because he can't escape the fact that he looks like a little kid so they've literally placed him in a story where, yeah, you're this guy's I son. I think that's perfect. And you yeah. don't really have to talk a lot. And so far, you don't even have to wrestle a ton. But you're getting on TV. You're part of a very visible and thing. he's looking good while doing it. So. And you look like a kid. So you're a kid. And perfect. I think that's pretty smart. Yeah. yeah. So he's doing well, too. This is like a near perfect segment. And I don't really mm. don't want to. But like. Is it making your list already? I would wow. like to. It's. Hey, this was as good as the one that um he just did the. Uh, you know, the last one with uh, these two, the rechristening. Like, this was good, man. Um, they're building the turn with Luchasaurus really well, so I'm hoping it pays off as well as it should because so far it's like I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Although maybe not because him just crapping on Luchasaurus is uh, it's, it's gold. Um, this is a great start to see though because Christian is top to bottom enjoyable. Like, this is awesome. 
Uh, then we got from the one amazing no. segment to another. <laughs> yeah, is that what you're about to say? Um, I'm yeah. sure you I were. cannot praise Christian enough. Um, but then we get the ex outcast in an interview. So they got Harley Cameron my, with them. My notes say Renee with Ruby Soraya and the other girl from GTV fame because I QTV. had no idea. Or sorry, QTV fame. Yeah. I had no idea what her name was. Harley Cameron. Um, Ruby wasn't sure about another blonde who's out of her mind, um, but she appreciates Soraya's help because I guess she beat Play on Rampage. I actually watched it. Oh, Play is bad still. I know she's. Not good. What happened to the other one? Fight? Why isn't Roddy coaching her up? Yeah, Ro- what the hell, Roddy? Because she's not good. No, Roddy's amazing. So there's that's just weird. Yeah. Uh, where's fight? Did she just disappear? I think so. I I'll, haven't seen her. I'll play no. I'll fight. play no fight. Makes play a silly boy. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, Harley said she was so excited about being part of the Outcast, which that scared me because the fact that this faction is not dead is a miracle. Um, she would do anything for the Outcast, and like she was doing like anything. So it's like. I feel like there's this weird tease of sexual tension between it her and It feels like Soraya, there almost is. Which is weird. Like, I'm not, not weird because it's like, that's a bad thing. No. Whatever, but just weird because it's like, where are we going with this and why? It's just like, it's so out of left field. It's like, I still don't know why Harley Cameron's even here. So, um, I did not like this. This is looking bad. What this, are we supposed to take from this? I don't know. This is like, so contrast this to Christian. It's like, both of them are like, not overly moving things forward a lot but one of them was thoroughly entertaining and did further something at least this furthered nothing i think soraya has decided she's done with ruby soho but she's but not. i don't know why she's bringing in that and why i don't understand soho's against this blonde being in here but now she's She's offering also, anything and she's okay with she's it. She's also got a romance with Angela Parker. Right. Like, I don't. So the fact that the Ocast still haven't died is insane to me. Not literally. I mean, their group. I'm not wishing death upon them and I'm not going to will that into existence. But like, and replacing one of them with someone from QTV of all places is a horrible idea. Um, seems like they're teasing some sort of angle, like I said, with them, which is also bad sounding. There's no route where this goes that I will enjoy. And that's the thing. I sometimes don't mind not knowing exactly where things are going. But there's no um, outcome but, that I'm going to like. This one is just confusing, and I don't care, and we've already put too much thought into it, I feel like, so I guess we'll see where it goes, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be taking away from this. Yeah, no, I think I... it's that Soraya is plotting against Ruby, but I don't get what the plot is. I honestly I don't, don't get bringing in this other person. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know to the point where I didn't even pick that up, so you could be making that up, and I would have no idea. And I have not a lot of confidence that they'll do something good with this. No. Because it's the women's no. division, and they seem to... That's yeah. an afterthought, unfortunately. So the outcast were a mere bump on the road between two near-perfect pieces of television, I would say. Because next we get Kanosuke Takashi versus Darby on, which already, on paper, I was super happy to be getting this. And so we talked about at World's End, they had a couple nice interactions, like Darby took that uh, Blue Thunder bomb off oh, yeah. the top and whatnot. So, so we're also getting um, Starks Guevara next week, which is kind of related from that match. So yeah. hopefully that's good too, because that could be good. I thought it was funny here because Tony Schiavone is complaining very much about having, he had to sit next to Christian or be next, stand next to Christian in the ring and now he has to sit next to Don Callis. That and was he's not funny. happy yeah, about that was it. Awesome. There was a monster back body drop from Takesha, like Shades of McIntyre McDonough from Raw. Yeah. Like huge because Darby. From the heavens. Of course he's just going to chuck Darby. Um, and then Darby went for a suicide dive and Takesha just murders him with a midair knee. Like we rewound this a couple Several times. times. It was crazy. Like, crazy. Like one of those were like, it's like so crazy. You have to laugh at it because yeah. what what other reaction do you have? Like it, it was insane looking. Like there's there's one Instagram account I think it's best pro wrestling only. Shout out to them. They always post like 
highlights of matches like from recent shows or whatever. So mm-hmm. I was waiting for them to post it because I wanted to save that. That's crazy. This that was crazy. And then so he carried him up the ramp in like a rear waist lock and did a double roll chaos theory down the ramp did to catch that. That looked awesome. Just did. the way he chucked him. Um and the, the sound of him hitting the ramp was awesome. It looked so awesome. That was really cool. Obviously the master of the German suplex. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um Darby countered an avalanche move from Takeshi into a super popover center, and uh, so Takeshi rolled out, and he followed with the suicide dive, which Darby usually takes that pretty literally. So it was a really nice, nice. Look, he, nice looking dive for such a like a smaller dude. He gets great force because he moves it. so fast. Yeah, He's, like, so he makes up fast. for it, right? Oh yeah. Like so, I always like his suicide dives. Um, Takeshi blocked a code red attempt and switches Darby into his like that legs hook tombstone power driver he always does for a two count. That was really nice. You missed a very important detail. There. What? Dry Heave Jones was before this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's... yeah, I have Takeshi too strong for the code red cool yeah, counter. That was awesome. Yeah. And we were saying, um, Darby's code red's really good. He hit it later on. I guess we'll mention now, but like his code red's always really good because he gets good force on you, he drops them higher. Cause... He looks like he's dropping them down yeah like impactfully I don't, a couple women use as a not like, just sky blue over. i don't like it because she's had a couple that were really good but her setup's really convoluted and sometimes it doesn't look impactful and then when zelina vega does it you were saying like it looks like a glorified roll-up it basically right? is a roll-up so i like when he does it because if anyone deserves to use it as a finisher it'd be him but i don't think it's a finisher in general mm-hmm. um it's it's more of a thing that you could win with after like a really long match right you know what i mean um where so to catch went for running on the outside with Darby moves and he hit his shin off the barricade, which I thought made a solid sound, yep. like a solid connection there. Coffin dropped to the outside from Darby. Uh, you were hoping he would catch him. That would have been crazy. Yeah, it would have been crazy. <laughs> um, Takeshi barely beats the count back in. This is where Darby hit a really nice code red for two. Like he does it really well, I find. Um, Takeshi gets his knees up on a coffin drop, which looked really nice. He looked just it looked like Darby landed bang on right on the knees. Then he hit a deadlift German and another, so a couple there, and then. A picture perfect avalanche drummer from Takesha where like Darby landed square on his back. Cause usually Incredible. that feel like that's the one where Darby would get like he would land high or yes. like, go like land on Lock his stomach. Lock can go wrong on that. But he landed like flat on his back. It was fantastic. It was. Um then he just smushes his face with the power drive knee and Takesha picks up a clean win here. Clean as a whistle. Question for you. This was better than how many matches on World's End? Almost all of them. Four or five, I said. It's up there this it's, match this was, was crazy i i'm saying it was arguably a perfect tv match it's exactly as good as as good as i expected it to be a great contrast between them and i mean it in the best way like it's it perfectly met my expectations and i loved it yeah this is a great match and a huge win for Takeshita. and i hope this is a sign of what's to come for him in 2024 i was a little surprised at how convincingly he won this in the moment i expected darby to have at least one more flurry or even win like i wasn't mm-hmm. sure Takeshi was going to win i kind of figured Takeshi would win just seems like cuz darby can take a loss you he know? can Takeshi looked incredible here should be the centerpiece of callus's group in my Always opinion and again darby is the perfect opponent for someone with the range of impressive offense that Takeshi has when you wrestle darby in a match of any consequential length you will get to showcase your stuff yeah and, absolutely and Takeshi's stuff is fantastic oh, yeah. so if i'm starting a wrestling company and I can draft from all the companies. You Darby, Darby Allen's Allen. really high up there because he makes other people And it's people an underrated look thing that he does too because so not good. a lot of people are going to appreciate yep. that. So it's like, hey, Takeshita, we're giving you like eight, nine, ten minutes and you just get to hit all your best stuff on yeah, this kid. Yeah, and when Darby and does get flurries of offense, he looks good still. Yes. So it's not like he's just getting battered. He holds his end of the bargain as well. I love this match. Takeshita looked like an it. absolute killer, which I think he should. He looked it great. It made my 
my uh, recently crafted shortlist for 2024. Like, at least it's going to get... TV match. It's getting in that TV match category because it yep. was fantastic. On how, paper... I wonder how long it was. I'll on paper, a perfect matchup, and it was executed as good as, a, as possible. I think, again, as the highest compliments, I think it was perfectly done. Takeshita comes out of this looking absolutely fantastic, as you do in Darby Allen matches, like you were saying. He fully benefit, benefited from the Darby Allen match formula, as we like to call it. Um, getting to toss him around suplexes and batter him with knees and whatever else he had. His varied offense was perfect here. The huge back body drop was crazy. The midair knee on the suicide dive was insane as well. KS3 on the ramp was sick. Avalanche German was gnarly and a perfect landing, of course. And then absolutely smushing his face with the knee at the end, which I love because to catch this knee is so good. It's about know 13 why. minutes, which is great. 13 minutes of perfection. Yeah, it was a really good. I also felt like Takeshita won sooner than expected, like you were saying. I figured he would win, but felt like another Darby Flurry may have been on the cards, but I'm totally okay with this. No complaints here. Uh, Darby had a couple flurries as of his usual faster offense that were nice. Even his code red was really sweet. I'm super happy with this match. Um, it was phenomenal in the ring, and Takeshita looks like a million bucks getting a win here. Um, perfect TV match, great action, some memorable spots. Like, this is yes. something I'll remember. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, Takeshita's back on TV wrestling, too. It feels like another nice part of this reset because that's something I want to see. Push Takeshita back. I feel like we started the push at the end of last year, then we kind of lost steam with some other things going mm-hmm. on. So I feel this, we need to get back on this. He should be the focus of Kallus. He should be the Nick Wayne, so <laughs> yeah. to speak, right? Like, the one that Kallus focuses on. So I'm really pleased with this. This was exactly what I wanted it to be. Um, And, like, just fantastic. Bodes well for Takeshita in 2024, I'm Absolutely. Have to, I'm st- disappointed he's never faced Orange Cassidy yet. That feels like a crime to me. <laughs> Um, then we get, after commercial break, Don Kallus backstage. Kallus is praising Takeshi on his match. Um, Rene came for an interview. Takeshi is shouting angrily in Japanese. No idea what he said, but he sounded awesome. Yep, he did. He's like He's got like such like a, kind of like this deep gravelly voice, but like, he just always sounds angry. And it's, it's perfect for his heel promos. Like, he's, he's, he's good. I would like subtitles like they do with Nakamura, but yeah. regardless, he sounds confident and that's what's important. Exactly. Here, right? Um, Cal says next week it's back to where it began at Daly's place. And he says Sting is 25 and 0. So he tells Darby to bring back Sting and they'll bring Big Will Hobbs. And he like slaps him on the chest and he's like, he kind of like winces <laughs> yeah. after. That was funny. And they'll make it 25 and 1. Yeah, I enjoyed this. And it's partly for nostalgia for me because it feels like this is like 80s stable and Callus is like the the very visible head of this stable. And that's like when I started watching wrestling. So I really, I've heard some people complain that. Callus's personality is too big and he doesn't end up putting over the people in the groups and that he yeah, ends up it's I, about I, I him disagree. but that's what those stables were about to, for, to some degree and then if somebody well, I think he balances it well and then if somebody emerges with personality then you go from there right so I, I don't know I, I thought this was a cool again felt like 80s stable to yeah, me yeah I think the thing well he adds personality to these guys because I think Hobbs has decent personality but like Takesha obviously He's strong in Japanese promos, but yes. not English. So I think Kallus helps him with that. And then Fletcher, I think he's strong enough, but he could also benefit mm-hmm. from this. So I always love this group. Um, solid promo here, I thought. Strong follow-up to the match we just got. Takeshita sh- just shouting in Japanese for his promos is great because he sounds confident and comfortable. And that's great because then Kallus can follow up with things I'll understand. So it's totally fine. That's right? Right. It's, it's all it's win-win. Um, only thing, like I said, I'd like subtitles like they do for Nakamura, but Nakamura's were pre produced so i don't know if they can do that or not mm-hmm. so if it's not possible that's okay but i would like that for sure i'm glad to see these guys will be wrestling again next week but being against sting concerns me i'm hoping for the love of god stings like feeling generous and he puts them over on his way out because these guys okay. will benefit so much from that i i'm hopeful i'm not saying it's gonna happen i'm just i'm hopeful right um at the very least we'll have to catch us sm- i want him to smush stings face with his knee just once just <laughs> murder him with your knee just do that 
at least it's as long as they look good. And Hobbs, oh my God, Hobbs, to, sorry, Hobbs Darby is insane. Yeah, that would be crazy. It would be. Um, next we get a bit of a random match, but what I like to call random fun. Uh, we get Trent Beretta versus uh, Vikingo versus Brian Cage versus Brian Keith mm-hmm. uh, in what they're calling a Continental Illuminator. So the winner will get a shot at Eddie Kingston's belts, plural. Yeah. So let um, me ask you the, or point this out. Is it weird? I knew who was winning. We spend a month and a half of amazing competition to crown the first champion. And then we determined the first challenger by putting four mid-carders in a match. I guess they wanted to pump it out fast, but like at the same time, I feel like it's they could have stark contrast. Chosen some better ones for sure. I think having Trent and like I don't mind having like Trent and Cage in there because they they're those guys who like it could be a breakout win for them. You know what I mean? Like get them some spotlight. That's, but Keith hasn't done anything. He's been on ROH mostly, and Vikingo is this here sparingly. Group of talent does not exactly make the title feel prestigious. No, but it's a good match. It is, uh, and that's and except for poor uh, Brian Keith, they they. I think it was two people get an entrance. He and no, then he's already in the ring. Entrance. No, but and it was two. Then him standing in the ring and oh, then yeah. final entrance. That he got hosed. He did. I don't understand why either. Um, doesn't know favors if you want to introduce him to people. I like Brian Keith. Yeah, he was cool. I he impressed me in the um, ROH. He's just survival to looks he's, different. He did, his look intrigues me. And the way he wrestles intrigues me. Um, but some notables from Nash, there's a deadlift belly belly from Keisha Vikingo. It's like he had Vikingo laying under him, so he grabbed him by the neck and just one fluid motion toss him over his head, like yeah. clean as ever. Like Cage is crazy sometimes. Um, I guess that's why he's the final boss in Kill City. Damn um, boy. Oh we should review that at some point. That I don't know if I can watch that again. Oh yeah, stay tuned for me. I saw the point. promo for it again, like the preview, and literally one of the quotes they took is like this is the worst wrestling movie of all time as like one of the like selling they put point. that yeah in they put it in the like trailer i mean that's not untrue it's a it's not untrue b that is like for, at least for me that right You're is like, enticing okay. that's i know i kind of respect that as like that if that's self-awareness because that's in of itself good marketing because if you put something that's like you, it's so bad it's like good you, i defy you could get them to sit down and watch the finished product and go yes that is awesome well, like yeah. no way so if that's what they're that's smart because it, sometimes people just like to watch like i do that well something so bad it's good which was that it was bad so then that's a good way to entice people because soul snatcher you, you can't <laughs> you can't build as anything remotely serious right so no i respect that building that makes no, sense it that's was good. funny no, it's oh, that's one of the most questionable pieces of wrestling I've ever seen. We may review it at some point. It's our, it gives no holds bar to run for its money and the stupidest wrestling related thing I've ever seen. Oh, it's worse. It's <laughs> which it's, is crazy. It's shorter, but it's worse. <laughs> Anyways, right, we'll I, get arguably there. Arguably for sure. Anywho, that's unrelated. And um, then Trent hit Cage with a jumping knee and a half and a suplex. Trent always hits that clean. I find. Uh, Cage had Trent with a brain buster on the floor. Running me around the corner to Cage from Vikingo. Avalanche German to Cage from Trent. Um, Cage with an F5 to Keith and a pop-up powerbomb to Trent followed by a deadlift up and... Oh, deadlift up into a sit-out powerbomb. So um, Cage just... Cage is really good in the ring. That's never been a complaint, obviously. And, it, just, and in this role specifically, as like the, the monster with killing three everybody, smaller yeah. guys, just yeah. kill them all. You're not going to win, but get your stuff in. I'm... I missed that run with Taz because he could, if he had a mouthpiece, he could definitely do better for yeah. sure. Um, but him in the Gates of Agony is definitely a killer team for sure. Um, why are they in ROH? They could be in Trio's division. That for would help sure. Us out. I don't hate them. I enjoy I them. them. They Legitim- just come in and kill people. Legitimate Prince, you know? Exactly. And, and a queen. 
and the queen. That's right. Um, Dan Housen curses Cage because I guess so. The thing was the final two. Sorry, not before the final two. I think of the battle royal, Trent threw out Danhausen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. If, I think it's like a teasing a turn. Obviously, not officially. So this is Danhausen like trying to make good with him. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, but anyways, he curses Cage and Cage lifts him for an F5. But he eats a super kick from Keith and then one from Vikingo. Keith with extremely stiff kicks. And he does. Fight. He's in got nice way. strikes and, and Danielson esque kind of yep. manner. Um, Saito suplex and a running headbutt from Keith. I'm um, like, it was a weird running, like not like. Not unlike Torpedo Moscow, but like more of a straightforward version. Yeah. Um, and that was to Trent for two. And uh, Trent pins Brian Keith with the crunchy or the strong zero, whatever you want to call it. The mm-hmm. dead eye, his version of the dead eye. Yes. Uh, for the win, which is oddly what I expected. Yeah, I thought, again, Cage was awesome in his role as the monster, just throwing people around. I think Brian Keith's really interesting to watch so far. I, I didn't think this was Vikingo's best showing, but he still did some cool stuff. Trent wins, which is good, but as the first challenger, I don't know. It's not establishing no. the title great for me. But if I'm watching Collision for the tag match, I would consider watching him and Eddie. But yeah, I thought this was a really fun uh, four-way TV match, so I don't have a problem yeah. with that. It's just I don't think it's making this new title look super impressive. No, to but me. just as a match on the show, I think it it's good. delivers well. Removed from sure. context, a fun match Absolutely. to watch. Um, delivered on what I expected. Uh, random fun. Um, good lineup of people in the ring. Kept a solid pace and actual quality. Surprisingly, Trent was the one I expected to win because he's had a couple other random mid-card title matches in recent times. Like I think he faced yeah. Cassidy at some point last year. And then I remember recently he when they did the collision, the Rampage collision double bill before full gear i don't know it was before full gear some pay-per-view i think it was before full gear he like won a match on collision and think he faced christian rampage so they've given him random shots before and i don't mind that because trent's good so i I don't mind him getting so-called getting his flowers every now and then yeah exactly i do agree with you it doesn't bode well for the championship but hopefully it's just like just they want to get a match out for that so hopefully it's like it'll improve hopefully yeah um, Cage had some sweep power spots on Vikingo and the lot. Um, and Keith looks strong in his offense, but this wasn't the best showing for him just because he didn't get a ton. And then also, no entrance kind of does him dirty. It does. Um, Trent versus Eddie should be solid. And like I said, if I'm catching collision for the tag time match, I'll consider watching this. Although I might just cherry pick the tag match, like I said. Yep. Um, then you're a quick interview with Renee and uh, Daddy Magic, which you don't like. So now I'm exclusively referring to him. I won't say Daddy that. Magic. It's Matt Menard. And no, I'm pretty sure it's Daddy Magic. <laughs> I, I I feel like they mentioned it. I feel like you should know by now. It's yeah. Daddy Magic. Yeah. And um, Renee uh, says Daddy Magic will be on commentary for the main event. Then a uh, hangman comes in angry, saying Samojo had a bunch of goons put him through a car windshield a few weeks ago. So he's come to kick someone's ass. He says it'll be Joe, and if you can't find Joe, it'll be Cole. If you can't find Cole, it'll be someone. Maybe even Daddy Magic, and he's begging someone to give him a reason. And then he storms off. Everyone's getting in Menard's face these days, eh? <laughs> yeah, it seems like. He's getting bitched. Yeah, um, I enjoy this for uh, the little bit that it was. Um, I always love a fired up hangman, I said, when yeah. it's warranted. And I feel like it does. it is warranted here. Hangman Hangman works here. If it means I get Joe Hangman world trophy in the near future, then sign me up. If it means we revisit Cole and Hangman when Cole is healthy, sign me up. If it means Hangman's targeting a certain someone in the main event, wink, wink, sign me up. Like, yeah. I'm... Uh, interested. Nice to have him back after not being on the pay-per-view. Um, Disappointingly so. Makes sense that he is mad, but it maybe doesn't make the most sense that he's like this mad about something from weeks ago now, right? Like it's, he's well, waited he a long time. Out. Well, it's a win. It was real glass, okay? Uh, right. Could have been. Cry me a river, damn it. Could have been. So yeah, good to have him back and I like he he's logically angry here. Mm-hmm. That's fine. 
Speaking of the glass, if that was them playing, like trolling the people who were speculating Jack Perry, I think that's hilarious. Could have been. That is the, that is very funny. Um, then we get our main event, which is Swerve Strickland versus Dan Garcia. Um, really cool main event to start with the year because it's two guys who have a lot of future potential, I think. So. And I mean, Swerve's a main eventer. I would question whether Garcia is, but it's I not the it's worst main event. Them using Swerve to kind of elevate Garcia a little, yeah. though. So I saying like, you're me a couple years ago or whatever, basically. Yeah, so I, I don't mind that. I, I agree. I don't know if he's a main eventer, but I feel like it's them like kind of giving him this opportunity. And so. it's not going to be a bad match. So, no, it, so it's, it's not like, like it's going to tank. I feel like it's them kind of testing the waters with him. And Menard's so on commentary. So there was Daddy this, Magic. This was a big week of people on commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, running me from Garcia since we're off the apron. There are holy shit chances a dance battle between Nana and Garcia and Suze, which that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, you had to see it eventually. I didn't love it because Swerve had to like sell for a really long time, but I, I don't. He came in and interrupted it. Yeah, he did. You can't tell me you didn't want to see that. Yeah, right? I guess that's that's something it needed to happen eventually. It was the what's the Gorilla Monsoon quote? The irresistible force meets the immovable object. It's like this is. But then yeah. this was my concern directly addressed to Will Washington. The continuity guy, which is going to be a guy we refer to all the time. Yeah. Will, Washington. Will Washington. Why is suddenly Matt Menard on board with the dance and like supporting it? Whereas his whole thing was before. Daddy, it, there's literally a shirt that says, Daddy says no. Don't dance. So I don't know where that change yeah, came. but I don't know. Maybe he's, continuity, he's getting in on his face. I don't know. Continuity questions. Yeah. Will. Will get on Washington. it, buddy. Uh, DVD on the apron from Swear, which I find, I find he's been doing semi-regularly, which good. always looks sick. This, yeah. Billy Garcia came down really heavy on it too, which was really nice. Um, face wash boot in the corner from Garcia. He follows with a shotgun dropkick in the opposite corner and a stalling Saido suplex for two. That whole sequence leading to that Saido looked, I thought was really get, good get, for get Garcia. Get it in. Get it in. Uh, Doomsday. There you go. Yeah. Okay. You, I let it go twice, actually. Mm-hmm. Just so I, you know. I know you let it go earlier, and I was like, That's two. Yeah. It's the Doomsday. Okay. No, it's not. It's more on him later. Respect to Karrion Cross. Okay. Said no one ever. <laughs> That is not something we're ever going to seriously say on this podcast. Ever. No. Um, but yeah, more on that guy later, I guess. Um, Swerve taunts Daddy Magic on commentary, because that's the thing people do now. Mm-hmm. And then he shoves him, then Garcia assaults him with a barrage of strikes. So at least like, at least this time, Garcia came to his defense. Yeah. At least there was that. Um, Garcia locks Swerve and the Dragon Tamer on the announce table, and they fall off. They sure do. Um, which adds more... Power to do your, your your submission on top of a table. Yeah, Triple H tore his quad when that happened. So, right. and we're gonna ignore the fact he tore the quad before the submission. The point is, he was in the submission on the announce table, and he was res- it resulted in his torn Extra quad. So power doesn't matter. Um, superplex from Garcia, uh, and then he hangs on. Then Swerve countered, and he lifted him up in a suplex on his own because it was like the thing where um, Garcia tried to roll through into right. a, and then a follow up, but Swerve. Instead. So that was nice. Yep. Um, a really cool looking short arm knee from Garcia. Like he like wrist lock pulled him into a knee. That yeah, looked really nice. It did. Uh boot from Garcia, then he runs uh from another and oh, he runs for another. I was like, what's he running from? That doesn't make sense to me. I'm just gonna Okay. And then Swerve came back with a rule for Flatliner that looks really nice and followed by House Call for two. Swerve stomp for near fall, which is really surprising. Yeah, that's a respect for Garcia. That that was really cool uh if that's Swerve giving him something. I did not expect it. Absolutely. Cause House Call nowadays it's like the near finisher where he it's usually the one before his finisher mm-hmm. finisher, so kicking out it's not a surprise. But um Swerve Stomp's usually like the one that finishes things. So uh really cool for Garcia to kick out of that. Good thing Swerve's got other finisher options. <laughs> Dude, he's got like three that yeah. I, and I love all of them. Yeah. Um Garcia gets a crucifix pin for two and then Swerve ends it with another house call and the JML driver absolutely looked awesome. Him. JML looks so good. Yeah. 
Um, then Swerve offers a handshake. Uh, then Nana lo- low blows Garcia. <laughs> Daddy Magic, I thought that was nice. And yeah. Swer- or Nana's just laughing after. Daddy Magic comes in, try to assist him, but Swerve gets low blows him too. Nana says we're looking at the next AW World Champion. Then Hangman's music hits, and it's going down. Oh boy, he's coming down the ring, staring down. And I really like this touch. Uh, they're staring at each other. And then Swerve like looks down at his peck, and then he starts laughing. So like, I feel like that's him referencing the staples. You think? Could be. I don't like, know. I, I didn't notice. Like, he was just like, well, he just like kind of looked down at himself and like his peck or his shoulder or whatever. And to me, like, that's what clicked in my yeah, brain. Yeah, could and, be. And you, I don't know he, what else he'd be doing. He's smart enough to do he that. He is. So I trust that he's doing that. I would like to think that's what it is just because that feels like a really cool callback to him. And especially because he laughed in the moment too. So mm-hmm. uh, then a brawl ensues, the big pull apart. Um, a horde of referees and security have to keep them apart. But really, what I think kept them apart was the constant bell ringing. Like, it's absolutely. Just like, going, ding, 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 ding. If not like, for that up, bell, there would have been murder. Yeah, someone would have died. I for mean, sure. in the death match, like, obviously. But um, great main event to kick off the year, I thought. Um, two guys who I'd say ended the year pretty well. Like, mm-hmm. obviously one more than the other, but that's not the point. I think Garcia ended strong in his own right. Both of them have great potential for the future. And kicking off the year with a, a swerve win is what we like to see. Uh, that's the way the world should be. Uh, great action here. Some comedy mixed in. The dance-off was funny. Something that needed to happen. Uh, Swerve look killer here. Comes out looking great with the dominant win. And I appreciate he gave Garcia some the time to look good. Um, he did. I thought he had, had some really sweet offense. And then kicking out two of his finishers was really cool. And then Swerve just murdered him at the end as well. Yeah, awesome match. Garcia got a lot in this, which is good for him. Yep. Obviously, Swerve has to win, but Garcia looks good in defeat. The dance-off wasn't my favorite part, but I get it. It it's kind of has to happen. And I enjoyed it. It's it was easy to ignore with the action that came after, so it wasn't a problem. And again, Garcia may not be a top-tier main eventer yet, but there's nothing wrong with trying him out in these spots. He delivered a really good match, so uh, hopefully there's big things for him too because I do like Garcia. Yeah. And I figured Swerve and Hangman weren't done. You were right. And I thought it'd be a little more of a wait. I'm hoping that Swerve's last big feud before his title run because it's got to be coming. I think this is good, yeah. Um, I, like, I guess Hangman said he kicked someone's ass, so I guess like Swerve unnecessarily beating someone down is mm-hmm. cause enough, especially with their history. So I guess like Hangman being in the mood he was in, it makes sense for right. him to get in there, right? Um, I'm totally up for more Swerve Hangman because uh, they've proven to be magic together. Um, not daddy magic, different. No. But my only concern is I have no clue how you top the Texas Deathmatch. How do you do better I don't than know that? where you go from there. How do you, A, how do you get more brutal? B, how do you just do a better match? Than yeah, that? I don't how know. is that possible? I hope they do. I, it's going to be a near impossible feat, so I'm worried it may be, in fact, impossible. I hope they do, too. I'm just, I have no idea what you're going to do, but I agree with you. It's at least worth Swerve's time until he can get in the world title right. picture, right? Like, it's something like, this is not beneath him because this is what brought him to the dance. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really cool and a solid end to the show. Um, I actually did finally write my opinion for the show, oh, which wow. I haven't done in and so I long. And I didn't really. Uh, that's funny. Um, so overall, I think I come out of the show with a really good feeling, which I think is a good sign given Diamond didn't have a banner 2023. And like I said, I was looking forward to talking about the show. Yeah. Which I think I, it was a fun I, show. I'm still happy to have talked about it. This felt like a reset or a fresh start or whatever you want to call it, but it felt like a, a statement kind of. Mm-hmm. I've seen people on social media saying things like, we're back, we're so back, whatever. I think that sentiment suits the show. It felt like the beginning of a return to form with quality matches and segments, storylines starting, breadcrumbing of some things like Cassidy's turn. Yep. Additionally, we got really cool things like the return of Private Party, a really cool debut for Perrazzo, and feel like statements that hopefully uh, mean we'll see improvements of those divisions and a renewed focus. Uh, maybe it's too much to say for just the start of the year, but felt like a start of good things, right? I'm I hoping. agree. Back to the show itself, I found myself enjoying a lot of this. There's really not a lot that I 
actively disliked. I thought the opening segment was pretty good. Obviously, it was a little higher than you, but I don't think it's anything worth like really disliking. No, you know what I mean? It's not. That it was good, not great, and it has me at least interested in the future of a group. Um, some explanation still needs to be there, but hopefully, it gets there eventually. And I like that there's other groups involved, like uh, the other two that were there. The opening match was really strong too. Casty being back, we love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, even the women's match this week delivered, which yeah, that that is a major positive. That That's awesome. Our women's match was really enjoyable for both of us. I like to like wrestling. I do like to like wrestling. It's fun. This is that. Just this, let me. That is this show. Honestly, uh, Darby Takeshi was fantastic. I have zero complaints there. This is my favorite um, match on oh, the show. Oh, yeah, favorite match of the week. Um, eliminator match was random fun and the main event was another strong one with the right result and an eventful aftermath that I also enjoy Commenting these matches were solid um, segments like the first one Samoa Joe was really strong a near perfect Christian Cage segment again no complaints there couple nice backstage switch with Callus and Hangman and the only thing I really didn't enjoy was the outcast which was really mm-hmm. short um, the near perfection of the that Takeshita match and the Christian segment bump up this show up a lot so I'm really high I'm gonna go a little generous with the name minus this was a great show i think a minus is totally fair i was thinking i thought you were gonna go a and i would go a minus because all of the wrestling was good i didn't want to be too positive on it but i really enjoyed it i love the joe um segment to start and the christian thing was really good so uh, nothing was bad like i wasn't a huge fan of the adam cole stuff but i wouldn't say it was bad so yeah outside of the um outcast thing everything was really good so i'm an a minus as well um, a great way to start the year with the show in the a range and it was just Lots of fresh feeling stuff, and it moved mm. really quickly. I really feel like because they they do have a history of listening to the fans. Actually, I yes, feel like they, they have, this might be them doing yes. that because it felt like they really tried to reset things and like th- there is hope for a better future for sure now. Because like this feels like if they can keep up this role, at least even close to this, I feel like we're in for a good year. Now you do wonder where they're gonna squeeze in all the people that are away right now, right? Because that's still no bucks, no FTR, no Omega, yeah, no Lucha but... Bros, but. That's something to work out, right? Right. At so, least. very solid start to 2024. I really hope, as obviously we can't watch it at the time of recording, I hope Collision follows suit with this, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that would be nice. All right, so let's move into our next segment where I've got some trivia ready for Jack in what we like to call Off the Top of His Head. What? All right, so I did a little work this week on it and compiled what? it from a couple sources. And you actually did something. The topic is wrestler name origins. So where they got their names from. Some of them I question the one I even have two different versions, so who knows how accurate these are. It's from the internet. And I Oh, mu- you're telling me where they got them from. Correct. And, and you're gonna name. tell me the name. Oh, okay. I thought it was the other way around. I'm like, that's I, I don't get it. What? Okay. <laughs> I got the sound effects ready. Alright. So given to him by his then wife. It became synonymous with his rebellious anti-authority persona. Stone Cold? Yes, very good. Um, Frosty McFreeze? A combination of his father's and grandfather's wrestling names. Over time, he simplified it. Rocky Maivia. Wow. I was thinking that as soon as you said the combination of those two. Inspired by a Marvel Comics character and a tribute to his favorite band, the Rolling Stones. I don't quite know how that fits in once you hear the name. Marvel Comics character, focus on that. You should be able to figure it out. Uh, uh, what, what would you say you do here? Uh, I don't know. Marvel Comics character. I'm thinking Arachna, man. Uh, no, a single syllable comic character. Thor? Think of the most famous wrestler of all time. Oh, Hulk Hogan? Yes. Couldn't think of the Hulk. 
No, I, I was not getting there. For some a reason. combination of his middle game, sorry, middle name, and the name of his favorite television character, Michael Landon's little Joe Cartwright from Bonanza. What? So it's his middle name and then Michael Landon's name on a show. What was his name on the show? Uh, little Joe, but he's playing it off of the actor. Oh, so it's Michael something? Could be. Shawn Michaels? Yes, Shawn Michaels. Because his actual is... name is... Shawn Hickenbottom? Isn't it... Is it... Oh, Michael Hickenbottom. Michael right? Hitton Hickenbottom. And Shawn's his middle name, apparently. So here's... Oh! Okay, here's no, the one it. where I have two different things. So okay. here's the first one. Derived from a nickname he had as a youth, which referred to his unique angular facial features. I don't even know what that is supposed to mean. Like his face is a lot of straight lines. I don't, I, I don't know how it's going to get into a On name. On the other one, he was driving with Don Callis, listening to a radio station from Toronto. Is it Jericho? No. A radio station you listen to. Edge. Oh, wait, why am I saying? Yes, Edge is correct. The okay. no was because I owed you a no. Because you listen to that radio station every night. And yeah. I listen to it in the car all the time. That's interesting. So I don't think the first one's true. Oh, Edge. like. Like, his face is a lot of straight lines and has edges. No, that's dumb. I agree. But that, I I get how that you would get there now. Okay. Inspired by heavy metal band Halloween's song Halloween, which included lyrics that are his name and his finishing move. Sting? No. No! Uh, Sorry. Boogeyman. No! (laughs) That's for both of those guesses. Current person AEW. Very prominent. Who would be taking stuff from metal bands? Maybe he's in a metal band. Jericho? Correct. So what? apparently their lyrics, they use the word Jericho and Walls of Jericho. Why would they use that? Like in reference? But he, but he Refer- got his name from that. He took his name from that. So is that a thing? Yes. Obviously, that's where he took his name from. No, but like, is that like an expression or something? No, like I that think it's like a biblical thing would be my guess. <laughs> Adopted his ring name by taking his initials and adding... His la- the chosen last name to convey his in-ring prowess. CM Punk. So his, no, good no! guess, because it's initials, but not CM Punk. That's right, I owe you an angry no in a second here. AJ Styles. Correct, AJ Styles is right. Combination of his first name and his father's last name. And his finisher is his initials too. Sorry, this is... A new one. Randall? Yes, that is, who's Randall? Randall, Randall, Keith. Randy Orton. Combination of the famous rapper's name and the first name of her childhood nickname. If I give you the rapper's name, it kind of gives it away, but I will at some point. I don't... Famous rap... Yeah, why would you know that? Well, because I was thinking rapper and it's like her and she's related to Snoop Dogg. And it was Sasha Fierce was the first person, so... Weird. Uh, That, That would make it clear, yeah. Pays tribute to her father using his last name and an elegant city in North Carolina. Charlotte. Yeah. Her, yeah. Well, yeah, because isn't her really like Ashley or something? I'm pretty sure. I think so. I know it's not Charlotte. Uses his f- real first name, but chose his last name based on his favorite wrestler growing up, which is also his son's first name. We've talked about this one before. Have we? Yep. It's his real first name. So when he came from ROH, he was that something else. And you talked about him in the news today. Oh, Kevin Owens. Correct. Remember the drawing? Do you still have that somewhere I made? 
Uh, I don't know. Back when you were little, little, like eight or nine, probably, and you hated Kevin Owens, and I loved him, and I drew a picture of your room with all Kevin (laughs) Owens, and I'm an amazing artist, so it's it's incredible. This one's pretty easy. Combines the names behind that board. I have combines the names of Irish mythological figures. Oh, Finn Balor. Correct. I remember. I think it was in the build up to the Universal Title match with him and Rollins. They did like an in depth like the vignettes detailing that. So I think that's the only reason I'd remember that. Nice. Also, Irish narrows it down, but like that's I remember them actually telling you that. Uses her first name. Uh, and the last name is an Italian word meaning beautiful. Is she Italian? Yes. Okay. Apparently. That is part of her retired. Uh, part of a duo. Layla. No. Why am I thinking Layla? You're thinking too hard. You didn't use the sound. No longer no! there. Oh, sorry. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> you deserve that. Uh, duo. Like a female duo? Yes. Okay. And maybe they are related very closely. Bellas? Yeah, which one? Nikki. Yes, Nikki. I don't know if Brie might have too. It might be her real first name. I don't know, to be honest. This one you should know, but it's, let's see if we can get you there. He, a uh, new first name, since his real first name was too prevalent in wrestling, and he chose his last name based off of a first name his parents almost gave him. Name too prominent. So he changed his first name was, yeah, too common in wrestling at that time. Like maybe a major, major star had that name. And then he went with Hulk Hogan. Like it was that big, bigger, even Vince would say. Steve something. Austin. Oh, Austin. So who do you know whose real first name is Austin? Adam Cole. Correct. Wait, what? It is. Oh. So his real name is Austin Jenkins. Oh, I knew that. I said that as a joke. So apparently I the time he out. changed Austin to Adam because Austin was too prevalent and Cole was almost his name. Uh, so he took Cole and made that his last name. I was joking, but nailed it. You get a delayed ding for that one. Huge video game fan. Do you know it already? Xavier Woods. No. Damn it. Chose his first name from no! Final Fantasy VII. Omega. Correct. And his finisher is also a reference to a video game. Apparently. Makes sense. First came yeah, to he's w- always got like those super elaborate tights. Yeah, this one, I don't know if this one sounds true to me, but anyways, who cares? It's not the point. She first came to WWE uh, playing a Southern Belle gimmick in NXT. Lacey. No. No! Why am I speaking when I... Yeah, there you go. She had a catchphrase, bless your heart. Due to her Southern accent, it sounded more like something else, and that's where her name came from. Fart? No. I was thinking Think about the bless No! Part. Oh, bless. Correct. Was originally slated to use the same name as his wrestling father and uncle, but there were trademark issues, so he went in another direction. Father and uncle. Huh? Oh my god, you don't know this one? Why would I? <laughs> I need a better one for that. You're the trivia guy. Well, I You're know. supposed to answer trivia. I don't know. Okay, so originally slated to use the last name of his famous wrestling father and uncle. Breaker. Correct. I was about to say, and he put too many (laughs) consonants together of the same consonant. Last name was inspired by a Tekken video game character called Brian Fury. But Fury's not in the name, interestingly enough. First name is part of his own name. Was shortened to just his last name by WWE. Then he got it back fairly recently. Theory? Yeah, so theory, theory sounds like fury, I guess. I 
guess. I think I, I also saw me like theories like it's also related to the word theory, like what that means. Yeah, I remember exactly that was my last one. So congratulations, basket of kittens for you. You did very well. I'm sure people love that. They love the sound effects. I'm sure. Hey, there's timestamps. You could skip anything you don't like. But don't skip the next segment because it's where we go back to talking about stuff we watched this week and liked and didn't like, including kind of a reset raw that you're going to highlight for us. It's what we call high spots and rest holds. Well, I just found out none of the sound effects recorded for the so people are going to wonder what was going on. But anyways, we'll figure it out. We'll get there. I'm new to this. Um. So high spots and rest holds, you wanted to talk a bit about Monday because it was a bit of a important reset show sort of thing, right? So. Notables. Um, I barely said a positive thing. Uh-oh. What do you got? I said, oh, it's like it was kind of half So first rest hold was, I think I kind of talked to you about it already just randomly, mm-hmm. was a segment and then I guess subsequent match with uh, Dom and JD McDonough and the Awesome Truth. So Miz and Truth kind of reunited cause they had that they had that heel running. 2011, I think. Yeah. Um, Truth, Truth is still doing the I'm in the JD stick, which is kind of amusing at times, but also it's kind of dumb. And he keeps saying McDonough isn't because he lost that match, which is stupid because why did he lose that match? I don't understand. Uh, then he and Miz beat them in a tag match where Truth kept trying to team with uh, Judgment Day. Right. And like they did the spot where like he's they're, they're holding him for a punch as long as he misses, and then JD takes a shot, obviously. And of course, he pins JD McDonough because why? That's what JD, JD McDonough is for. I, I guess. guess. Like that's yeah. all he's good for, which is. Yes. Yep. Um. Uh. Then another wrestle was uh the they t- Triple H on Twitter teased that former WWE champion returning. Yeah. And it was Jinder Mahal. Right. Which was you lame, but it's on its own. But it's Good also Canadian boy. How dare a you? lame bait and switch for The Rock to return. Oh yeah. So there's that. He teased the match with Roman, which is cool, I guess. But that's kind of funny. T- Make the fans mad that it's I do lo- Jinder. I that's kind of funny. Um. It's it's fine, I guess, but there's too many people gunning in the main event right now. Like you want to talk about MJF dealing with a lot with well, Rollins and Reigns have their hands full because Roman's currently dealing with three, which is Styles, Orton, and the LA Knight. Then Cody's looming, trying to finish that story. Rock's got a story of his own that he's maybe after. Uh, yeah. And then Rollins has his hands his hands full currently with McIntyre. Then Priest is waiting with the money in the bank, and then Punk is looming over him. Sure. So, a bunch of nonsense on. and um, yeah. Um, speaking of Priest and McIntyre, um, high spot and wrestled kind of. Both in here. From what I saw, it looked like a good main event between Rollins and McIntyre. Like I said, I'd consider watching that. Right. Because um, I like both of them. Uh, they just bought, um, they did with Rollins a long time ago in a match with Neville, mm-hmm. full people, pack, um, where oh they like they hooked the pin so deep that it's, it's like an accidental rope break, which I thought, um, kudos to them like for that. doing a, uh, it was well done. Like, yep. He had a claymore and then he had deep hooked him and he, Rollins got like the rope break on a technicality there. Um, but the wrestle is that that came off of a claymore after a whole thing where McIntyre stopped Priest from cashing in yet again. So another failed attempt. <laughs> like, it's at least the fifth time they've done it, and makes Priest look so stupid. And it's they did the same thing with Theory last year, and look right. where he ended up. Yes, exactly. Like, not good. Everyone hating him. Yeah. And he also cashed in on a mid-card title and failed. Right. Uh, that's it for Raw. All right. All I have is um, NXT because Impact wasn't a real episode again. Ahead of their reboot, everybody's be rebooting right now. It's that time of year, I guess. Yeah. Um, so this was New Year's Evil. You saw some, but not all. I know. I don't think you were there for the opening match. I don't remember what I watched. Started out with the NXT Women's Championship. You had Lyra Valkyria defending against the Iron Survivor Challenge, winning winning Blair Davenport. So 
We were told in the middle of this, and there was a banner at the bottom of the screen at one point, saying that Kelly Kincaid had breaking news to share with us after this match. And I'm pretty sure Vic Joseph at first said a medical update, and then it was almost like he wasn't supposed to say that. Oh, okay. And they, I was wondering if it was Dragon Off related. And they never mentioned it again during the match, just kept saying breaking news. So it was almost like he said too much, and then they just were like, they had the back no soul of that yeah. afterwards. The match was pretty standard for the first couple minutes, and then Davenport hit a double stomp off the ropes to Lyra's upper back and Lyra went like face first into the mat. The impact looked really, really good. So then Davenport's in control. She hits an avalanche falcon arrow. Um, Lyra rolls to the floor. Davenport follows her out there. She goes for her big knee strike. Lyra narrowly escapes and Davenport's knee goes right through the side of the announce table, a pretty decent looking spot. Back in the ring, Davenport goes for a suplex, but her knee gives out now after smashing it on the announce table. Shortly after that, it's the basically the, I, I think it's like a black mass essentially. And then I'm not sure she has like a spinning sit-out driver that Lyra hit for the win after only eight and a half minutes. Um, Lola Vice comes down because she can cash in her breakout contract, obviously. This is very indicative of Priest. But Tatum Paxley attacks out of derivative. nowhere. Because, right, Paxley's obsessed and stalking Lyra, so she comes out of the woodwork here to protect Lyra. Uh, Electra Lopez then goes after um, Paxley, but Lyra sliding drop trick through the ropes to take out Lopez. What is with the failed cash-ins that they keep? I don't understand. Love the tease. That's why it's always got to be heels. So dumb. Uh, The four women brawl. Officials break it up. Tatum looks for recognition from Valkyria, but Valkyria wants nothing to do with Paxley still. Decent match for the time it got, like under nine minutes. But, like, before I get into my thoughts, it's a little underwhelming when you have this whole build to the Iron Survivor Challenge, and then you have that match, and it's this epic whatever match it's supposed to be, and then the winner of that loses in eight minutes on the TV show the next week, basically, in the opener. Right. So it seems a little bit of an odd decision to make. There was some good high-impact stuff in this. The knee through the table was executed pretty well. No surprise, Valkyria retains here. And at the end of the day, this is like two of the most experienced women on the roster having a pretty good opening match. The aftermath was fine. Like you said, it's that trope of teasing the cash-in and not doing it. Um, reasonable way to do it here, though, I guess. And a reminder that it is possible that you can cash. Because I think sometimes you even forget that the breakout is actually like you get a money in the bank thing. Well, because it wasn't. And no. then when Mello had it, they just decided that and it was. Still is. Which I'm even then I didn't like it. Like I remember no. saying I didn't like it, even though it was like Mello I liked it, and he, he cashed it on Swerve who I liked. Like, but I just it's it was so random, and now it's. I guess it's just accepted, but does that mean Obafemi has a money in the bank too? Like, I that's, know. That's, that's one uh... of my questions is where do you go with that? So even though Elector Lopez has been here for quite a while, I find Lola Vice much more interesting out of those two, so I'm fine that she's the heel with the money in the bank sort of contract. Uh, we then go do the breaking news with Kelly Kincaid. She tells us that Dragunov has not been cleared to compete tonight and that the title match main event is off. And she wants to go find Trick to get his reaction. So at this point in the show, I assumed that this was a work and part of the show and we'll see where it goes from there. It's fine if you want to work that angle. Then we get the NQCC, the No Quarter Catch Crew, taken on LWO. So this is where we talked about in the news. Carlito is replacing Dragon Lee and Carlito did get a good reaction here. 
with his less good theme song. So this has wild, definitely less good. I don't know why he had an iconic theme song. I don't quite get it, but anyway, spits in the face of people who don't. Maybe he, doesn't he does spit in do the it face. here too. Oh, he okay. So then, see, he spits in the face. Of people oh yeah, the apple cool. got thrown in the ring at one point, and then he at the end, I'll I'll mention it. So this was wild and Del Toro showing their athleticism while the heels took shortcuts, right? And isolate. We liked them when they were actually like running yeah. NXT with Escobar. Man, they just never good. got like Sorry, uh, Del Toro. They never got a full no. run, so um, they were always good. They were so, like good hands. Wild gets isolated Definitely. here for a long time. It's all leading to a Carlito hot tag, which we get. All six end up brawling. Gulak's group end up on the floor. And this is the spot that I can't believe I haven't seen before, but I think we're going to see many times. Um, so the heels are sort of huddling on the ramp, thinking they're safe distance away. And so Joaquin Wild loads up on the second rope, facing out to the ramp, and the other two sort of slingshot him, him and launch him onto the other two. It looked great. Super jiffable, right? Like just Which a very... It looks like he's flying for a sec. It does. Jiffable, that's horrible. So I'm sure we're going to see that all over the place in the near future. Uh, Carlito does get his hot tag, including a double clothesline backdrop spine buster. Backstabber. Kemp wriggles into position pretty badly on this one. It was like Carlito made a mistake and did the backstabber in the middle of the ring because Del Toro, everywhere else, called it a 450. That's where I needed you because it was a Phoenix splash because he started facing yeah. out of the ring. Okay, as so long good. as they jump facing backwards, if they everywhere else I was calling it a 450. So L- LWO win after eight and a half minutes, uh, and then Carlito spits an apple in Gulak's face after the match. Pretty good TV match. Um, some that spot is very memorable. The slingshotting of Wild. Yeah, it looked really cool. Kind of straightforward tag match. Each team having a clearly defined role, which is good, and they played those roles well. It's a little hard to take Gulak's group seriously. Like, they're a bunch of technicians and super wrestlers, yeah. but they never win. Dempsey and it, is, is... And if this is real, why are they all agreeing to be trained and led by Gulak? What has he done, right? Like, nothing. Um, still, match was fine. Memorable spot from Wild. They must sure. really like wrestling that style because he's the only one doing it. So they're like, you gotta go with him. Gotta go with him. Uh, so Kelly Kincaid is now with Trick and Mellow, and Trick says he's disappointed, but he wishes the best for Il- Ilya, and when Ilya's finally healthy, then they can have the match. Mellow doesn't buy the situation at all. Uh, Grayson Waller walks in. He says it's fortunate for Trick because Trick would not have beaten Dragunov anyways. Trick points out True. that he is in the iron. He is the iron survivor, and Grayson reminds him that he was too the year before, right? Waller says that Mello is now the sidekick, which I thought was interesting, and the look on Mello's face was really good. Like, he can't, like, too far go. I hate that, but he has to, like, subtly be like, hey, man, that's not cool, right? Um, Carmelo wants Trick to face Waller, but Waller says he's on SmackDown now. Mello says that Trick is so confident he can win that he'll put up his number one contender that. spot, right? That so he's speaking for Trick. Like, that was interesting. Um, Waller says he accepts, while Trick isn't looking thrilled with this outcome. So uh, another segment that kind of makes sense here, right? Carmelo is slowly getting less ambiguous in the heelness, but it's still defendable at this point. He can be like, right. what, man? I'm just confident that I you like can that. win. Yeah, the plausible deniability. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. be afraid. You're going to beat him. Don't even worry about it. Um, and that's at this point, I texted you saying, I think there's a chance that Trick can actually win in the main event tonight. Little nah. did I know. Um, well, well, if it's against I w- Waller, yeah, yes, I was, but like, yeah. Okay, I guess. Riley Osborne is in a vignette saying that this is the biggest match of his life, the finals for the breakout, and the reason he came to NXT to follow in the footsteps of Finn Balor, Fit Finley, and more. Seamus. He has to win the contract, and if he wins, he has a real shot of winning a title in 2024. He says Obafemi is a beast, and he's the underdog, meaning Osborne's the underdog. 
but he wouldn't have it any other way. Somehow, some way, he has to win and be on a list of the great European superstars. A pretty oh, good I little wish. promo. Clear underdog story here for him. But to this point, I feel like both men have been presented as baby faces, right? Because Femi hasn't really been a heel. He's just a no, big he's dominant just a big dude. baby face. So I'm not sure about the dynamic in the match, especially since neither of them are super experienced. It's I don't like think. Dave versus Goliath, but they're both really kind. I think you might have come in here. Ariana Grace, Roxanne Perez had a match. Um, I didn't write a lot down. So. Decent five-minute match. I don't remember it. Pop rocks for the win for Roxanne. After oh, the... she's another one who uses it who doesn't do it as good. Yes. There. After the match, Ariana Grace says that Perez has issues and needs help. And because Perez is now doing the angsty, fiery baby face, she snaps and attacks Grace with punches and a cross-face submission until three referees with break it up. chair pull thing. Then she's not cool. She doesn't do that. And so the referee tells the ring announcer, hey, because Perez wouldn't listen to me and break the hold and stop the attack, they're reversing the decision and Ariana Grace is now the winner here. So I'm really liking Perez less and less as they tweak her character. It's like she's gone from straight up baby face to the cartoonish like, I'm not an innocent kid anymore. I'm edgy grown woman who doesn't take crap from anyone and is always angry. And it's just not, you know, she doesn't look like there's her. a way to do that. But I don't, the way they're doing it with her isn't working for me. I don't feel like I understand or appreciate her motivations for this change. And maybe I'm missing something. Uh, and, and the actual change isn't super believable just the way she's doing it. And I think Grace has a future in WWE. Uh, from what I see from her, she's interesting. Based off character work. Uh, speaking of interesting, the opposite of that walks out of HBK's office. It's Ava. Uh, and Kelly Kincaid walks up to Ava. Ava says it was a tough decision to make with Ilya, but his health had to be looked after. Kelly asked Ava why she's been helping Sean. Like, basically, what the heck? Like, how are you the authority I figure? mean, at least she's asking. Asking what we're all asking, right? Um, she says that Paul Heyman advised her that NXT needs some help, and she's here to give it. Well, that, well, what? Like... There was a power vacuum, and she filled it, basically, it sounds like. What? Uh, what vacuum? So, the Men's Dusty Classic kicks off next week, she tells us. And I guess this is them trying to explain how Ava got this role as the not, voice of not, HBK. Not very well. Heyman, when he was in NXT, Which was chose her Taker to give that advice to. But why? Because he manages the NOIs, I guess. Here's a reference I like. Did she, meaning Ava, just basically pull a Pam Beasley with the office administrator story? It feels like you that's just what tell it is. people you're that <laughs> do a little bit to cover yeah, your tracks and you're good. Like what, that's what, and then Shawn Michaels is Gabe, I guess. And I, or or is it that authority adjacent jobs are just first come first served? Like, hey, I want that job. You got it, Nick Aldis. That's you're, what happened with him. You're the that... first person to ask for it. So yeah, you get it. I guess. So uh, clearly, they've realized Ava can't wrestle. I would suggest she can't speak either. But I guess this is the lesser of evils, and you got to get that pebble on TV, right? So, so. <laughs> got to yeah. get her on there. Uh, Tiffany Stratton vignette promoting her match with Fallon Henley, where she says she's already sick of Henley montage of their feud. Fallon will never be her. Fallon will become her servant because it's a servant versus farmhand. Same difference. Really. Right. Um, recorded segment. So Stratton sounded good as she does sometimes live. It's not quite as good, but sounded good here. And it was just I appreciate a summary of feuds, yeah. right? Because I forget things. 
Nikita Lyons, with an extra K in there in my notes, walks up behind Blair Davenport and uh, sort of like smacks the cabinet behind her, being like, see, I could have taken you out, but I didn't. And I think this is where you started watching because you complained about this. this. Uh, Blair says that she she wears the stupidest outfits. Blair is like, you don't have the killer instinct to do it. Nikita says she won't sneak attack her. Lyons says uh, she was showing Blair respect, unlike when Blair attacked her from behind. They argue and officials show up to keep the women apart. So Davenport, after quickly losing to Valkyria, is now back to a story with Nikita, where clearly Nikita is going to win, I would think, right? So what's poor Davenport I doing? I don't know. This is this not bode well for her. It does, I'm a bit concerned. She, it feels like she's like one step forward, two steps back. Like she does something yeah. good and wins a match, and then it's like, nope, nope, and now you're back to yeah. being... Well, even in the UK, she never got there. And right? she's like not... She's an experienced one. She's not even a brand new... I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, she's good. I, I think she's pretty good. So this is the loser is winner's ranch hand or servant, and it's Fallon, Henley, and Tiffany Stratton. Fallon attacks immediately as the bell rings. Henley was on offense for the first couple of minutes here, including a kick to the head. Stratton with a hair pull before sending Henley into the ring post. Henley crucifix, Stratton spinebuster. Henley avoids the Stratton moonsault. Stratton gets sent to the floor. She comes back with a chair. Henley kicks Stratton to avoid the chair shot, and as the ref is taking the chair away from Stratton, Henley runs in with a decent-looking shining wizard for the sudden win after about her nine house call is minutes. Horrible. You love her house call. No. Better than Swerve, you said, I think? No, I don't think I You like her house call more than anyone I know. That's not true. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Another good but not great match on this show. Um, pretty incredibly consistent to this point, I would say. They all feel pretty similar. I predicted a win for Henley here, right? Since she needs something to elevate her, Stratton's done all she can do in NXT and yeah. may as well put over other people before she heads to main roster. Henley's always shown good fire and Stratton's solid in the ring. So a good match. Um, you watch this for sure. Corbin walks up to Braun Breaker backstage. Mm-hmm. Braun asks what Corbin wants. Corbin asks if Braun heard what Ava said last week about the Dusty Classic. Um, Corbin believes he and Braun would be a great team. Braun laughs and says Corbin must be desperate. Corbin comments on Braun's uh, brain being a quarter of the size of his ego and points out that if no one else wants to team with Braun because he's a smug, arrogant a-hole. So then Braun says, if I'm such an a-hole, why would you want to tag with me? And Corbin's like, well, we're both a-holes, basically. That was funny. Fair enough. Good self-awareness. Corbin says they destroy everyone, and Braun, you can see, starts to like picture it a bit, right? And is getting on board. Um, and he says he can see it with me leading the team with Baldy behind me or something. Corbin says Braun won't be leading anything. He'll be on the apron putting on his 10th coat of tanner, which I thought was pretty funny. Braun walks away and says this will be fun. Feels like they just kind of don't have anything else for these guys right now, and it puts a random tag team in the tournament, which can be fun because that happens a lot, right? Mm -hmm. So Corbin has talked about being the only guy not intimidated by Braun, so it kind of makes sense that he's the guy that would go up and be like, listen, you and I should team. Right, because he's like, I'm the only guy that can say this to you. I thought it was decent. Uh, Team has potential. We'll see. Uh, It can't be a strong tournament if they have to team to to fill a spot. Yes. Then we get Oba Femi vignette ahead of his championship, or sorry, breakout tournament, Uh, whatever, win. Um, He talked about standing head and shoulders above the rest. He's from Nigeria and is a giant of Africa, and he will be the giant of NXT. He did sound pretty good here, but again, makes him sound like a baby face, and I'm supposed to root for both of them. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do or how that will play out with the crowd. In the women's locker room, my goodness, this is the start of a lot of in, like segments, heavy show. Gigi Dolan, you saw this. 
Oh, is, she is so bad. It's talking about how she doesn't do New Year's resolutions when Cora Jade walks in and asks what she's doing uh, since oh, Gigi, is at, a, Gigi is at Jade's locker and Jade was not having it. So Gigi says she must have gotten confused and can Jade ever forgive her? And then adds that Cora doesn't respect other people's lockers because who was it? The sword wielder. Uh, Petrovich. Right. So Dolan won't respect Cora's. Cora says Gigi doesn't want to go there, and Gigi says she does, and they almost fight. I'd like you to remember in the first Women's Dusty Cup, uh, when these two were recently signed, they teamed together, so... said so this was not There's good, and I'm sure history. Jack has thoughts. This is horrible. Gigi Dolan is the one of the worst promos I've seen. Jeez. I put two poor talkers talking in a poorly written juvenile segment with the goal of generating heat. Yeah, not that's successful. not how grown women operate, and then also just everything Gigi Dolan's says it's like she's trying to sound like correct she's trying cool too hard like and failing she is more. trying way too hard whatever it is she and sounds bad and cora jade's just ordinary still. jade's not good they clearly love basic, her but i don't know why basic mean girl well, i mean i do know why but it's not enough for me to care why? they what, just she's i'm she's sure they think that the general population will find her very attractive nah. especially since recent enhancements nah. um i almost sent this to you to watch because i kind of liked it it's ridge holland in a sit-down interview with Sarah Schreiber I talking feel about... Bad. They're being so mean to him. It didn't quite go where I was expecting, and I'll tell you why. So basically, his career has been derailed by injuries. This is the accidents they're talking about. So I'll get to it. They show crazy photos of his ankle and his knee. And oh, yeah. I remember that one time he destroyed his ankle. And later his face, because he got his face oh, yeah, busted, I remember too. That. That his, required... his only elite so far comes with the face mask. So that he required surgery for that. So he's battled through all of it. And beside, he has a wife and three kids, and this is how he feeds them. And that he didn't move here with his family to fail and go home. And now he's back in NXT, and he wants people to know that he respects Ilya, and he didn't mean to hurt him. Ridge is a family man, not a monster. He knows how fast things can be taken away, and it's not in his DNA to hurt other people intentionally. What, he is, will, that's exactly what this is, but okay. He will go through the NXT locker room to get redemption and to show the universe who he is. Okay, so they're not doing what we no. said they're doing, but they are still, because they did the injury with Dragon. Correct. So they're still playing into it. Though. A little bit. So that's better, but that's but still, all the stuff he was talking about, all, every all the mistakes and things that going wrong, it's like injuries, not him hurting people. Yeah, but, but then, they're still playing so into it. It's almost like, like they sort of bailed out on it because they maybe took some heat, but are like, well, we can't. I feel like they kind of bailed out. We on can't it. unring the bell of he hurt Dragonov. We've already told that, right? That's what I'm saying. Like now they're kind of caught in the middle. But I thought he sounded good here, and I like this humanizes him, right? Which I think is always helpful. But it looks like again we're not talking about him hurting people, but just injuries. What what's his gimmick besides just or redemption? You just that's it for that's now. It. And or like some people backstage are getting a laugh out of like riling up the internet wrestling community to like tease the story of using him hurting people and be like, no, we weren't doing that. You guys, why wouldn't you get him and Butch in the Dusty Cup or something? I don't know. I thought Ridge did a good job. Uh, for dumb. now, at least they're presenting him as a baby face, although I'm not convinced. He was so, I would never hurt anyone. I would never hurt anyone. It makes me think like, okay, you're a heel, right? Like yeah. I start to immediately yeah. unravel that. Also, I'd like to say the promise of Pete Dunne in 2023 is officially gone. It is so gone. So that's ridiculous. Or 2024, I would suggest. Okay, that's not cool. Riley Osborne's walking backstage. JC Jane convinces Thea Hale to go talk to him while Jane lingers in the background. Thea tells Riley that she's rooting for him. They high five, and Thea acts like a ten year old girl and they says high she's five. She's okay. never washing her hand again, Jack. Okay, I they high five. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous That's writing. 
That's Tina Belcher right there. But the, it is. <laughs> but Thea Hale performs the crap out of this stuff. And that's her biggest thing is whatever you give her, she's going to go with it. But they keep giving her nonsense. But anyways. <laughs> that's ridiculous. So we get the breakout tournament finals. It is Obafemi taking on Riley Osborne. Very much a style contrast here. Osborne is avoiding Femi early on and lands legs kicks, a few leg kicks. Osborne escapes the slam, hits a chop block, but Femi goozles him, shoves him over the ropes to the floor. Uh, Femi on the floor and he overhand chops Osborne down as Osborne is running across the apron about to do something. And and the point is Femi's big enough from the floor to reach up and just smack the kid across the chest. It looked pretty good. Really long bear hug after a commercial break. Uh, and we're th- they're taking that time to show us that Thea Hale's in the crowd cheering for Riley Osborne. Obviously, Oba with a big Uranagi backbreaker that looked pretty good. And he wants the ref to tell Osborne to stay down. So I don't know if this is him trying to work heel now because we need some sort of switch. But yeah. anyways, another bear hug, a bit of awkwardness on a crucifix attempt. Femi posts himself. Osborne eventually hits a head scissors and a jumping kick. Head kick to Femi. Osborne goes up top. But Femi gets up. Running high knee by Osborne, and he goes back up top again. Shooting star, but Femi gets his knees up. Snake eyes, a big throw by Femi, and the kind of like a, the pop-up powerbomb Femi does, and it's over in just under 10 minutes. Uh, probably tried to get a bit too much out of this. Pretty basic, especially when Femi's in control. Bit of that bear hug was not super exciting. Femi looked good in his final push to win here, but the middle part dragged. He's just limited, right? Femi is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Osborne's really quick and athletic. I was the... hoping he would win. I was disappointed. That and people want to see his finisher, so he at least has to attempt it, I think. And that's what I said. Femi wins the tournament. What title is he going to contend for? How do you... I like it has to be North American, but then do you ruin Dragon Lee's thing? Why can't he just go, hey, uh, Riley Osborne, you gave me a run for my money. You want to make a tag team? I don't know. He, I don't like. Do you want him to do that though? Like, no, but it's a little guy, big guy. And have it, him do it with Keanu Carver since they're similar. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this. The match was okay. Out the mud, pre-recorded vignette. Stax and Tony have had a good run, and they may be champs now, but they don't have the hunger anymore. And out the mud, I've been starving. They have gold everywhere except around their waist. And next week, they'll make Tony and Stax know what it feels like to be hungry. Scripps then has to say something. Um, they beat the streets and the system, and they'll pull the punk card and become new NXT tag team champions. The punk card? Feels like these guys are still trying a bit too hard, and Scripps adds absolutely nothing. But I could see these guys finding their way in the future. Mm-hmm. Maybe not now, but like they're definitely going to have some people behind them, I think. Uh, Kelly Kincaid, she's with Kiana James and Izzy Dame backstage. Oh, right, the new big duo. Because it's all segments and vignettes. Uh, Kelly asks Kiana and Izzy how their partnership came about. Izzy says Kiana is the best businesswoman in NXT. And when she saw all the social media comments asking who Dame was when she made her debut by James' side, she knew she made the right decision. Doesn't answer the question, but okay. People asking who you are is that's making the right decision. I guess because she got a lot of attention based on her appearance. You could have probably done that on anything and would have accomplished that same very thing. Kiana describes Izzy as loyal, having the potential, and will step on who needs it uh, to in order to get ahead. She sees dollar signs with Izzy, and they are friends. So it's time to make money. In 2023, we learned Kiana was a threat. Now Izzy will be the same. So. Sure. The businesswoman character for James is still a bit underwhelming since we are only ever told she's a businesswoman and not shown like what right. specifically she does. Even 
when we were in her office for segments, it still and isn't clear. trying to buy a bar and whatever. Right. Tries to buy bars. That's my next line. It seems like <laughs> daytime soap opera stuff to me. I just made that connection this week that because my grandma and my sister used to watch like soap operas and that's what this yeah. feels like. Uh, um, but I think James is actually pretty good, but like this is dumb. Trick and Mellow in the locker room now. Again, it's like backstage locker room, backstage locker room, the whole show. Trick confronts Mellow about putting his title on, like Trick's title opportunity on the line. Mellow does exactly what you think he would, says he did it because he knows Trick can handle it and he'll be by Trick's side. Trick uh, says that he needs to do this alone, and Hayes somewhat begrudgingly agrees. Again, really well-planned and executed stuff. Super slow burn, but again, we're back to like snail's pace a little bit. JC and Thea are backstage, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Talking about Riley Osborne's tough loss, JC advises Thea to let him cool down and not contact him. Hudson is looking disheveled, and JC is taking over for the Dusty Cup. Or sorry, Chase is looking disheveled, not Hudson. Since Chase is in no condition to wrestle, JC has decided, because she's in charge now, I guess, that the it will be that... Hudson. She's done what Eva Rain did, except for this group. It will be Hudson and Osborne in the Dusty Cup. Uh, so we get power guy and a fast guy, so that's okay. And she has a plan to save Chase U and restore its prominence. Win a cup. Uh, so this bleeds then right into Elira Valkyria. She's backstage sitting on a crate um, recovering from her match as Tatum Paxley comes out of nowhere. She congratulates Lyra, strokes a feather that I think is around her neck, and says that all is right in the world as long as Lyra is champion. That's, uh, I feel like... And I put it's why... It's like uh, May and Storm. I put why am I becoming slightly interested in Paxley? I kind of like the slow progression or something. I'm a little bit interested to see where they go with this. Fraser and Axiom in the locker room. Good lord, it's relentless this week. Fraser is reluctant. People are just filtering in and out, and they're talking. Fraser is reluctant to say anything about anybody for fear of them showing up out of nowhere, as has happened to him. Right, like he talks crap. They're standing behind him. They beat him. Is basically the routine. He's acknowledging it. So Axiom then suggests that they team up for the Dusty Cup, and Fraser thinks it's a great idea. Ooh, I like that. Me too. They talk about how good they'll be, and Fraser says that most of the established teams in NXT have failed miserably, and the division needs to rebound. So of course, Enafe and Malik. Blade okay. have walked up behind them. Anafe and Blade say that just because Axiom and Fraser are friends does not mean that they'll be a good tag team, and they hope that they're the ones to knock Axiom and Fraser out of the Dusty Cup. Yes. Uh, so this is five straight segments, and four of those five have been backstage. So this is why when a segment comes up that's like in a barber shop or a bar, it's refreshing, right? Because it's yeah. like locker room backstage, locker room backstage. So the next segment in Not this, hearing a lot of matches here. In this giant line of segments, it's Tony G and Stax, but guess what? They're outside the building, not backstage. So it's totally different. Totally different. They're complaining about how Andre Chase caused them to have their title match without the mud. Uh, so they introduce Adriana Rizzo. She says they'll take care of business and that they should introduce her. If they didn't agree at what to it why is that happening like, the riz always takes care of biz because remember she was randomly there and called chase or called tony to rat on them and tony was like no it's fine i'm good with this arrangement oh so now they're not so i don't know what the point why is, is he complaining then i don't know why he agreed to it and i don't know why he's complaining now don't complain she called him yeah. uh they go to the open trunk of their car and joe gacy is in there and he says he's been in there for a few hours tony asks what happened to the guy that was in there before gacy got in and gacy's like well, I thought you guys were taking him to the bridge, so you know. She t- murder? 
But does he want to kill himself? Mer- Gacy murdered the other guy that was in the trunk, I think is what oh. we're... So I, I don't know. I thought Gacy's like wants to jump off the bridge. And this group, like Tony and Stax and this Ariana, they are so obnoxious. It's impossible to like be, yep, they're baby faces. I like them. Like you just... That's why they weren't stand- for a while. And this was just a hot cartoonish mess as usual with this group. Just a family doing their over-the-top shtick without really accomplishing anything other than Gacy shows up in another weird place. So cool, I guess, right? Main event time. He's kooky. I don't understand, but it is Trick Williams and Grayson Waller. I don't know what the follow-up is with Dragunov. I don't know. Like, I don't think it's he's really injured. I think it's all storyline, but... And that begs the question, why? Right, it seems weird. Uh, Waller's in control early with aggressive corner stomps and a suplex. Rope running drop kick and Trick takes over with just a series of drop kicks and body slams i thought that was a little bit elementary for a guy who's supposed to be your main eventer now but anyways a little bit. waller escapes to the floor but trick stays in control out there too throws waller over the announce table trick stops to stand on the table and pose facing the crowd for a minute and when he gets back in the ring waller catches him with a forearm a kick that sends trick to the floor and a clothesline once out on the floor waller counters an irish rip with a double stomp out of the corner it actually looked cool and i don't know if i can explain this well he is sent into the corner face first, and so he jumps up backwards and then stomps on Trick's like oh, between I think the I shoulders. Saw it. it looked yeah. good, uh, and then he I runs Trick into that. the post on the apron. Waller gets in Trick's face and taunts him. This fires Trick up and eventually counters Waller's rolling cutter with a pop-up right hand for a near fall. Really, really slow build to an avalanche Iranagi by Trick, and the crowd seems to be losing steam at how long it took to right. set this up. Uh, rolling flatliner, not a cutter by Waller for two, which he usually was does a stunner. Robbing Swerve at that point, kind of. Yeah. Trick hits a neckbreaker and sets up for his big knee. When Mello comes down and really awkwardly, I would argue indefensibly, interrupts Trick because Trick's literally backed up in the corner, setting up for his finishing knee, and Mello hops up on the apron. So I don't know how they're going to explain this. Yeah, one I away. don't. That's kind of maybe that's the point. Is we're getting past the point of defending him. I guess Waller escapes to the floor to recover. Kevin Owens shows up? Question mark. Because he's feuding. Here he's had things with Theory and Waller, so it, so he punches works. Waller, throws him he's back got in the a ring. Cast on. Yeah, Trick hits his knee to win after his thirteen not minutes. Good. He needs to stop doing that, especially it's, when because you compare Takeshi's. it to Takeshita or other people. Um, well, it's not good, anyways. I don't care if there is someone doing it better. It's just not. It's like it's a not great. Glancing blow for a finisher. Like yeah. I come up with anything he's a large dude come up with something else there's a million other things you can do better. true he is Takesha just putting on a shame is the uh cherry on top nothing really wrong with this match but for a main event it felt a little bit average to me the crowd loves trick waller is hateable so that dynamic was there but the action itself was just okay not really the showcase you're hoping for for trick at this point the end of the day, Trick needed help to beat Grayson Waller, who I don't think gets a lot of attention on main roster. As not, a, he's not doing bad, but he doesn't win a ton. I right. Think. But in NXT, you're automatically the best thing there if you come from main roster. Yeah. I can't imagine how Melo's going to attempt to explain away his actions here. It seems kind of impossible to do, and maybe that's the point. I would think that this is, means this situation's finally going to come to a head, which I think it needs to. A fine match to finish the show, I guess it for, furthers one of the main storylines, but not like a main event you need nothing mm-hmm. you need to go see it was just super super segment heavy nxt it was a bit of a slog through the middle part but what are you going to do nothing really stood out this week so i'm glad that uh, dynamite was so good in contrast and then did you get anything from smackdown this week 
Um, I had a few, yeah. So Go for it. Was it. Three. This one kind of turned into a rant unintentionally, but it was uh, AOP return and confirm allegiance right. with Karen Cross. So I think this might be the rant. The worst kept secret. Um, attack. They attacked Lashley in the Street Profits. Not in the direction you would think, actually. Uh, any faction led by Cross has mid-written all over it, and these guys could do good on their own anyways. Like, I thought AOP were solid on their own in NXT, and then they had the run with, the really short run with um, Messiah Rollins. They are a pretty good monster tag team. Yeah, I feel like they'd be better off on their own with just Ellering, but right. I feel like Cross is going to drag them down if nothing, but we'll see. And so Lash Profits are also heal. And in, dis- in addition to Escobar's new faction, Los Lotharios, who attack Profits to advance Escobar in the U.S. tourney last week. So heal groups keep attacking Lash Profits, who are also heal, by the way. So we have multiple feuding factions who are all heal. Throw in SmackDown's Bloodline Remnant as another heal team. I'm glad that Tag Division seems to be getting more depth, but could we not have some more, like, even mm-hmm. heel-face dynamics? Like, it seems most of the face doers are on Raw with the Creed's DIY and New Day, but even still, we have the heel champions Judgment Day. Right. Uh, the division has teams in theory, but they're not even. Brawling Brutes are toast. Like, they're Holland's off on his own, and mm-hmm. Dunn just got Tyler Bate. Uh, they split Zane and Owens for no reason. Like, Owens just got drafted to SmackDown for reasons no one knows. Uh, and uh, former champs were a team for two weeks, that being Cody and Jay. Uh, the only face unit I can think of on SmackDown is LWO. Meanwhile, all the heel teams we have are Judgment Day, Bloodline, Lash, Profits, Escobar's LWO, Cross and AOP, Imperium, Pretty Deadly, and you can even consider Waller and Theory a team. Mm-hmm. It's a pointless ramp, but the division feels full and empty at the same time. <laughs> it's hard to do. It just, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do. It's just, like, there's I lots mean, there's of teams many... there, but who's... There's not, like, there's not a lot... Who's your flagship, That you makes know? Who's your flagship, and who doesn't make sense for a lot of them to fight? It's, like, the three factions. It's, like, reminds me of the, when they did Gang Wars mm-hmm. in 97 with, mm-hmm. like, Nation... Uh, not Ace and Nate's... Um, DOA yeah. and uh, Lost Bariquas. It's like, I don't know, it just doesn't really work for me. And also, I don't like Cross. You do not. Um, only high spot I have was Bait debuting on SmackDown. He teamed with Dunn. Good for him. Deadly. So good for him if it's a full call because that's been rumored for a decent amount of time, right? And if so. it's Vince in charge, then I'm like, oh God, there's no yeah, hope for but him. There's but hope. Hopefully. There is hope. Um, yeah, we'll see. But can't win the US title because he's not American. I guess. According to Logan Paul. That's right. That's right. Um, the rest hold was, I saw this in the What Culture V2, and it is, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Roman beats up everyone, the number of contenders, triple threat, the bloodline, beat them all down. All this made a four with the rumble. It's a lame cop out and something they've done a million times. Also makes Reigns and Heyman look stupid for not expecting that. Yeah. Because I think all this is like babyface, so he's like kind of like at odds with the bloodline or has been because, you know, they do, Roman yes. do what he do. Right. Um. So it makes him look kind of dumb. And then it also kind of diminishes like Knight, Orton, and Siles all have issues with the bloodline for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And it kind of diminishes that. It's like um, Spider-Man 3, like with Tobey Maguire. They had three villains in that. Yeah. And it's so much better if you just focus on one of those right. storylines. diluting and, it. Yeah, it dilutes all of those. And also, Styles keeps wrestling in plain black pants. Like, not even tights, like pants. Like, that he would have worn for Boneyard match, except black. And then he would... Where'd the ring gear go? Maybe he didn't train legs to match his upper body. And I he, guess so. He's worried about it. Um, well, tights would hopefully cover it, too. But here's hoping that out of participants makes it more interesting Roman match, at least, because... Yeah. Last one was Jey Uso, if I'm not mistaken. Right. That wasn't good. No, not good. Um, but that is everything. This is a very lengthy episode. 181 is coming out at 3 hours 15 minutes. Jesus. So there is nothing good from uh, figuring it out. No figure updates. We'll get back to that next week. But we will wrap up here. 
We appreciate any time you spend listening to us talk about wrestling. Send us some feedback, fnswrestling at gmail.com, fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram. Leave a comment in YouTube if that's where you are. I will reply if I see your comment or request or question. If you have questions, love them too. We'll answer them on air for you probably. But anyways, we hope you have a great week. We will definitely be back down here for episode 182 next Saturday. And until then, everybody, take care.